With songs like this, it's no surprise that there was so much divorce in the 1980s. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio that was part-time lover by Stevie Wonder from, I believe, 1985. This is going to be the final show of the Druff and Friends show on Poker Fraud Alert Radio for the year 2013. I know we are only in the middle of December. December 16th, 2013 is the exact date of this show. But that's it for 22 days after this show. The next show after this one will be January 7th, 2014. So it will be our longest hiatus on Poker Fraud Alert Radio that we've ever had. But don't worry, I will be back and the show will go on every night in 2014. Not every night, every Tuesday night in 2014 at 7 p.m. or thereabouts for the foreseeable future. So just taking a little bit of a break after this show. But we have a lot to talk about tonight. And in fact, it's been 10 days since our last show. So, a lot has happened since then. Sometimes we have shows where there's not a lot to talk about, and I have to really scratch to find material. Other weeks we have a lot. This is a week we have a lot. Or at least a few very big topics that I want to discuss. So, there won't be a shortage of stuff to talk about in our final show of 2013. Before we get to that... I want to let you all know that once again we have a free roll on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find by going to the top center of PokerFraudAlert.com. You need to register a separate account there, but it is completely free to play in the free roll. You don't need play chips, you don't need anything. You just need an account on the Poker Fraud Alert No Fraud Online Poker Room, which is separate from the forum. The only thing else that you need to qualify for the free money is a registered account on the Poker Fraud Alert forum dated January 1st, 2013 or before. And if you don't have an account dated January 1st, 2013 or before on the Poker Fraud Alert forum, then no problem. PM me, Dan Space Druff, or email me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com. And tell me how long you've been listening. Tell me some of the things you remember from the show that are not in the show description. And as long as you've been around for like three weeks or more, then I will give you permission, now and forever, to win our free money. But you have to do it before the free roll starts at 7.40 Pacific Time. Right now at 7.13 Pacific Time. So you have about a little bit less than half an hour to get in there. The free roll is No Limit Hold'em. There's a $65 prize pool. The prizes will be 30 for first, 20 for second, 10 for third, 5 for fourth. The money did not come from me. The money came from our users, our community. Very generous community that has allowed Poker Fraud Alert to give away more money in its free rolls than any poker podcast or radio show in the world. The money this week came from one of our usual contributors, C Money, who sent $50. We also have Shiz Money, another form of money, sending money, sent $10. And Richard Brody's comb-over, again, not Richard Brody himself. He's never donated a dime to this show, despite being really rich. But Richard Brody's comb-over was nice enough to kick in $5. So that adds up to 65 our prize pool for tonight. Thank you guys for donating. Thank you to all the users who donated to this free roll in 2013, and even to the ones who donated in 2012. This site is not really a for-profit site. Most months I lose money, including this month. 
we had a sponsor for a little bit, and during the time we had the sponsor, I was able to take in more money than I spent on server costs, but not that much more. But now the sponsor's gone, and again, I have no income to the site. So this is a labor of love. This is something I'm doing as a hobby. And I appreciate when people donate to the free rolls, because even though I don't get that money, it makes it fun for the community when they listen to the show live. Even though most of our audience is not live, but this gives a little reward to the people who want to listen live and play this free roll. And to be honest, it's pretty easy to win the money, because the field is not very big in these free rolls. So it's not like when you play a free roll on Poker Stars and you have 3,000 people. This is a free roll with fewer than 100 people, typically. Even though the ratings for this show are about 1,000 or so people per week. Usually right around there, when you factor in all the people who listen in the archives. So here's the agenda for tonight. And at the moment, we don't have a co-host on board, but who knows? We may pick one up. We may get one. Sometimes people just, especially because I write this moment, and now I'm opening Skype. So maybe when I'm on there, I'll get the good news that somebody wants to co-host. Otherwise, uh, it'll just be me tonight. I didn't have time to really line up a co-host tonight, because, very simply, I was busy all day. That's, in fact, why the radio thread appeared so early. So, if you want a co-host, let me know. Otherwise, I'll fly solo, and I can do the show solo just fine as well. Prefer a co-host. If you want to call into the show, there are two phone numbers, 775-FRAUD-55. That's 775-372-8355. 775-FRAUD-55. Make sure to show your caller ID when calling that phone number or the other phone number I'm about to give out, which is 702 402-1808 is our Mount Charleston line it's an old 70's rotary telephone sitting on top of Mount Charleston which is a mountain that has snow on it sitting high above Las Vegas and that phone despite being old still has the capability to forward over to wherever I am and I can take your calls on that number but you have to show your caller ID now even though we're ending the year We're starting something else tonight that's new, and that is a new studio. There is a new radio studio. I tested it last night. Some of you may have heard it. Actually, kind of more like late yesterday afternoon. But this is a new studio and will be the permanent studio for Poker Fraud Alert Radio, at least when I'm doing the show, the Druff and Friends show, except when I'm traveling to secret locations, in which case, obviously, I will be elsewhere. But for the most part, this will be the studio for Poker Fraud Alert Radio. And I had wanted this to be the studio for Poker Fraud Alert Radio since it started, but when I tried it, there was a terrible echo in here. So I couldn't use the studio. And it took me a long time to get off my Jew ass and open up my Jew wallet and buy some furniture and some rugs and other things to stop the echo here. But we did a test run last night, and it appears that the echo is not a problem. So, this will be where I'm doing the show. You probably won't be able to tell since you can't see me. But uh, for me, it's more comfortable. You know what? I I don't want to sound unprofessional here, but I I like being honest on this show. 
And I'm going to reveal something now to people listening to this show about the previous studio, since I won't be using it anymore. The previous studio was a bedroom. It was a bedroom. Someone's suggesting in the chat room right now. By the way, if you want to talk to me without calling, you can always go into the chat room. Just click the chat button on the top of the screen. I can't read everything because I'm doing a show at the same time, but I'll try to catch as much as possible. But I was in a bedroom when I was doing the show. Not now. I'm not in a bedroom now, but I was in a bedroom when I was doing the show on most nights. And I was actually lying on a bed during the show with the laptop on my stomach. I'm not even kidding. Someone asking... Did anyone think it wasn't his bedroom? Well, I hate to tell you, Dark Star, who said that. It was not my bedroom. It was a bedroom that was a radio studio for me. I didn't like that, but that was really the only place to do it without uh, waking up certain other individuals who are also present at this particular location. But there was another room that was perfect for a radio studio... That was just not ready. And now it's ready. And there's something else that will be ready soon. And that is a co-host. I think we're going to have a co-host on this show. Which I'm very happy about. But anyway, I'm I'm excited about this. I know you guys probably don't give a crap. Because this is radio. You can't see me. And as long as I sound the same, it doesn't matter where the hell I'm doing it. I could be doing it from a bathroom for all you care. And this isn't a bathroom. Someone actually guessed yesterday when I said I have a new studio that it's a bathroom. But no, it's not a bathroom. Uh, I guess they guessed that because there was an echo in the room originally, but this is just a very square, or actually more rectangular room, but it's like perfectly rectangular and it has a hard floor and a high ceiling. So, very conducive to echoing. But I've, I've put an end to the echo. I'm a big sound quality guy. Sound quality is very important to me. And when the sound quality on this program sucks, it really bothers me when I listen back to it. I don't typically listen to this show back in its entirety. In fact, I very rarely do that. But I'll listen to pieces just to see how it sounds. And if it sounds lousy, sound quality-wise, it pisses me off. Even though we're not really doing sound-intensive content. I'm not playing music for the most part here. But I just I want it to sound good. I'm very big on that. Let me give you the agenda tonight. You guys remember the story of the player in uh, EBT Barcelona at the Barcelona Arts Hotel. His name was uh, Jeans on 2 Plus 2. His real name is Jens. I forget his last name. It's like KY something. Not KY Jelly, but Kylongin or something. Some One of these Scandinavian names. Uh, he's a high-limit player. He's pretty well-known and respected in the community. Young guy. He had his room broken into a while back at the EPT Barcelona and someone tampered with his laptop and installed or what he as presumed was a Trojan on his laptop to presumably look at his hole cards when he played poker because he's a high limit player who plays on poker stars. Uh, that was bad enough but when he tried to do something about it he ran into a huge cover-up. Instead of hotel security and poker star security helping him catch the culprits, he ran into a wall. 
He ran into a lot of lies and deception. He was misled. And the culprits got away with it. With help from the hotel security, most likely. And partially with help from poker stars. Well, that's kind of an old story. I've talked about it before on this show. Called out poker stars for it. What really bothered me is that poker stars, they made their initial statements about it, and then they clammed up. They never came out with a conclusion to the story. We never heard the end. We never heard what happened. We never heard what they determined. We never heard the corrections to some of their contradictions because they made various contradictions, the worst of which reporting on 2 plus 2 that they had called the police and then going back and saying, actually, we hadn't called the police. We got confused. We thought we called the police, but we didn't. And people are like, what? That's when they really were looking shady. When Stars comes out and says the police were, were called and then turned out the police weren't called. Like, how do, you, how do you not remember that you didn't call the police? So Stars has been acting extremely shady the whole time. But this is not a new story. This goes back a few months. I don't have the exact date this happened, but it goes back a few months. Well, there's a lot of new information that has come out as a result of this story. Because in addition to poker stars going quiet, eventually Jen's the victim, or one of the victims. There were several victims, but he was the main one. Uh, everybody went quiet. Jen's went quiet, poker stars went quiet. So the story started to die every so often people would bump the thread on 2 plus 2 and said, hey, what, what was the resolution with this? Well, two things have happened. First of all, the experts, the computer security experts at a company called F-Secure have verified that a whole card reading Trojan program was installed on Jens's laptop and other laptops while at the EPT Barcelona, that his suspicion was 100% correct. Someone broke into his hotel room and installed software to see his whole cards when he plays poker. So, while this was highly suspected, it is now fact and verified by a very respected computer security firm called F-Secure. Second, Jens revealed the email he was sent by Lee Jones, who's representing poker stars. Very unsatisfying emails, very obnoxious emails, just telling him to forget about it, basically. And poker stars Lee Jones also made a very unsatisfying and cover-up-like statement on 2 Plus 2 about the situation. Very, very unsatisfying statement from Lee Jones. Fueling very strong suspicions of a cover-up. We're going to talk about that a lot tonight. And there's a lot of debate currently of how much was this responsibility of poker stars? How much, how much was it their responsibility to investigate a crime against one of their players? Why isn't it between the player, the police, and maybe the hotel? Why, why is poker stars even expected to get involved? And how dare anyone criticize them for trying to help and, and not succeeding. Well, they're worthy of a lot of criticisms, and I will explain why tonight. Another story we've been covering recently that has an update. Poker by Proxy, 
the scam site that claim that you send them money or bitcoins and they'll go play poker for you. They won't tell you who's playing for you. They won't tell you where they're playing or when they're playing. But you just have to trust they're playing and then they'll tell you their result and pay you if you win and not pay you if you lose. Well, shockingly, that ended up being a scam. But I think everybody here could expect that. But we've already reported all that here. What I haven't reported is we now have the name of one of the people they hired to do promotional videos for him for them at first it seemed like this person was an unwitting accomplice who was hired to produce a video for them for the tidy sum of $5 and didn't realize that they were promoting a scam but now it appears to go deeper than that and we're going to try to call that person tonight who did that video for poker by proxy Well, a lot of you know about Iovation, and there's a company that was probably funded originally by stolen money on UB, UB cheat money through super user accounts. The company is headed by Greg Pearson, who was heard on tape earlier this year, the Russ Hamilton tapes recorded about five years ago, talking about how UB needs to minimize the refunds they give. Greg Pearson was on tape talking about minimizing the refunds, not paying everyone the money they were rightfully owed for being cheated. This guy is now the head of a security company called Iovation. There was a controversy back in May, I believe, when Ultimate Poker, the one of the two legalized poker rooms in Nevada, was caught using Iovation to do some verification, to, some identity verification on their site. Uh, Ultimate Poker then dropped Iovation after the ensuing outrage. But Iovation has popped up again, and I hate to say it, but it has to do with our free roll. PayPal uses Iovation. So when I pay you on PayPal for winning our free roll, Iovation has a hand in verifying your account. Yep. In a way, I'm contributing to the problem. But yeah, PayPal is using Iovation. We're going to talk about that and what we can do about it. There might be something. Well, speaking of Ultimate Poker, I'm not going to talk about them really on this show, but their competitor, WSOP.com. A lot of people were excited when WSOP.com launched in Nevada and New Jersey a little bit later because, well, it's a bigger brand. They expected much better things from WSOP.com for two reasons. Number one, it's a much bigger company. It's backed by Caesars Entertainment. And number two, uh, they had a longer time to prepare. Ultimate Poker rushed themselves to market. WSOP.com got to sit back and wait and watch Ultimate Poker make all the rookie mistakes while they learned from them. But apparently they didn't learn very well because WSOP.com has been a customer service disaster. Gabo Boy is angry, I'm angry, and others are angry. We're going to talk about what's wrong on WSOP.com right now and how I think they can fix it. Let me put on our co-host before I go to our next topic on the agenda. Here we go. Hello, co-host. Welcome to the show. What's happening, Drop? 
So this is China Maniac, our most common friend on Druff and Friends, and I'm happy to have him to close out the Poker Fraud Alert radio year of 2013. Welcome to the show. All right. Let's, and, get, let's get this going. Yeah. So the next topic that we're going to have on our agenda, we're just running through the agenda here, by the way. We're not uh, into the actual discussion yet. Uh, Jamie Gold, you know, the guy who cashed for $12 million in 2006. You'd think he wouldn't have to resort to things like this, but Jamie Gold, a lot of people have known for a long time that the guy is broke for various reasons. Poor money management skills, drug problems, whatever. Uh, He has designed a poker room. Yes, he has designed. He's not playing in a poker room. He's not managing a poker room. He has designed a poker room because he's known so well for his poker room design skills. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Jamie Gold has designed a poker room, and not just any poker room, but a poker room on a fail gambling day cruise ship out of Florida. When I say fail, I don't mean it has failed, but that it will fail, most likely. It's a, a ship that goes out to sea just so you can gamble and then comes back the same day. So it's not exactly the love boat, that's for sure. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Caesars. I like talking about them on this show. I always end up encountering them in many ways and shapes and forms, especially being a Seven Stars member. Uh, they have filed a lawsuit because they really wanted to be in your state, China Maniac, Massachusetts. So they're filing yep. a lawsuit against the Massachusetts Gaming Commission chairman. We'll talk about what's going on with that. I have some very, very bad news for one of our regular listeners, and that is one step ahead. Tom Dwan is no longer a full tilt pro. He has left full tilt. We'll touch on that, and I'll give you my opinion as to why he left. One of the segments I've been doing on this show recently, and I, I think it's been getting a good reception, so I'm going to keep doing the segment unless people hate it. That is letting you get to know me better from a personal standpoint, especially the way it relates to my past. I I like telling stories from the past because even though some of these are personal, they're so long ago that they don't matter anymore. It's it's almost like uh, I can declassify these stories for the public because, uh, you know, it's it's old stuff. The people it involves, I don't know anymore for the most part. So um, I'm going to tell most weeks, I can't say every week, some kind of entertaining story from my past. This week's story is why a 16-year-old virgin me rejected a date with a hot 18-year-old in the year 1988. I really did that. I'm not kidding. It's exactly as it sounds. There was a hot 18-year-old girl who wanted to go out with me. I was 16. I was a virgin. And I said, no! I'll tell you why in that segment about what happened there. I was thinking about coming up with a segment called Ask Druff and have like five random questions every time. We should have that. We should have something like that. Five random questions. You don't know they're coming, and then you just got to rapid-fire answer them. That's not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. Uh, Bad Guy 23, I know some of you enjoy his appearances on the show. Some of you hate his appearances on the show. Those of you that enjoy him will be disappointed to hear this news. Those of you that hate him will be thrilled. Like, seriously serious. Bad Guy 23 
probably will not be on this show anymore, and he probably will not be on Poker Fraud Alert anymore. When I say probably, it's not set in stone yet. I have not made a final decision yet. But for the moment, he is banned from Poker Fraud Alert's forum. But I will say that if he wants to call into the radio tonight, he can, and I will answer the phone for him. So Can, can he access the chat tonight? Um, no, but he, I guess he could make a fake account or something. But I, I don't want to take the time out to unban his account just to go and chat, but right. I, I, I'd actually prefer he just calls. I don't want him just polluting the chat room with drama the whole time. If, if he calls, at least we can control the segment of the length of it and not have it dominate the whole show and the whole chat. So I actually prefer he doesn't come in the chat, honestly. But uh, he can call, because I want to give everybody a fair uh, a fair say. I want them to be able to come out and state their case when they get banned here. I don't want it ever thought that I'm banning people and not giving them a chance to speak their side. I don't want it to seem like a poker star is covering things up. I, I don't want to cover things up on this site. So he can call if he wants, but at the same time, I'll explain why he was banned. And it's only notable because I usually don't like to talk about forum drama on the show, but it's a no- notable because he's mainly a radio guy rather than a forum guy. Yeah. Uh... Maybe Ken Scaler will call in, maybe he won't. He's been calling me a lot recently. If he does, we'll put him on. And the final topic, what has been the final topic for the last few weeks, Bitcoins. So I made a radio topic last night, like, I don't know, midnight or so. What time did I make it? I made it last night at, oh, 3 in the morning, later than I thought. And the topic was, Bitcoin stabilized at $900, where will it go from here? Well, I had to go back and change that topic because it's not very stable anymore. Right now, it's $698 as we speak. This is right around 900 at 3 in the morning, just uh, about, what, 16 and a half hours ago. It had been rotating around 900, you know, sometimes a little lower, sometimes a little higher, but it's been right around 900 for quite some time, at least quite some time by Bitcoin standards. We've had a mini crash, and I'll give my opinion as to where I think it's going from there. You can give your opinion, and uh, boy, what a wild ride that is. So we'll talk about Bitcoin as our final topic, and you can always call in if you want to give your own take on things or suggest another topic. You can also type in the chat room. I can't guarantee I'll see everything there. So let's get going with our first topic. And by the way, uh, someone asking about Josie in the chat room. She's not banned. Only bad guy. In fact, they've, they've pretty much had a falling out, so they're not really very associated anymore any, anyway. Well, the EPT Barcelona situation was a mess, and it's become a bigger mess. It all started on in September. I think it was September 5th, 2013 where at the EPT Barcelona, which was a Poker Stars event, the European Poker Tour Barcelona in Spain, a player named Jeans, and I, I, I don't even remember how to pronounce his last name, Jens Kilongen or something like that. Kilongen, I don't know. But he's, he's a pretty well-known and respected player. Uh, he posted on 2 Plus 2, a very, very disturbing story. We talked about this at the time on this show three months ago. Basically, 
he came up to his room. I'm not going to tell the whole story again. I'm just going to give you a quick summary and then get to, get to the present. He came up to his room in the Barcelona Arts Hotel where the event was being held. And his key didn't work. You know, those little electronic key cards. Now, that's very common. We've all had that happen at, at those type of hotels. You, you put the card too close to your cell phone, it can stop working. Or sometimes just something goes wrong in the system and stops working. I mean, I've had so many key cards stop working, and yet no one's ever stolen anything out of my rooms. So he didn't find it very suspicious at the moment, as nobody would. Uh, he went down and had them fix his key card. Came up, went into the room, and he noticed that his laptop was out of place, that someone had been tampering with his laptop. He knew for sure that his laptop had moved. And uh, he knew someone had been in his room. So he turned on the laptop and saw some pretty uh, disturbing stuff. He saw a Windows recovery error advising him to launch startup repair. So basically something had happened to his computer. It wasn't just his imagination that it had moved. Um, Then his computer was telling him to restore it with system restore. Someone had messed with the thing. It was clear. So he was in complete shock. Imagine you see your laptop has moved when you come back into your hotel room after your key doesn't work initially. And you're thinking, wow, did someone mess with my laptop? No, no, I probably just forgot where it was. No, 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 I'm, pro- I'm probably just confused. And then you turn it on and you see all these weird error messages like someone's been messing with it. So now you know for sure it's been messed with. So he runs down to the front desk to tell them that uh, this has happened. So they say, we'll investigate the matter. And they say, uh, tomorrow at at noon we'll have a a meeting with a security manager. So he says, all right. But he he gets kind of the feeling like they're dismissing him. He goes back to his room and his key doesn't work again. So he runs back downstairs and says, what the hell? You just fixed my key. Why doesn't it work again? She fixes the key again. He comes up and the laptop is gone. And I won't go through the whole story. But uh, basically, there was a lot of interference that was run by both security and by poker stars, including blaming his roommate, who it turned out was a victim too. And a lot of ever-changing stories, such as when he was asking, aren't there cameras here in the hallways, and can't you see who entered my room on the cameras? The cameras were mysteriously malfunctioning on those floors. A lot of really, really shady cover-up type stuff. Uh, he even had some scary phone calls uh, during that night, the night you know, the night that this happened. Afterwards, he gets a call at 5:30 a.m. The person says, "Your taxi's ready." He says, "What taxi?" They say, "The taxi to the airport." He says, "With whose name?" They say, "They say we don't have a name, just the room number." He says, "Well, I haven't ordered a taxi." And, and, and he's like, what the hell's going on? Then four hours later, he gets a call at 9.30 in the morning saying, uh, do you want to make business? And he says, what? They said, do you want to make business? He says, about what? And they say, about the women. And he says, no one hangs up. So, like, real weird stuff happens after that. And then when he goes to the security meeting, as I said, then he gets uh, um, 
they were just uh, trying their best to cover the whole thing up. And they were insisting that the Poker Stars representative that was there at the meeting was trying to insist that uh, it was his it was his roommate who did it. Then when he eventually got the logs for the entry to his room, he was able to prove that his room was uh, was entered. You, you can read the whole story on 2 Plus 2 or on Poker Fraud Alert. I, I reposted everything he posted. Or you can go back to listen to our September show, early in September, about this. I'm not going to rehash the whole story. The important part here, in addition to what I've already told you, is that he didn't call the police because he was told by Poker Stars, by their live security representative that they will handle it. PokerStar said, hey, we have influence here. We'll work with the hotel. We'll call the police for you. No need for you to stay here. You can go back home to Finland where you came from. And we'll let you know what happens. We'll handle it. We're going to take it very seriously. We're going to make sure that uh, this gets covered. Now keep in mind, up till this point, everything was really strange. The hotel was changing its story constantly, and PokerStars, who's supposed to be his advocate, is letting them do it. You would think if PokerStars is his advocate, and they're sitting here on the meetings, sitting in the meetings, that when PokerStars hears the same ridiculous BS about broken cameras, um, about all these different stories about uh, what happened that contradict one another, uh, you would think PokerStars would say, hey, 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 you know, you guys aren't being clear here. You would think they would take his side immediately at that point and realize that the hotel is being shady. Uh, but they didn't. Poker Stars went along. That live security representative went along with everything as if it was fine. It's like, have you ever been in a dream where everything is going nuts around you and you just know everything's wrong and everyone around you in the dream is acting normally but yet you know that it isn't normal? And you can't figure out what's going on. You can't figure out why everybody else is accepting this scene. Except for you. That's exactly what happened here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just sitting here going, wait, I have the PokerStar security manager here. PokerStars, they're they're good with security. They they catch bots. They catch uh, colluders. these, These are smart people. This is a smart, responsible company. I've trusted them all this time. They've never let me down. Here we have the live security manager sitting in on the meeting with me, and the, I'm just getting handed BS story after BS story, contradictory story after contradictory story, cover-up after cover-up, and the guy's just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, they bring up a good point. Yeah, they bring up a good point. I mean, he couldn't believe it that, that no one but him was able to see through this. Why wasn't PokerStars... As outraged as he was that this was happening at their event. Because keep in mind, they weren't just helping him out to be nice. This is their event. The Barcelona Arts EBT, that's their event. And if bad things happen there, if their players are victimized in this way, with people tampering with laptops, then it looks bad, badly on them. It's, it's a bad thing for them. It's a bad thing for publicity. They, you would think they would want the criminals doing this caught and dealt with and then poker stars could say, "Hey, not only did we protect our player, but we caught the people doing this, and uh, um, it's not a problem anymore. They won't be scamming anyone anymore. They won't be breaking into any more rooms because they're in jail now." But for some reason, the poker stars guy is going along with all the lies that are being peddled by the the security people at the hotel. It's one thing for a hotel 
to try to cover its own ass with you know, its own security department, but can you imagine poker stars going along with it? So so he, this guy's just scratching his head. He can't figure out what the hell's going on. But And you can say this is a mistake, but he trusted poker stars at the end when they told him, hey, we got this. You can go back home. So Yeah, especially when... I can see why he'd be like, oh, okay, you know, this is Poker Stars, you know, they're the, the top online poker company, they're very good with security, you know, he just took their word for it, and, you know, it looks like he got burned because of it. Yeah. Semi-burned, you know? Yeah, so, um, so, so, he goes back home, and keep in mind, he was in a foreign country when this happened, he doesn't speak the language, which is Spanish, of course, in Spain. Uh, it's a country known to have a lot of corruption. You need someone on the inside to help you. If you're a private citizen, a foreign private citizen, visiting Spain and you're the victim of crime, good luck ever getting the perpetrators caught and prosecuted. It's just very tough over there. So here he has those advocates, so he thinks, in Poker Stars, a company that is very large, has a big poker tournament there, one that you think could exert some influence over the local police there to do something about this. So they're saying, hey, we could do a lot more than you. Why don't you go home? And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, he should have been suspicious given how Poker Stars had not treated this situation seriously enough and had been going along with the hotel's lies, including blaming his roommate. But he went home figuring they could do a better job than he could, given their resources and connections in that country. So I've already talked about all that before on this show. But everybody was posting in that thread and asking what happened since. Now something else I have to say before we get to that is a response that came from Lee Jones. Which um, was really strange. Um, Lee Jones said Unfortunately, the post is accurate. This is his initial response. We're only aware of two cases, but obviously there could be more. Our security manager, the same guy I was just talking about, is working with the hotel arts security people to find out who did this. In the meantime, if you're staying at that hotel, uh, please store your laptop in the room safe. It won't fit in the room. If it won't fit in the room safe, which it probably won't, buy a laptop, laptop cable lock available at any computer store. Like, like it's easy to go to that and when you're already there. Uh, and lock your laptop to something in the room. If you can't do that, take your laptop with you when you leave the room. Change the password on your laptop right now. Uh, we strongly encourage you to run virus Trojan detector software on your computer. I know it's a hassle, but wiping the computer clean and reinstalling everything before you play online poker with it would not be a terrible idea. We're very sorry about this. Everyone on our staff and at the Barcelona Arts Hotel is taking the situation seriously. We have the Barcelona police involved too. Remember that part. We have the Barcelona police involved too. We'll keep you updated as soon as we know more. For now, please be hyper-vigilant and hyper-careful about your laptop. That's from Lee Jones. But, but, (laughs) you're not going to believe this. Or maybe you will because you probably already know the story. But, Lee Jones came out later and admitted that the police actually were not contacted. Can you believe this? So they... He's saying, don't worry, we've got the police on this. And like, oh, sorry, we didn't actually call the police. So right there, everyone's very suspicious already. Between, yeah, he, It's unbelievable that he said that the police were involved, actively involved in this. Yeah, 
And then, and then he says, sorry, just a point of clarification. I was given the wrong information, presumably by the life security manager. Uh, the police actually weren't contacted yet, but we're going to contact the police now. So just letting you guys know that. And I'm sure he said that because he realized I, Lee probably at the time uh, didn't understand fully what was going on. I don't think right then he lied about the police. It's possible he lied and realized it could be checked on and didn't want to continue with the lie. But I'll give him credit that he may have thought it was true that the police were contacted. But whatever. You would think at that point, if Lee was being lied to by his life security manager, that he'd say, whoa, 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 whoa. Why did you tell me you called the police when you didn't? Right. And and uh, and really make a big deal about this. Fire the guy and and you know, do something about this. And, and really, really... Make it right for the people affected, and say we're yeah, really or, sorry. Or they were planning on calling the police, and he was just saying, you know, they're actively involved, and they were planning on calling them, and then maybe they found a reason why they they shouldn't. Yeah, you know, that's, that's I guess that's possible. possible too. Right, right. So something already weird going on there that he's saying the police are actively involved, and then they're not at all. They haven't even been called yet. So then they go silent. After that, people are, of course, outraged, saying how PokerStars messed this whole thing up, how PokerStars looks like they're covering things up. Some even said maybe PokerStars employees are involved in these laptop tamperings, and are, that's why they're trying to cover it up. So a lot of theories out there. PokerStars stopped responding to the threat. PokerStars became a ghost in that thread. But so did Jeans. Or Jens, what are you going to call him? He, he disappeared, too. People kept saying, come on, give us a comment. I even asked him to come on this show. He said he didn't want to. And finally he came out and said, look, I I don't want to talk about this. It was very stressful for me, and there's some things I'm still trying to look into about this. It's still some things I'm trying to do on my own, so I, I don't want to continue fueling the drama here. So sorry. So people said, all right, fine. You know, it's, it's your situation. If you don't want to post about it, fine. So some time passed. Well, we just had an update three months later. The update came from a company called F-Secure. F-Secure is a respected company. If you go to their About Us page on f-secure.com Actually, it doesn't say much of of interest, but F-Secure is a well-respected computer security firm. So, here's a little blog they wrote just six days ago on December 10th. We get a lot of samples here at F-Secure Labs, most of them being submitted online. But every now and then, somebody visits one of our labs and brings along their computer for forensics. Earlier this year, a guy in his early 20s pulled up and parked his Audi R8 just outside of our Helsinki headquarters. That's in Finland. His name is Jeff Jens Kailonen, a professional poker player, both in real-world tournaments and in the online poker world. He's a high roller by any measure with wins in the range of $2.5 million in the past year. Now, of course, that's just cashes, but still cashes of $2.5 million is pretty damn good in one year. So why would the poker star detour from his usual routine and drop by for a visit? This is his story. Last September, Jens participated in the European Poker Tour event in Barcelona. He was staying at the event hotel which is a five-star location, and spent his day mostly at the tournament tables. He took a break from the tournament and went to his room, and his laptop wasn't there. He checked to see if his friend had borrowed it, no, and then when he returned to the room, his laptop was back. He knew that something was amiss. To add to his suspicion, the OS windows didn't boot properly. Uh, So anyway, you, you know the rest of the story. So I'll skip to the part of the new information. 
After a while, it was obvious that his hunch was correct, that the laptop was indeed infected. We agreed to investigate, and we made full forensic images and started digging. There was a remote-access Trojan, also known as an RAT, RAT, with timestamps coinciding with the time when the laptop had gone missing. Apparently, the attacker installed the Trojan from a USB memory stick, configured it to automatically start at every reboot. A RAT, Random Access Trojan, by the way, is a common tool that allows an attacker to control and monitor a laptop remotely, viewing anything that happens on the machine. And then they were showing an example, but with screenshots of how this works, where basically you're just seeing the other guy's screen. So... What he suspected was 100% true. This has now been verified by F-Secure. And the timestamps correspond to when his laptop went missing. So it wasn't even like uh, one of his friends that was actually not a very good friend went and put this on like months beforehand and he's just realizing it now when his laptop had that funny business going on at the arts. But it turned out they weren't related. It was not the story. This Trojan appeared at the exact time when his laptop went missing at the Barcelona Arts because they can tell that by looking at the hard drive. And um, that removed all doubt that this is exactly what happened. That someone broke into his room, took his laptop. I I actually messed the story up at the beginning here because it had been three months, but um, he found his laptop was missing. Then he went down to report it. Then then it was back again. Um, and, And then it went missing again. Uh, so the theory that was going around at the time was that the uh, the perpetrators, that he interrupted them in some way. Or that he came back in the middle while they were installing this. And that when he went down to the front desk, the one at the front desk signaled the, uh, the people who did this to get back in the room and put the laptop back and hope he'll just give up at that point. But anyway, it, the, it was there. Something to look at his screen and see all his whole cards was on there. And obviously this was not... A coincidence that he, a high limit player on Poker Stars, was targeted this way. So F Secure has verified now that this is really what happened. So, this renewed everybody's interest in the story. And everyone was clamoring again for commentary from Jens. So, he finally decided to come out with the truth. He'd been sitting here stewing about this for a while now. And he decided, now that F-Secure has published the story and everyone's interested in it again, might as well tell the truth about what happened with PokerStars. And here's what he wrote. I've been thinking a lot whether to write about what happened with the case after I got home from Barcelona. It seemed like a pretty bad career move as a professional poker player to talk negatively of PokerStars considering the current state of online poker. So what he's trying to say here is, Look, he, he's a pro player. He's pretty good. If he goes and trashes poker stars, he can probably kiss goodbye a chance to be sponsored by them ever. And so he's saying this is not a good career move. They're pretty much the dominant site out there. And, and he's pretty much throwing his way to ever be sponsored by them when there's a good chance they would sponsor him given his results so far. So right. he he's a, it was a little bit afraid but said, I, I've got, I'm sorry, I, I don't care if I get sponsored. I have to get this story out. So he says, I've also kind of just wanted to forget about the case People, however, I don't blame them, ask me of updates on the case wherever I go, and I think I owe it to the community to answer. That, that's, that's good. That's responsible of him. Thank you. After F-Secure blogged about the incident, even more people are interested once again, and I have to give an update since it seems like there won't be one coming from anywhere else for a long time at least. He's 
saying poker stars will not be giving one. Around three days after I got home from Barcelona, of course we're back in September now, I spoke with PokerStars security manager on the phone, who was the same guy I had been in contact with during the entire Barcelona event, who just told me all is good and they are doing everything to catch these criminals. Cool. It was only about a week after I'd gotten home and I received a phone call. It was Lee Jones. He informed me that there had once again been a mix-up. The police had not been called this time either. (laughs) I mean... Keep in mind, this is the second time the police were not called when they said... So first, Lee Jones says the police are actively on the investigation. Then Lee Jones says, sorry, they were never called. Then they say, okay, Jens, you can go home now. We're going to really call the police this time. And then he gets another call from Lee Jones saying, oh, yeah, sorry, uh, for the second time, we also didn't call them. (laughs) This is like like out of uh, a bad drama a bad crime drama that you see on TV at 10 o'clock at night. I mean, this is this is outrageous. How, how could Lee Jones say not once but twice the police were called and then has to backtrack both times? Oh, actually, they weren't. How do you forget or not know that the police were called in such a major matter, especially after everyone on 2 Plus 2 was screaming bloody murder about this? How does Lee Jones get misinformed twice? But that's what happened. There was, then he goes on to write, There was still no police involved. My mind raced back to the night before I flew back home. How they kept wanting me to confirm that I wanted the police involved when I had already insisted on it multiple times. So he's saying that you know, the night before he went back home, almost like on, uh, remember that show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where they kept saying, final answer, final answer, final answer. Like, he kept saying, call the police, call the police. And they're like, you sure you want them called? Final answer? Like, they, they were hoping he'd change his mind if they asked him like six times. He found that really odd. Uh, how, when I asked if I should stay a bit longer to sort it out with the police, they very quickly responded, there was absolutely no need that I should take my morning flight back home. They got it covered. That was what the live security manager at PokerStars told him back in September. My blood was boiling. I tried to remain calm while spitting out a, what did you say? He told me something about how there had been a misunderstanding and if I still wanted the police involved, there was an online form I could fill out on some online site to make a police report. (laughs) This this is just getting stupid. (laughs) You can go fill out a form. You're not happy, Jens, with this? Uh, Fill out a form. My strength as a poker player has always been my ability to control my emotions and basically never tilt, but I have to admit at this point, I would have punched the first thing that came close to me in the face, even if it had been my grandma. So I think his grandma should stay away from him, given that uh, Poker Stars continues to lie to him to this day. I think his grandma better stay out of his uh, arm's reach. I directly called the Poker Stars security employee I had been in contact with, so he could explain what the hell was going on. He told me he only found out two days ago in a meeting about this. He told me poker stars can't call the police directly. It had to be me or the hotel, and the hotel was supposed to call the police, and there had been a misunderstanding. What a fucking surprise, he writes. This is not real life, I thought. I still think this was no accident. This was something they didn't want me to know. I mean, really, it took a week to find out the police were not involved? However, what I got to hear next calmed me down. They have huge amounts of evidence and online intelligence against the suspects, and they have actually been under the radar for some time before this case. That's what Lee Jones is telling him. 
or I, I guess it was a security, not Lee Jones, the security guys telling him this. They want to do it their way, go report it to the Isle of Man police, and through them, make it to the right authorities. I understood something was being kept from me, but I didn't really care, as long as they would bring the criminals to justice. He told me an employee of theirs would be in contact to make a full report on my case. I said thanks and closed the phone. Yesterday I thought about the case and the mood swings were over, but no. Around this time I had also taken my laptop to the F-Secure Helsinki headquarters. They eventually did find a Trojan on my laptop. They were able to pinpoint the exact time it was, the USB stick was used to install it. It was inserted. It was during the time my laptop had been missing in Barcelona. A few days of waiting, the PokerStars employee who was going to make the report contacted me. I gave her all the info. A little bit later when the Trojan was found, we gave her that info. The F-Secure specialist told me that he could be of great assistance in the case with the Trojan possibly attracted to the suspects. Uh, um, On the 2nd of October, I received an email saying the report had been sent to the police. I replied asking if the police could be in contact with the F-Secure specialist as he had ideas on how to track them. And he also figured that, you know, he said this was a great way to also finally know if the police had really been contacted because he still had his doubts. I received no reply when before she had replied within a day. I sent another email on October 8th asking the same thing with still no reply. On October 14th, I sent a third email with the same thing, this time receiving this reply. Hi, Jens. I've just been informed the investigation has been forwarded to the suspect's country and their authorities. We will just have to wait to see if they take up the case and contact us back again. As soon as I hear anything, I'll let you know. Regards, whatever the employee's name he doesn't list, it's a senior internal security analyst. So, he was very suspicious now, because here he had the person at F-Secure saying, hey, look, I, I have a lot of relevant info here I could help the police out with, and the woman doesn't respond to him for 12 days. He keeps emailing her. She, she was very quick to respond prior to that, but she says, oh, the police are being called. He says, whoa, 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 I, I, I have some more information for the police. Can I give it to them? Crickets. No response. For 12 days, they avoid answering him, and he keeps emailing over and over. Well, do you want, do you want this F-Secure guy to talk to the police? Do you, do you, do you? And then she says, oh, uh, we forwarded the investigation to the suspect's country. Uh, if, they're in, if their authorities want to take up the case, we'll let you know. So he writes, I did not believe my eyes. I kept reading the one bit over and over if they take up the case. Thank God my grandma wasn't nearby this time either. I just couldn't believe it after reading everything they said they had on these guys, and now even the proof on my own laptop. Was there any authority in the world who could not think there had been a crime committed and wouldn't take up the case? I waited a week hearing nothing and sent an email to tell the contacted authority to be in contact with me once they take up the case. No reply. One week later, I once again sent a confused email asking questions. I got this reply. So this is now, I don't know, late October. Hi, Jens. I'm unsure how long it will take. All I can say is I put together a very detailed report, and all I can hope for is it strikes an interest in the matter and is taken up by the the suspect's country's police. Two and a half weeks later, there had been no news to me, which is when I decided to send this email. Hello. I assume there isn't any news from the suspect's country authorities yet, as you haven't contacted me. If they decide not to take up the case, I'd like to speak to the person making that decision, if possible. I'd also be very surprised and disappointed, especially at the decision not to involve the Spanish police, when there's so much direct evidence left at the Hotel Arts Barcelona, especially the direct video footage of the suspects entering Ignat's hotel room. Ignat is another uh, uh, victim here. Uh, Zero Human Zero is what he's known as. 
Assuming this happens, I will write a second report about this incident on the 2 plus 2 forums about everything that has been going on with this case since I got back to Finland and will express my disappointment. I also sent a copy of this email to Lee Jones, who was in contact with before getting in contact with you, just so everyone knows my take on the situation. Jens. Th- that was his letter to the security woman at PokerStars. This is not the same person he was originally dealing with, who, who was a male. I never heard from the internal security analyst again. That person vanished. However, Lee Jones replied. Here's what Lee wrote. Hi, Jens. Uh, and then he says whatever that person's name is. Spent two weeks researching your case and the surrounding issues. She sent the information to the Isle of Man Financial Crimes Unit. They forwarded it to the Edgemont Group that is responsible for international coordination of financial crimes investigation. At this point, in fact... From the point that the information went to the Isle of Man government, the issue is out of our hands. Jens, I realize this is a very big deal for you, but PokerStars has done everything that we can. We are not an investigative body, and we're not a criminal enforcement organization. This person put a huge amount of work into researching and organizing the information around your case and some other cases that may have been related. Other than that, I can't give you any details. The unfortunate fact is that there very well may never be further information to come out. We can only hope that the authorities in that country will use the information well, and perhaps it will help them actually make some arrests. I realize this is not the resolution you are hoping for, but this is how things go sometimes, and I hope you can understand that. I appreciate your patience and cooperation throughout this, and let's hope that ultimately something good will come out of it all. Warmest regards, Lee. You like the warmest regards? I mean, that's just so patronizing. It's unreal. So, he writes back, Thanks for the email. As you know... At least twice I was told the police were informed when in fact they were not. I was also encouraged not to stay in Barcelona to sort things out, and it took a week since I got back home to tell me about the misunderstanding that the police still hadn't been called. You have to understand how weird and suspicious that feels. To be honest, I don't really care, and I was quite sure PokerStars was holding something for me, but as long as they would still do it their own way to get the criminals to justice, I was fine. The reason I was okay with all this is that I was told the suspects have actually already been on the radar by PokerStars, and you have a lot on them. I was told back then, quote, PokerStars will will make an investigation, but it's very possible that their country authorities will not even pick up the case. There is no chance I wouldn't have uh, have corrected the, quote, misunderstanding and included the Spanish police. So he's basically saying, if all you were going to do is just forward it to some other country uh, and and drop it and never call the Spanish police, then I I would never have left. So why didn't you tell me that then? He's, He's asking Lee. Especially now that the F-Secure computer experts found malware on their laptops and are able to pinpoint the exact time when they were installed with all the cameras and the arts to check the exact time, there is zero chance to say no crime has been committed and a police agency wouldn't pick up that case. Basically, the thing I'm saying after a few coincidences after the police, about the police not being called is I do not have a complete trust in poker stars. As for you as a company, it's not really your problem and just probably best this matter swept under the carpet. I still have not been in contact with any authority other than personnel from PokerStars. What guarantee do I have that everything I've been told now is the truth? I'd like some sort of proof that this case has actually reached the right authorities and has been told in the proper way to interest them. So he's asking for something very reasonable. He's saying, hey, you lied to me twice about the police. Even if you want to say it's a misunderstanding, at least prove to me now that some police organization was contacted. Prove to me that really happened. Because it seemed like when I wanted to give them additional information, you guys went to pieces and panicked and stopped responding to me. So this is what Lee writes back. 
Hi, Jens. Obviously, we are sorry about your being misinformed about the police being contacted, or not, at the, at the outset of the investigation. That was certainly never intentional. It was a mistake caused by the confusion of the early days of the incident. Since then, many people at PokerStars have put a lot of hours into discussing what happened, and among other things, doing what we can to aid a criminal investigation. As I told you, uh, whoever that person was, uh, in- the internal specialist on our security staff, put two weeks into researching your case and similar ones. I can assure you that she has sent the information to the appropriate authorities on the Isle of Man. There's really no more information I can give you, in fact, that I'm permitted to give you. Now, that's an obnoxious statement right there. There's really no more information I can give you, in fact, that I'm permitted to give you. So he's saying, F you, I'm not even going to give you any kind of case number in the Isle of Man. I'm giving you absolutely nothing. You're, you're getting no proof whatsoever as to whether the authorities were contacted anywhere. Isle of Man or anything. I'm giving you nothing. I'm not permitted to give you anything. Tough luck. And, I mean, so, basically, he was told this by Lee Jones. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. That's really what was said to him in that email. So, he gets nothing. The the best part about this, too, was... The kid that was uh, the kid that went to the Isle of Man for some uh, players meeting or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. That that's, okay. that, that that is a good part here. <laughs> There's a lot of good parts to this. Good meaning bad. Good meaning entertaining. Right. Bad meaning very shady on the part of poker yeah. stars. It, um, it, I was going to say, like, why are they reporting this to the Isle of Man police? Yeah, it just whole, makes it look like it's one of their own people. Like, yeah, some. Some employee or, you know, yeah, it, some something like that. Or I was know? thinking so they can just say they reported it to some police and, uh, you know, so they can have some kind of credibility like we reported it to authorities. Uh, yeah, and know? then they come out and say what they did and they don't have to, and they they already said they're not, you know, they're not going to share any of this with them. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. they can say whatever they want. Yeah, so, sadly, it is unlikely we will ever get any kind of official response or resolution to your case. So they're already admitting that, that, that nothing's going to be done. It's a potentially criminal matter that has been referred to the proper authorities, and they will investigate as they see fit. Obviously, we all learned some lessons from the incident, and that's the silver lining to the cloud. Fortunately, nobody was physically hurt, and you discovered the malware and removed it before you could be, it could be used against you. I realize that's small comfort, but in the grander scheme of things, it turned out relatively well. Do you think it turned out well? I mean, Crazy. That's, that's absolutely nuts to say that to him. It turned out relatively well. Uh, because, why? Because he wasn't beaten up, and because no one actually stole money from him. That that discovering that his room was broken into, that his laptop was tampered with, and had a Trojan horse to look at his whole cards was installed. That the hotel covered it up. That Poker Stars seemed to be complicit in the hotel covering it up. That Poker Stars lied to him twice about the police being called and told him to go home. That's that's turning out well. I mean, that they won't tell him even. Which police? What what the case number is, or who they contacted at the police, or or even prove that they called the police for him, even on the Isle of Man. That's turning out well. So then he writes, "This is Lee Jones still." To be clear, Jens, we did not sweep this incident under the carpet. We acknowledged it on two plus two within an hour of your original post, made a follow up post on two plus two, and we have been in touch with you, both myself and the internal analyst, since. Just because we didn't get the outcome we all wanted, the perpetrators arrested, doesn't mean that we swept anything under the carpet. That's just how the world works sometimes. 
I hate when people say shit like that. I, I hate when people do something shady and you say, you complain about it. And they say, well, shit happens. Or, that's just the way the world works. Don't, don't give me this crap that's the way the world works. The world works when there are shady people like you, Lee, who are covering things up like this. That, that's the way the world works, unfortunately. That doesn't mean you should be happy about it or accept your answer. So he says, I hope you can understand this. I'm sure it's not terribly satisfying to you, but it is our honest and best reply. Warmest regards, Lee Jones. So uh, then this gets worse. Now, remember, Jen's story the whole way, and, and notice Lee and that internal security analyst did not contradict this in his emails to them. So they didn't say, wait, you remembered it wrong. His story the whole time was they said to him, hey, we've got this. You can go home, go back on your scheduled flight tomorrow morning. We will report it to the police. Then they actually didn't. But the important thing is they told him to go home. Well, a guy known as Chuck Bass, I don't think that's his real name, but uh, that's what he's known as online. He was a player representative. I guess PokerStars has like player meetings where they bring in just players from the site, active players who kind of represent the community to have meetings with them and and talk about what they like and what they don't like on the site, which isn't a bad idea. I think that's a good thing to do. This Chuck Bass guy was one of the player reps, and he brought up the situation. And he said to them, and, you know, he said to PokerStars, hey, why did you send Jens home and then... uh, not call the police like you said. You told him, we've got this, we're going to call the police, don't worry about it. And then he went home, and then the police were not called, and then he was stonewalled after that. Can you explain what happened here? So he was told at this meeting, oh, no, 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 that's not what happened. Chuck was told that Jens insisted upon going home early, and that Poker Stars was telling him to stay. The poker starts saying, hey, maybe you stay, better stay and report this yourself. And, and Jens is like, no, no, no. You guys do it. I'm just going to go home. Well, Jens, you really shouldn't. No, 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 no. I'm going home to Finland. I, my mind is made up. I'm sorry. Please handle this for me. I'm going home. So that's what they told Chuck Bass. So Chuck Bass, when he read this story that was posted by Jens, was furious about this because he knows what he was told, and that completely contradicts uh, what you know, what Jens' story was, where Jens' story is saying Poker Stars insisted he go home, and Poker Stars told Chuck that he went home with Poker Stars urging him not to. Completely opposite. Again, contradictory stories. So he tweeted about this. Or actually, I, he didn't tweet it, he posted about this. And how did PokerStars respond? PokerStars responded with legal threats against Chuck Bass, whose real name apparently is uh, Mika Antonin. But apparently the player reps who go to have these meetings with stars have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA, which makes sense. You know, PokerStars, for example, if they say to these player reps... Uh, hey, we're going to come out with uh, this new feature next month. They want these players to promise in writing that they're not going to go report this on the forum so their competitors can steal the feature before PokerStars can come out with it. You know, things like that. 
it makes sense that uh, well, sort of makes sense that at these meetings that they have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. The crappy thing is the players can't go back and report to the public as to what they heard. It's kind of like a one-way conversation. But but fine. You know, if those are the terms, those are the terms. But in this situation, Chuck comes out and says, hey, I don't care if I signed an NDA. I'm going to call out stars for blatantly lying about this to me. Because when I brought this up to them, they lied. They said that you it was your idea to go home. And it turns out it was their idea telling you and pressuring you to go home. So instead of stars saying sorry, sorry we told you the wrong thing, sorry Jens for telling Chuck this thing about you, stars sent legal threats to Chuck Bass saying that he's violating the NDA. And if he doesn't stop, they're going to sue him. So... This is uh, this is really bad. That stars lied to the player rep, this Chuck Bass guy, and then when Chuck Bass called them out on lying, they they threatened him with legal consequences, saying, "Hey, you weren't supposed to tell anyone what we said to you. We lied to you. You caught us lying. You exposed our lies, but you better not have done that. You, we, we're really pissed at you for exposing our lies. You signed an agreement not to expose our lies. That's basically what they're saying. We're going to sue you because we lied to you about this situation." You posted about our lies. Now we look bad, and you signed an NDA, and we're pissed. Well, NDAs, by the way, are very rarely enforced, especially across international borders. They're extremely difficult to enforce. And there's no way poker stars would ever sue him because this would just shine a spotlight on all their shadiness in the situation. This is a, this is a situation stars wants to go away. They don't want to make publicity by suing people. So I think that's also why Chuck didn't feel scared about exposing this. But can you imagine this, that... When they're caught in a lie, that they threaten the person exposing their lie with an NDA violation? That, that's really not what NDAs are for. NDAs are to prevent company private information from being given out. Like, uh, let, let's say, for example, I'm developing new forum software that I think is better than vBulletin, which is the software we're using right now. And I say to China Maniac, hey, I want you to test our new the new forum software I wrote, but I don't want anyone to see it, I don't want you to post about it, I don't want to take screenshots of it. I might have China Maniac sign an NDA so this way my competition won't see what I'm in the process of developing. That makes sense, and if he were to go against that and post screenshots of the forum I'm developing, then I could sue him and it would make sense. But it does not make sense to sue someone for violating an NDA that was... And their their way of violating it is proving that you're a liar, that you lied, and then the person reports that you lied, and you get mad because they promised that they wouldn't reveal to anyone what the conversation was. I mean, technically they could sue him, but it's really crappy to do. It's, it's punishing a guy for catching them in a lie. So, that, that's what Shiny Maniac was just talking about earlier, and uh, it's just crazy, like. Why would they like be so strong that you know telling him, oh, he left? You know what I mean? It just it looks so bad, like uh, just a bad cover up. You know what I mean? Like they probably thought it was going to go away, and that was it. And you know now it's you know th- this is just the icing on the cake right there. You know? I yeah, mean, yeah, and uh, right, and and this is just showing that this is absolutely a cover up, and that. 
Um, they were covering it up from the start. When they told him to go home, they knew at the time they told him to go home that they were trying to cover it up and sweep it under the rug, not call the police, and just hope it goes away. Just, just hope. Yeah, he... One way or another, whether they were involved or you know it was just a hotel, they just probably wanted to keep it quiet and keep their name out of it. So this is like their big event, right? Yeah, and so, th- so this is why we will not know for sure why Poker Stars is helping cover this up. But um, they definitely are, and there could be a few reasons. It could be that they want to protect this event, and they want to have this event again next year at the arts, and that uh, they don't want bad publicity surrounding that. It could be that one of their own, maybe this life security manager was involved, or maybe one of their other employees was involved, and they don't want to publicize that because then no one will trust any of their employees. Uh, it, It could be that the Barcelona Arts is pressuring them, saying that, hey, we're not going to let you hold this event here again if you don't get this under control. If if you make it look like our hotel is shady, even if we are, you can't come back here. So Stars, in its own interest, in its own self-interest, is doing whatever they can to lie and cover this up and hinder a criminal investigation. Now... Obviously, this didn't go over very well on 2 Plus 2. And keep in mind, 2 Plus 2 is a place that everyone loves Poker Stars. You, you, you speak badly about Poker Stars on 2 Plus 2, and all these fanboys jump on you there. Well, this was so egregious, this situation, that they had very few fanboys defending them. A few, but not many. Most people were very anti-stars in this situation and agreed they were being super shady. And everyone kept saying, why won't Poker Stars make a public statement? How come the only statements from Lee Jones are ones that were private communications between him and Jens? How come they will not make a, pri- a public statement about this and have not done so in three months? So they must have gone and had a meeting at Poker Stars and said, okay, we've we got we to gotta do something about this. We, we've got to make a statement. This looks awful that we're saying nothing. We've got to say something. So they came up with this terrible statement. Hi, folks. This thread relates to issues that are important to poker players, so it's important to poker stars. That first line already is pretty offensive. While this is our first comment on this particular thread, because this is a new thread that was started about the uh, recent developments, we do read a large volume of player comments on 2 Plus 2. Since first becoming aware of the issue, we have made various comments on 2 Plus 2 and replied to inquiries from various media outlets and emails sent directly to poker stars. So... Then he made different sections of this post. So the section entitled, Why Poker Stars Said Twice That Local Spanish Police Were Involved When They Were Not. <laughs> One of the key issues in this thread is why Poker Stars said publicly on 2 Plus 2 and privately in conversation with Jens that the Spanish police had been notified during the EPT Barcelona. We said those things because at the time we thought they were true. As Jens has said in his posts on here, there was a meeting involving him, another player, our director of live events, and and our live event security manager. During that meeting, Jens advised our staff that he wanted the police to be called. As he will recall, our live event security manager left that meeting to make this happen. The manager went directly to the hotel staff and asked them to call the police. Our live event security manager understood clearly from the hotel's representative that the hotel would then contact the police. Indeed, our live event security manager reported this back to Jens in Barcelona, specifically referring to a special division of the Spanish National Police. Confident that the police had been called, the security manager also reported this to other senior PokerStars management, including myself, who posted the news in the thread. 
We later discovered the hotel did not contact the police as requested. We do not know why the hotel did not do so, but we deeply regret our failure at the time to follow through and ensure that it did. This was a mistake, and we will work hard to avoid similar mistakes in the future. When we discovered it, we directly notified Jens. Then the and I'll, I'll get to my commentary on all these these parts here shortly. Uh, the section Poker Stars liability and responsibility in these kinds of situations. As our players and many members of the two plus two community can attest, Poker Stars exercises deep and wide authority in all matters related to play on our sites within the confines of the tournament floor during our live events. Outside these tournaments, our responsibility and jurisdiction is much more limited. So he's saying, you know, once you get off our site and you're in live play, uh, we, we don't have very much power, he's already trying to say. When these worlds collide, there's even more complexity. For example, under various European data protection laws, it is illegal for us to publicly identify the names or user IDs of people who are alleged to have breached our terms of service. We have previously obtained legal advice on this very issue, and our lawyers advise us that we cannot publicly disclose names or other personally identifying information in the context of fraud on poker stars or elsewhere. So this is already setting up the excuse of, we can't name people, we can't give you information because our lawyers told us we can't, and European law forbids it. This is already hiding behind the, our lawyers said we can't comment excuse, which is very common when uh, people or corporations are doing things shady and don't want to comment on it. Uh, At the same time, we are under no legal obligation to report suspected fraud to outside authorities. In this case, however, not only did we report activity that we believed might be related to the incident involving Jens, but as Jens related, one of our security officers spent two weeks compiling an extensive report and evidence to provide the appropriate authorities. As it relates to publicly disclosing our efforts in this case, as a general rule, pub- Poker Stars does not publicly comment where we do not have anything substantially new to contribute. What? Listen to that again. As it relates to publicly disclosing our efforts in this case, as a general rule, PokerStars does not publicly comment where we do not have anything substantially new to contribute. They they have a lot to contribute. They have the most to contribute of anyone. How, how can they say they have nothing that they can tell us? I mean, uh, they, they, they know a hell of a lot more than anyone else. We have previously commented publicly that we have supported the relevant law enforcement agencies in their investigation of the issues. PokerStars is not a law enforcement agency and does not have the power to arrest or prosecute individuals who are suspected of crimes. Thus, throughout this period, we have compiled information and reported it to our local law enforcement authorities, the Isle of Man Police, as they have a specific unit which deals with international sharing of such information. Furthermore, they are the appropriate authorities for us to contact and inform. We have received written confirmation that the Isle of Man Police has received our report and has referred it on to police authorities in other relevant jurisdictions. PokerStars is very keen that matters be formally investigated by the appropriate police forces. However, we cannot, we clearly cannot influence any police investigation decisions anywhere and can do no more than offer full and continuing support to any formal investigation. Now, I know I said I'll break this down section by section, but I, before I forget, this is pretty much saying why they called the Isle of Man police. And that is just... At least this, they're saying we're telling we reported it to Isle of Man police for them to forward it on to the right parties. This really looks like they're doing it just so they can say they called some police. So they're calling police that have no jurisdiction over it, and then they're telling them to forward it on to the ones who should have jurisdiction. Apparently, not the Spanish police. Apparently, uh, the country of who they suspect. And they're going to send them some long, convoluted report of we suspect such and such happening, and they know that nothing's going to happen. Um, 
some of you may not have that much experience with dealing with the police in these types of matters. And you may have watched too much TV where uh, a crack detective gets a report, jumps on it no matter how busy he is with other things and no matter how complicated or even how minor the case is. He jumps on it and comes to a conclusion. Um, I, I even just saw an episode of Hawaii Five O, the new Hawaii Five O, where they the whole team stopped investigating crime in Hawaii to investigate a murder that took place 72 years ago. Obviously, that's not real life, but I'm saying that a lot of people picture that you send a mound of information to the police and they're going to jump on it, read everything you send them, and, and, and investigate the whole thing. That's not the way it works. If you send a mountain of information to the police, unless it's a major crime like a murder or something like that, they, they drop it in the garbage. Uh, they're not going to sit here reading a 100-page report about cheating on PokerStars. And PokerStars knows that. They're a smart company. So by reporting it to the Isle of Man police, the Isle of Man police then says, well, duh, this isn't our jurisdiction. Duh, we're going to send it on to wherever. And they send it to some other country. So some other country gets, uh, some police force in another country gets this gigantic volume of information from the police force on a tiny island called Isle of Man saying, uh, you may want to investigate these people on our online poker site. What do you think those police do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And PokerStars knows this, and PokerStars in fact wants this. PokerStars wants this to go away. But they want to be able to truthfully say, especially if ever legally challenged about this, that they went to the police. So they went about this in the worst way possible. Instead of going directly to the police where the crime occurred, or even directly to the police of the suspects who they think have done it and presenting clear and concise information, they report it to their local police, which you don't have to do. You don't have to report to your local police and then have it referred elsewhere. That's, that's not the way it works. You can, you can call police forces elsewhere and, and have uh, that taken care of. And, and, then, and then it'll be forwarded on to this other country so they even admit nothing's going to happen. And that's what they're hoping for, I believe. So here's the remainder of, of Lee Drone's statement. Allegations of PokerStar staff involvement in fraud against players. We understand that failures to, connect, to contact Spanish police have caused some players to speculate that PokerStars or some of its staff must have had a motive for doing so. It has even been speculated that PokerStar staff might have been involved in what happened to Jens at the EPT Barcelona. PokerStars de- deeply regrets this inference. Within a few hours of the first suggestion on 2 plus 2 that there might be involvement of PokerStar staff in inappropriate behavior, our director of internal audit of security made sure that uh, made was made aware of the situation and has continued to monitor the issue. We are aware of no evidence that suggests any involvement by PokerStar staff in this allegedly criminal behavior, but if any is presented, we will investigate it. The last part, what PokerStars is doing to reduce the risk of this happening again in the future. PokerStars recognizes that the high-stakes poker players are attractive targets for fraudsters. While players are responsible for their own personal security and personal computer security, PokerStars actively works to reduce the risk of PokerStars players being harmed. This includes, but is not limited to, 1. Increasing player awareness of the risks of this sort of fraud. This includes providing brochures at APT events. Brochures. <laughs> providing brochures at EPT events on practicing good computer security and providing advice to players who contact us. Yeah, that's a way to solve this whole thing. Now print up some brochures next time. 
That's a way to combat crime. Uh, two, reviewing suspicious activity and play that takes place on Poker Stars. Well, g- good job, Lee. Good job. Starting now, Poker Stars has been in business for uh, over 11 years, but starting now, they're going to start reviewing suspicious activity on Poker Stars. Good job. Makes me feel good. Three, investigate every case of alleged fraud of this sort. Indeed, to our knowledge, Poker Stars is the only online poker operator to have detected and provided refunds of players who were victims of such activity in the past. Four, compile a significant dossier to identify likely suspects and provide this information to law enforcement agencies. I hope this ad- helps address concerns expressed here and gives greater clarity as to what we have done, why we have done it, and why we can't disclose much of what we believe. Best regards, at least it's not warmest regards, Lee Jones, PokerStars Head of Communication. So, we break this down piece by piece. The part about why the police were not called when they said they were. This is either a cover-up or gross incompetence, and I'm pretty sure it's cover-up. Anyone with half a brain should have realized that the hotel was likely covering this up given their ever-changing stories and, and claims of mysteriously malfunctioning cameras. So, poker stars should not be claiming that they trusted the hotel to call the authorities and they didn't bother to follow up. I mean, here, here their head of live security is watching the hotel change story after story after story, and yet he still trusts them to call the police, and he still never follows up that they actually did? Right. It's crazy. There's no chance that that, that that happened. There's no chance that they trust the hotel to call the police after all the other lies they saw them peddle. You, yeah, you watch or, someone... Or, do you th- or, like, why would they wait until they come all the way back to the Isle of Man and then call the police? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and furthermore, Lee does not explain why they never questioned the hotel's failure to call the police. Lee's only statement about the matter is... Well, we don't know why the hotel didn't do so, but we deeply regret our failure at the time to follow through and ensure that it did. Okay, forget your regrets. Let's look at it today. Have you called the Barcelona Arts Management and said, hey, why didn't you call the police? He said you would. How come they're not asking for that answer? How come they are not curious about that answer? Oh, we don't know. Uh, We don't know. Uh, You just didn't call, huh? Uh, I don't know. They didn't call. Like... They, they can't make one phone call to the management there, to the hotel, and say, why didn't you call the police when you promised you would? That, for some reason, this is not interesting to them to find out? They just, they're just happy with not knowing? That, that's a ludicrous statement. So, after realizing the hotel never called the police, which they came to understand back in September, they never bothered to ask the hotel what happened. That seems unlikely, especially given how much business poker stars have steered their way and how much influence they obviously have. Now... Let's talk about their liability and responsibility in these type of situations. Uh, again, the Isle of Man police should not have been involved. Unless it involves a Poker Stars employee, which they're swearing it doesn't. Uh, the crime did not occur in the Isle of Man. Jens is not a citizen from, of the Isle of Man. Just because Poker Stars happens to be located there, that doesn't mean that this crime should be reported to the Isle of Man police, because this crime occurred in Spain against a Finnish resident. This crime may have eventually taken place on Poker Stars had Jens not caught this Trojan, but he did catch it, so Poker Stars was never involved. You, you can't even infer for sure that this was to be used on Poker Stars. And we know it would be, but, but even if the criminals were caught here, if the only evidence was that they put a Trojan on his computer, it couldn't be proven that they were necessarily going to be watching him play on Poker Stars. Maybe they want to watch him play on uh, some other network, on Party Poker. You know, they, they they can't say 
it had to do with poker stars. They they had not done this to poker stars yet, because Jens did not play on that computer after catching this. So the Isle of Man police had no jurisdiction over this whatsoever, and, and indeed, even Lee admits they forwarded this on to another country. So why go to the Isle of Man police? But even worse, it's really crappy that Lee is hiding behind the what we're legally required to do excuse rather than what is right and what is proper for protecting their own customers. This is especially true because PokerStars actually worsened the situation by initially taking the hotel's side, you know, by, by sitting here with the security people and trying to bully Jens into saying he was his roommate, probably. And, uh, and then when that didn't go over, and when it was proven it wasn't his, proven it wasn't his roommate, um, then PokerStars tells him that they're investigating and taking care of the matter, you can go home. If PokerStars never got involved, let's say PokerStars said, sorry, we'd like to get involved, but we don't do this. Handle it yourself. Which would have been crappy, but better than what they did. If they never got involved, Jens would not have left Barcelona with the same false belief that it was being handled. And he would have handled it himself. If PokerStars said, duh, we're staying out of this one, then Jens would have said, alright, I'll call the police. But Stars, what they've done is they got involved, they hindered the investigation... And now they're throwing up their hands at this point and saying we don't have to get involved. They already did get involved. They hindered the investigation. Now they're claiming they were doing him a favor with their involvement in the first place when all they did was make things worse, and now they want to give up. You can't get involved and then say we didn't have to get involved, we don't want to get involved. You got involved, you made things worse, you are involved. Okay, let's talk about the allegations of the PokerStar staff Involvement in the fraud here. I agree it's likely that nobody at PokerStars was in on this, but they were definitely complicit in covering up, likely to preserve their ability to continue holding their event at, at the uh, Barcelona Arts in future years. It's not I don't out- know. I mean, you, you don't think there's a, g- a good chance someone at PokerStars internally? Well, how would they know to target his room and who he was? Well, out of all the hotel rooms in the in the place. Well, okay. My guess, if I had to take a guess as to what happened here, is that some Spanish players. Now, now you can't play po- Spanish players. I don't think can play with other Poker Stars players. I think it's segregated, like Poker Stars Spain. Uh, but if I had to guess, I, I would think that some criminals who are used to doing this to other players, to installing Trojans on there. Uh, contacted some corrupt people at the Barcelona Arts and cut a deal with them. Like, if you do this, we'll pay you such and such money for this, if for your cooperation here. And there's a lot of corruption in Barcelona to where that's, you know, you, you walk into a nice U.S. hotel and suggest this, most times you're going to get reported to the police instantly. In Barcelona, it's not the same thing. Everybody has a price there. Not everybody, but a lot of people have a price there. So it's very possible that career criminals who uh, who do this who target high-stakes poker players and maybe even follow them around on poker tours. Uh, you know, th- maybe they were targeting Barcelona knowing that there would be likely cooperative employees. And uh, that would be my guess. But is it possible poker stars had players inv- uh, their, their employees involved? Yes. In fact, let's say, for argument's sake, one of poker stars' employees was involved in this, but nobody knew yet besides poker stars. How would they act? Well, I think kind of like this. Really sketchy, really contradictory, and trying to cover this up as much as possible. So, they're obviously covering up something here. Maybe it's protecting one of their own. Maybe it's protecting the Barcelona Arts and its reputation so they can repeat this event next year. But they're covering something up. 
So it, it truthfully doesn't matter. I don't I don't care if it's the PokerStars live security manager covering up his own misdeeds or if he's covering up the misdeeds of others to let them get away with it. Yeah, because I don't see them leaving without, especially saying the police have been contacted twice. I don't see them leaving there without, you know, having the police contacted unless it was one of their own. That's just it. Just looks that well. Way. If, if they if if they got pressure from the Barcelona Arts, let's say the Barcelona Arts come to them and say, "Look, Poker Stars, uh, we've got a problem here. We had some. Uh, we don't want this word getting out about this. This is an unfortunate situation." We don't want word getting out about this because it's going to hurt our hotel. If you want to continue holding this EPT here, you find a way to make this go away. You you find a way to shut this guy up. And Poker says, like, uh, I don't know. They, nope, you better do it. Okay, fine. We'll shut this guy up. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it up for you. Okay. And so it could have been something like that, where they were threatening PokerStars they're going to pull this whole event, and PokerStars got greedy and said, we don't want this event being pulled. We want to have this event. And... Poker stars agreed to help cover it up. Something like that. These are just speculations, but that would be a motivation for them covering it up. Or just poker stars realizing that if they admit that the hotel was in on this, or if an investigation is actually done by the police and it implicates hotel employees, then they will be under tremendous pressure not to have this event again at Barcelona Arts, and maybe they won't be able to find another suitable venue, and this EPT will be gone in Barcelona. PokerStars is definitely trying to protect the EPT Barcelona and maybe also trying to protect their own employee. So, or at the very least, protect their own reputation because their own employee did it. But I'm still leaning on the side that protecting the Barcelona Arts reputation, knowing that they're guilty because they want to continue with the EPT. That's just my guess here. Right. So, that's still obstruction of justice. That's actually a crime. They're they're, they're definitely engaging in obstruction of justice. Here, so I, I don't care which crime that their PokerStars live security manager engaged in. If it was obstruction of justice or if it was actually involvement in the crime itself, it's still a crime either way. And uh, I would love to see this guy criminally charged. And by the way, I'm going to name him very shortly. We we know who he is. We think. Now the whole thing about what they're doing to risk reduce the risk of this happening in the future. I mean, brochures investigate fraud on their site. I mean, they're, they're already investigating fraud on their site. And brochures aren't going to matter. I mean, so they give out brochures saying, watch out for your laptop. So so there will be some people who bring some sort of case you can lock. And uh, most people won't. It's one of these things you tell a large group of people to do something for safety reasons. You'll always have some percentage, a large percentage often, that won't. Hey, I got a question for you about this. these USB sticks. I don't know much about these. Um... How long does somebody does somebody have to like open your laptop and actually get into it, or do they just plug it in, like leave it in for a couple of seconds and then pull it out? No, no, no. It, the computer has to be on. It has to be on and booted up. Okay. So, so it has that... to load software on there. Now, now, the, now the USB stick can be configured to automatically boot and run a program, and and, and things like that. Right. But it, but it, it, sometimes you can even boot from the USB stick directly and and, and uh, make it quicker. There's there's various ways to do it. But you can't do it to a compu- completely off computer. The computer has to at least be powered on. Now, let's say, like, now this type of software, let's say, you know, you're, you're a poker player and you're playing on your laptop and, you know, you're talking to somebody on, like, Skype or, let's say, Skype, and they they send you, like, a, um, I don't know, just any link, a link to a picture or something, and you click the link. I mean, could that 
put something like this on your computer? Or does it, or would you see like, you know how you usually get a download pop up? Would it show it? Yeah, well, if, if it's a file sent on Skype, um, you'll see, I, I don't know exactly how Skype would handle like if an executable was sent. Like, they couldn't hide it in a JPEG. Like, if I, if I send a JPEG to you and you open the picture and it's really a picture, then there's, right. there's nothing dangerous of it. Now, if you click on it and nothing happens, then you right. have to be suspicious because then maybe they found a way to hide an executable program in the form of a picture. And, of course, since there's really no picture attached to it, then you, it'll appear to be like a non-working picture. And that's an old trick people used to use on AIM to, to get key right. loggers. They would, uh, um, th- that Steve the Pimp guy who used to post on Everyone Poker, that was his favorite trick. He would talk to people on AIM uh, like pretending to be other people that were known and trusted. And right. would say, hey, you want to see this, uh, this picture of this hot chick I'm dating? And they say, oh, yeah, sure. They send a picture of uh, you know, Jennifer015.jpg. Uh, and you, you click on it, and it's actually jennifer015.jpg.exe, and you don't really notice. So you click on it, it runs the Trojan, and you go, nothing came up. Oh, really? Oh, I guess the picture must be fucked up. Hey, I'll, I'll get back to you later on. And then you make small talk for a little bit, then you close AIM, and the person's got a keylogger on it. Like this, this was done successfully to victimize poker pros in the past. So this is just another form of it, except you don't have to trick anyone to do anything. You can just break in their room and install the, uh, the USB, uh, using the USB port on the computer, but it's amazing that Lee Jones is saying that the measures they're taking to prevent this in the future are investigating fraud on their own site, handing out brochures at the EPT about computer security, and uh, compiling a list of likely suspects of, of who do this sort of thing and, and giving it to law enforcement agencies, which we, we see how well that worked out here. Uh, notice the one thing they don't say. Hey, Druff, I'm breaking up. Is there? Can you call me back? Yeah, you sound fine to me, but I can call you back if you like. Okay. So let me try to reconnect uh, China Maniac through Skype. And then I'll make my final points about this before we move on. Right. Hopefully right. this is better. So the one thing they don't say, and this is what's really getting me pissed off, they're not saying that they are ending their relationship with the EPT Barcelona. Notice that was not anywhere part of the emails to Jens. Notice this had did not appear anywhere in Lee Jonah's statements. Nothing. They have not made one statement of, hey, we're done with this hotel. Next year we're going to be somewhere different. And they can even say that without directly accusing the hotel. Like If they don't want to be liable for accusations against the hotel that have not been proven in the court of law, I can understand that from a legal standpoint why you don't want to say that even if you believe it's true. But you could say um, in order to make players feel better we will be moving the venue next year. You're allowed to say that. That's not accusing them of being crooks. That's just saying we're moving somewhere else to to, um, getting a fresh start elsewhere. They're not saying that. People keep asking them, is it coming back to the Barcelona Arts in 2014? And they will not answer. And there's a reason for it. Um... Think about if you have a friend who's dating a girl that you hate and you're always bugging him to break up with her. Well, let's say he has a big fight with her and you ask him, well, now that this happened, are you going to break up with her? If he's intending to break up with her, he will tell you because he knows you're going to be thrilled to hear that. He knows you're going to pat him on the back endlessly for finally breaking up with her that you've been begging him to do all this time. But if he's not going to break up with her, and he knows that's going to disappoint you and get you frustrated, then he will not answer the question. 
he will try to find a way to avoid the question because he doesn't want to admit to you that he's still not going to break up with her because that's not the answer you want to hear. Similarly, they are not going to break up with the Barcelona Arts. And they just don't want to answer it. They don't want to say right now we're coming back because there's no reason to. They don't, they're not going to be back there till September. There's no reason to highlight that right now. But they don't want to say that they're not because they probably are. And they, they're not even saying we're considering a new venue. They're not touching the question. And the reason they're not touching the question is because the answer is going to piss everybody off. And that answer is, yes, we're coming back. F you. We don't care about what happened. We're coming back anyway. We don't care that it looks very much like the Barcelona Arts employees were in on breaking into rooms and installing Trojans on laptops of our high limit players. We're coming back anyway because it makes us a lot of money. And that, unfortunately, is the real character of Poker Stars. At the very, very least, if you want to defend Poker Stars, some people are saying, well, it was Jen's responsibility to call the police. He shouldn't have had Poker Stars do it. Or, you know, a lot of different excuses on Poker Stars' side some people are giving. But ask yourself this if you're still defending Poker Stars, why have they not decided to terminate their relationship? with the Barcelona Arts, even just for the not calling the police when they promise they will, even just the, just that by itself should be yeah, reason the, to terminate. The, it looks like the Barcelona Arts might have something on them. Yeah, so it could be that too. So I also remember something else, nothing to do with Poker Stars, but I was close with some skin operators of the CryptoLogic Network back in the mid-2000s, which uh, the CryptoLogic Network dropped out of the U.S. market in... 2006 after the UIGEA and I think it, the network is gone now uh, but at one time it had Inner Poker, Sun Poker, William Hill um, Betfair a lot of big names that uh, you know today so that was just like one network kind of like the merge network right. just had a bunch of different skins right okay. right and and the, the flagship of the network was Inner Poker I, I was close with a few of the skin operators, especially Sun Poker, but, but a few of the others, too. I, I had accounts on a number of different skins, and I, I got to know the owners and management of this, of this network, and, and uh, they told me a lot of things. They had a yearly tournament in St. Kitts. They called it the Caribbean Poker Classic. I actually finished fourth there the first year I played it in 05. And they had a contract, a multi-year contract with the Royal Beach Casino in St. Kitts. And I remember talking to them about it, and I remember the Royal Beach Casino in St. Kitts was okay. I mean, I don't have that many complaints about the place, but it did have some service issues, and you know, I was talking about that with some of the higher-ups at CryptoLogic, and, and they said, well, w- when our contract ends with them, we're going to reevaluate it, but we've got one more year here. They're telling me they'd already prepaid for, not prepaid, but had a contract that covered several years. And that when those years were over, then they decided they want to come back. The reason I'm bringing this up is that it's very possible Poker Stars has a multi-year contract with the arts, and that if they break it, there's some sort of consequence. And that's true too. Yeah, they're probably afraid. Now, if they're a reputable company, they they should break it anyway and say we've got deep pockets. Uh, we'll we have lawyers. We'll we'll fight them if they dare try to sue us for this. Uh, but. Poker Stars doesn't want to do that. It's to Poker Stars' benefit and to the arts' benefit to continue business as usual and return next year. Everybody makes a lot of money from this. So the only people who lose if they return next year are the people who are victimized by these criminals who are apparently assisted by the hotel and maybe even Poker Stars. So that's why I'm sure 
some form of this is why they are trying to cover this up and why they will make no comment about why they won't terminate their uh, their association with the arts is that they feel it will be too expensive to do so. But that's that's the responsible behavior. You don't bring players back into that environment. It's not like you can arrest one or two people and it's all better. This apparently is an institutional-wide problem. The whole hotel is covering it up. This is a place you don't want to bring your players back to. It's dangerous for them. And what about these weird phone calls about... Uh, uh, your taxis here. Do you want to make business? I mean, ma- imagine getting these calls in addition to getting your laptop tampered with. Yeah, and, it's crazy. I, I think they were trying to scare the guy. I think they're trying to make him really scared that criminals are going to hurt him if he continues to press the matter. I think that's the way they were saying it without directly saying it. Where where yep. they think if he's getting strange phone calls about do you want to make business. About what? About the women. Like, like if he gets these really weird cryptic phone calls, he's going to get terrified and say, I don't want to screw with these, these badass criminals here. They're going to kill me. So, like, how can you bring your players back to a hotel that does stuff like that? How? And, and it, he wasn't the only victim. This Zero Human Zero guy was. Jen's roommate was. How can you bring your players back to that hotel? And I think they're going to. And so who is this life security manager? We keep talking about him, but what is his name? Well, Jens, as we already revealed, is Finnish. So it's kind of ironic that the security manager of PokerStars is P.K. Finney. (laughs) That's his name. I don't know what the P.K. stands for, but his name is P.K. Finney. This was uncovered not by me, but by Haley Hintz, a great investigative poker journalist. P.K. Finney is his name. If you look him up, on Google, you will find his LinkedIn. On his LinkedIn, you will see it says the following. There's no picture of him. I've tried to find a picture of P.K. Finney. You, no picture of the guy. But his name is P.K. Finney. His current job, according to LinkedIn, is security manager live events worldwide at, poker, at PokerStars.com. Sounds like what we're talking about here. And he's held the job since April 2011. Prior to that... He was the director of surveillance at the Sheraton Cairo, director of the Casino Surveillance Department. Uh, he is the member of the International Association of Association. Uh, inter, let's try that again. International Association of Casino Security, and he claims he's a specialist professional, or he claims, or it is a specialist professional association, as the only global casino intelligence network of, of its kind. He was a security and surveillance manager at Genting Casinos from February 02 to November 09, almost eight years. He was the security and surveillance manager at Crockford's, more specifically. Now, where have you heard Crockford's before? I I wonder if he was... uh, Apparently, this guy... Actually, this guy probably was working there when Ivy was there. (laughs) This is the place that that, uh, is in the lawsuit with Phil Ivy, so this guy has a connection to that. Now, he supposedly left before that in November 09, but still, I mean, uh, and he must have he must have trained the people that were working there yeah. when Phil was there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he probably did. This guy seems to have his hand in everything controversial in poker these days. And then um, he was a CSO. I don't know what that stands for. Something security officer at Gala Casinos from December 2000 to February 02. And uh, the funniest thing. It says, this is his title, P.K. Finney, S.A.C. Dip. Now, I'll agree from these descriptions, the guy does sound like a dip. 
But uh, <laughs> what is what is peak? What does SAC dip mean? Well, one of our UK guys figured this out. Actually, he Googled it too. I guess I can't give credit for this, but Haley Hinson Belly Buster. Belly Buster is actually the administrator of the No Fraud Online Poker Room that some of you are playing on right now. They have figured out that SAC Dip is not some sort of overly impressive title. It's the Stonebridge Associated Colleges Diploma. What is Stonebridge Associated Colleges? That's the UK version of Phoenix University in the U.S., it's uh, it's pretty much the lowest rent correspondence cor- qualification course you can get. Uh, so think about like a really really bad like mail order college course or college, and that's what Stonebridge Associated College is, is in the UK. That's what PK Finney went to, <laughs> and yet he lists that as his title: PK Finney SAC Dip. And that's the guy they have working live events. For poker stars, but hey, I mean the guy's doing a bang up job covering this up. I'll give him that. So that's that's who sent Jens home, telling him they've got this. That's who told Lee Jones twice, not just once, but twice, that the police were called when they weren't. This dip is the one who did that. PK Finney. No point to cover up his name anymore. So this is a freaking mess. Uh I don't think Stars is gonna make any more statements on this. But look, I hope Stars never gets licensed in the U.S. For after reading this whole thing. They are really, really, really shady. Just because they're not as shady as Full Tilt was, just because they're not as shady as UB was, just because they're smarter and didn't blow all the money, doesn't mean that they're honest. It just means they're the least dishonest of all the once illegally operating in the U.S. poker sites. Do they have great software? Definitely. Do they have pretty intelligent support reps? Yes. Do they? Uh, are they good business people? Definitely. There's a lot to admire about poker stars, but not their ethics. And for that reason, I don't want to see them in the U.S. market, because I, I don't trust them. I especially don't trust them. Now, you may say, okay, maybe this is one slip-up. Maybe they screw this one up, but they've been operating for over 11 years. Cut them some slack. Everybody makes mistakes. Well, there's been a lot more mistakes than just this. There was the FPP fiasco, where when they paid out the FPPs, which were promoted as rakebacks, so these weren't just promotional points, they promoted them as rakeback, worth real money, worth 1.6 cents each. Not only did they pay those out as a lesser rate after Black Friday, but they inexplicably kept anywhere between 1 and 24.99 FPPs in each account for no good reason, just because they could. They just kept it, as you knew if you went to go cash out your FPPs after Black Friday. If you've ever seen Superman 3 or Office Space, you see how much that could add up to when you multiply that by hundreds of thousands or millions of real money users on the site. Uh, then, there was the Peachy Murr situation. Peachy Murr, who is a pro that they accepted as a PokerStars pro without really properly vetting her, then it turned out that she was not what she claimed to be, and in fact, she was multi-accounting during tournaments, or shall I say not really multi-accounting, but sharing her account, where she got deep in a tournament, and her boyfriend took over for her, a boyfriend who was a much better player than she was. He took over, she finished like second, she won a big six-figure cash, that was all her boyfriend in the later stages. PokerStars knew this, and instead of saying, okay, we're going to disqualify her as a PokerStars pro, they said, oh yeah, that was fine, because it was an emergency. 
wouldn't say what kind of an emergency, but they, they suddenly claimed that if you have an emergency, it's okay to let someone else take over your account on PokerStars during a tournament. And then that rule was quickly abandoned again once the controversy died down. That was shady. Uh, how about the situation this year at the PCA? Where they changed the rules at their Zoom tournament. One of our members, PLOL, was in that tournament. It was a $1,000 tournament. They changed the rules at the very end for where the people entering at the end had a huge advantage over everybody else who had entered, and not surprisingly, most of them finished in the money, including the person who won the whole thing. So instead of just taking those people out of the prize computation, letting them keep the money, because it was PokerStar's mistake, and then taking them out and recomputing the other prizes for everybody else and paying them accordingly, they just gave an extra min cash to everybody. So for example, if you should have finished first, but finished second because of this unfair advantage that they gave people, instead of awarding you first, they just gave you second plus a min cash. So people got screwed for thousands of dollars. And keep in mind, to make this whole situation right, it would have been less than 40k, which is a drop in the bucket to them. So they didn't make that right there. And again, in the poker star, in the two plus two thread about it, and the uh, there's a thread on Poker Fraud Alert about it too. But in the two plus two thread about it, they tried to answer it first, and then when their answers weren't going over well, they just abandoned the thread, like they always seem to do in these spots. So Poker Stars has shown a pattern of selfish behavior, very selfish behavior. They try to pretend that they're honest. They try to pretend that they're ethical. And it's easy to confuse a site as being ethical when they're the most ethical of all the currently unethical sites that you're dealing with. When they're the least of all the evils, when they write to you very well, when they have intelligent people dealing with you, it's easy to confuse that with honesty. But well-spokenness, intelligence, does not equal honesty. Right. They always come up with a, you know, well-written response and, you know, they try to come up with the, you know, the the reason that sounds right, you know, yeah. and pe- people, like you said, they just like, oh, it's poker stars. They made the right choice. Yeah. And, and look, Bernie Madoff was very charismatic and intelligent. There's no question, but he was one of the biggest scammers of all time. So uh, I'm not saying that poker stars is Bernie Madoff, but I'm saying that they are not an honest company. They are not an ethical company. They are extremely selfish. They're not outright scammers. They're not looking to scam you. They're not looking to steal from you. But they will let you be stolen from if it means that the that doing something about it will hurt their reputation. If, if they need to protect an interest of theirs, they will do that over preventing you from being stolen from. They'll be happy to let you get stolen from at their own event... And they're happy to let it happen again as long as it keeps putting money in their pocket. And, you know, let me tell you something. If I was running PokerStars, if I was the PokerStars CEO or whatever, and this happened, let's say it wasn't my employee who was responsible, but make sure, let's say I pretty much determined the Barcelona Arch was responsible for this. I, I wouldn't bring my players back there. I would say I feel shitty bringing my players back here to be victimized again. I would say, I don't care what they try to do. I'm not coming back to the Barcelona Arts. This is it. I'm dropping out. I'm gone. So that's what I would do. And not only that, I would compensate people like Jens who are victimized in this way 
and who were dealt with very poorly and dealt with very dishonestly. I think Jens deserves some sort of settlement from PokerStars for all that he's been through, even though he wasn't directly cheated. For all he's been through, give him some settlement. Give the other people who were stolen from some settlement. Make yourselves look classy. And then say, hey, we're moving hotels. You don't have to say Barcelona arts are crooks. You can just say, we didn't handle this perfectly. We're going to give a token settlement to some people who, who suffered from this. And we're going to move hotels and get a fresh start next year. Everyone would be thrilled. Caller, you're on the air. Who the fuck cares? Hello? Yeah. Truff. Yeah. It's Weiss. Weiss, hello. What's up, man? I was just wondering if you were going to talk about anything cool tonight, or should I go to bed? Uh, well, you can look at the agenda and see if you find it cool. Everybody's opinion of what's cool depends, you know, it varies from one person to another. This is like a two-hour topic, man. You're like a fucking pastor. Well, that happens sometimes. You know, when when, there, when I feel passionate about a topic and there's a lot to say about it, 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 it can take a while on the show. But the good thing is, uh, if the good thing, hold on, you, what you can do is you can download it tomorrow and just skip past all this to the cool stuff. You sound like you've been chugging Red Bulls with Judong for the past three hours. You got a lot of lot of lot of zip in your your words about this. Well, all right. I, I guess it's good I have enthusiasm for my own radio show. You do. You're pretty fired up. Poker yep. stars. Well, I am. I, you know, That's I just... I, I, the reason I get fired up, to be honest, is I just... I'm just so tired of all the shadiness in online poker. I'm just so tired of it. I'm just... When I, I, I read these stories and... And, and I'm also so tired of everyone defending poker stars as being angels, because they're not. And that's, it just bothers me. It just pisses me off. Even though I can't play there anymore, it pisses me off. But you wish you could. Uh, to be honest, after reading this, I really don't. I mean, uh, Where do would I, you play? I don't know. I, mean, I don't even play online poker anymore. I know, but I'm saying if you had a choice, where would you play? Uh, prior to this, I, I mean, mean it's I, we're, much honestly, the site, the well, most profitable site. No, I don't know about that. They're the biggest site, and they're the best run site. But as far as the most profitable, the sites I made the most money on in my poker career was, was not Poker Stars or Full Tilt. It was some of these off the beaten path sites where a lot of the pros didn't know they existed, and I was able to beat a lot of donkeys because it was just me and the donkeys. I have a question for you about online poker. Sure. So I'm in Pennsylvania for the next week, and I've been seeing all these commercials about, like, uh, I think the site's called, like, View Poker or something. You know what I'm talking about? It's, like, Legal, New Jersey. I think it's called You Poker. They, oh, ult- ultimate poker. Are you like, talking about the Ultimate Poker? Yeah, it looks just like it. Is it the same company? Yeah, it's the same company. They have a presence in New Jersey. And uh, WSOP.com is there too, and uh, there's there's a number of sites in New Jersey, and they're doing better than the Nevada sites because New Jersey has a bigger population. So, uh, you know, the good thing is they're regulated, so they're not going to run off with your money. But that's what I was going to ask. They're, they're regulated, but are they owned by the same people or the same at least group of people that cheated everybody? No, or you're asking is Ultimate Poker the same as Ultimate Bet? And the answer is no. It's completely different. They're they're owned by Station Casinos. Because that was the same type of logo, you know, that, that U with the red circle. Yeah, they, they, you know, a lot of people criticize that, and they claim the reason they did it was because they're... Recognition? They're associated with the Ultimate Fighting League. So they they wanted to have some tie-ins with that, 
and they didn't really think about the consequence. But it's kind of funny if you go to ultimatepoker.com or if you look at who once owned that, if you look this up online, it was actually once owned by UB. But they, other than that, and other than at one point, Iovation, which is the uh, company owned by one of the UB cheaters, other than them once doing the identity verification over there, which they supposedly stopped, they have nothing to do with UB. They're totally different owners. It's just a, a coincidence that the name is similar. So, can we call some porn stars or something, or what's going on? <laughs> I don't. I don't have any numbers of, of, of porn stars. We're not. We're not doing that here tonight. But uh, you know, if you want to give me one, I'll call. Okay, I'll find one. Uh, how do I text you? Uh, you know, just uh, if you go in the chat room on the site, can you do that? Yeah, I've been complaining about you for the past fifteen minutes. Oh, you didn't see that? A, no, I, I wasn't looking. But uh, if, if you if you want to, oh, by the way, Weiser, are you still doing pills, or is that kind of in your past? No, I'm done, man. I've been clean since October eighth, two thousand ten. You know, uh, I I actually was doing pills the last two weeks. I'll be honest. I remember you used to take Vicodin for your headache. No, no, I've taken way more Vicodin in the last two weeks than I have uh, at any point in my life. Oh, congratulations! How's that going? Uh, it's 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 going great. In fact, I took a Vicodin before this show. I can tell you sound like you're fucking ready to go around a Kenyan marathon. Maybe, maybe I should do that. Maybe that should be my new career now that I'm not playing online poker. This white man on the Yeah. Yeah, it's wise, but no. I'm, I'm uh, to be honest, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just uh, just sitting on my Jew money and hoping online poker returns. Stay at home, father. I like that. Really yeah. domesticated. Yeah. Up. Oh, I think we lost Weisman. Yeah. No. No. He's he's here. He's just gone quiet. Weisman, you here? Weisman, hello. Yeah. Okay. You just kind of zoned out there for a second. So, yeah, uh, I, I actually have been doing a lot of Vicodins uh, and a lot of Advil too. I'm having some dental pain, and it's it's a lot it's, of Advil. You're living on the edge these days. I Vicodin am, and Advil uh, together. Vicodin and Advil. I, t- I took four Advil and, and a Vicodin before this show. No kidding. Really? Yeah. So, can we call some porn stars or something? Or is this show all about poker? I haven't listened to your show in a while. I haven't been around. You know, it depends on the week. Some weeks are more poker-centric than others. Uh, this week, uh, because this topic came up and it, it, I found it very interesting, I put a lot into this topic. But some weeks it's not like this. It depends from week to week. This is weird. On Skype it says there's a problem with this call. Hold on while we try to get the call back. But you're here, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, what uh, China Maniac just dropped though. That's weird. Let me try to get him back on. Hmm. Yeah, Skype is a, it's a mess. All right, well, that's all I got. I was about to go to bed. I just kind of wanted to jerk off to your voice. And oh, you, you can still do that. Clear over the radio. Well, I'm going to change topic. We're done with the topic, and and China Maniac's gone for whatever reason. So yeah, I know it's after midnight there in Pennsylvania. So. What you can do is yes, you can just just leave the radio on. I will try to not talk about poker stars anymore, and then you can successfully jerk off to my voice, and hopefully that will put you to sleep. All right, I'm back. Is Alvin Finkelstein still alive? Yeah, Alvin Finkelstein is still around, and, and so is Colonel Fabersham. In fact, Colonel Fabersham, really? Colonel Fabersham actually made a call for me to get me through to a front desk to a hotel that would refuse to put me through to the front desk as, as myself. So Colonel Fabersham called back and got through, and I appreciated that. True story. 
Are you uh, are you getting into bitcoins yet? Have you MyCon? Well, uh, well, no, me and MyCon aren't. Too, we're, 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 no, we're not consulting on anything. We're not friends anymore. But uh, uh, bitcoins, they're they're not doing very well today. They, What's the number at? It's at uh, seven thirteen right now. Man, I have six of them. Well, the, I'll give them to you for three k. I'll take it for 3K. I'll be happy to take All those. All right, you send, you send first. Let's consult the audience on whether they think I should send first. I think that they would agree. There, that was the audience response. Oh, boy, that was very Mykonish of you. Yeah, well, no, we're talking about I was Bitcoin. just really bored. I haven't called in in a while. I just wanted to say what's up. I hope you're doing well. Everyone in the chat seems to think I'm on pills, but yeah, whatever. Well, they, okay, good job. They seem to think that, but okay. You know, Weissman, if you ever come out to to Las Vegas, you can let me know. Maybe we can finally meet in person one day. Is that where you're, is that where you're living nowadays? In well, Vegas, I, I, I'm all still commuting back and forth. I, I'm all I'm all over the place at secret locations. But you, you come to Vegas, I'll be there. Secret locations? Are you kidding me? What are you, Area Fifty One? It could be there too. <laughs> All right, Josh, man. I haven't been on in a while. Just wanted to call in, say what's up, let everyone know they all fucking suck. That's all I got. All right, beautiful. Thank you for the call, Weiss. Later, Josh. That was Weiss, man, a, a longtime uh, member of our community. Not always an upstanding member, but a longtime member, and. Uh, no. And like I was saying before, you you two, the only two out of towners that have I think that I've met up with that have come to Boston and I've taken you guys both to the same pizza place. Oh wow, interesting! I didn't know he went to the same pizza place. You know, it's funny that uh, what's the name of this pizza place? Because my girlfriend was just asking me what uh, uh, San, San, Santarpios. Santarpios. Not, not that we're going back to Boston anytime soon, but she really liked that place. And I said, no, I agree. I wish I wish they had it around here. But uh, you know, the East Coast is superior for pizza. Caller, you're on the air. This person doesn't sound ready to talk. Call your hello. Here. Yeah, hello. Hello. Yes. Yeah, how's it going there? Uh, I got to listen to your show there, and uh, you said you had mentioned my product a couple weeks ago. And there might be some misunderstanding or some uh, misinformation out about my product. I'd like to just clarify something for you. Okay, before we continue, uh, who are you and what product am I talking about? Yeah, my name's Charles White, and I uh, represent Poker Pills. Oh really? Okay. I, I I I hope this is a real call. So okay, your you, your name is Charles what? Charles White. Charles White. Okay, and you Charles represent White. you represent Poker Pills. I did talk about Poker Pills on this show. Uh, it was a little while ago, <laughs> but, but we'll we'll revisit the subject. So let, let me try to bring up your website. So what would you like to say about Poker Pills that I got wrong in my uh, well, that's description? The thing. I, I don't know exactly what you said. You just told me that you were uh, some misinformation, some misunderstanding. I was wondering if I can call on your, your show here and uh, clarify that up for you. Okay, okay. So, so I'm on the Poker Pills website, and I, I, you know, I don't like giving free advertising on the show, but what the hell? It's a PokerPills.net where you can take a pill and and be better at poker. So, you describe in your own words, since this is your product, do you actually own PokerPills.net? Yeah, I own PokerPills. You own part of it. Okay. So, so you explain in your own words what Poker Pills is. Well, it's just a herbal essence that uh, that's going to help you play better poker. It's going to 
increase your concentration, your blood flow, and that you're leaving. Everything's going to get better, man. This is a guaranteed fix. But how is it a guaranteed fix? How, how do you know it's making you better at poker? Even if you, you if feel you go it... Ahead and, if you go ahead and go on our website, you can see that we got posts and the tips. We got Daniel on there. We got Doyle saying a couple things. And, and you might also learn a couple things from there and increase your poker game that way. Well, okay, but that's, that, that was actually one of the things I mentioned when I looked at this site and covered it on the show. I see tips from the pros, and I see that uh, Sam Yeah, Trickett, did that help you out at all? Yeah, I see Sam Trickett is giving a tip, but... I'm not understanding if you just put tips from the pros there. That has nothing to do with poker pills. You just grab tips from the pros and slap them on your website. That has nothing to do with pills, right? Well, that's not exactly true. We uh, we consulted with a few of ours, and we, we didn't like what they had to say, so we just went ahead and took, uh, to be honest with you, we just went ahead and took what Daniel and Hoyle told us. And we went away. Before you... I'm sorry. The, the, the audience thought that was something that was funny there. But, okay, go on. We get our ingredients of poker pills from Europe, best ingredients that we can find, and then we, we put them in a pill for you. And you can't just take this vitamin once or twice. You need to take it for a couple of months, and it builds up in your system. And then you'll start seeing results. I see. So, so now, now if, you know, what is, noticed, what is in the pills? Stuff. Yeah, what, what's, what, what's what in the pills? In the pills? What, what's in them? What's, what's the magical well, ingredient? That's a, that's, a, that's a trade secret. But I noticed that on, on, your, on your forum there that you didn't have any sponsorships, and I was wondering if you'd like to be part of the Poker Pills family. <laughs> well, you know, maybe if you could send me some, some clinical test results, I'll consider it. I see you guys got a free roll going right now. Maybe we can have a Poker Pills invitational where everybody's invited. But you know what I'm saying? I can donate something to the show. I'll donate a free year supply of Poker Pills, damn it. So, so you, you think maybe for fifth place instead, you know, like fourth place gets five dollars tonight. You're saying fifth place maybe should be a year supply of poker pills. Hell, if you got people finishing that low, and they all need poker pills. <laughs> if you maybe. want to increase your game, I mean, I know I, I, from what I understand, my friend who listened to your show said you were real good at once. So maybe you need a little bit of help to bring your game back up to where it was. All right, you don't have to. Uh, keep eating the the bot over there at the, at the casino. Yeah, I understand. Try to become seven star. All right, all right. Uh, so thank you, thank you, Charles, for your call about poker pills. I, obviously, this is a level. I was just letting the guy go on. Obviously, this is not the real owner of poker pills, but uh, I, I, I give the guy credit for paying attention to the segment that I did on it. And yeah, he, he referred to the fact that I made fun of the fact that poker pros were on there giving tips when they had nothing to do with the product. I mean, I, I give the guy credit. It, it, it started to bridge into the ridiculous. To where it was clearly a level, but it was, you know, it was okay. For a moment, I thought maybe it was really the owner of Poker Pills until uh, it clearly became a joke. So, good call. Uh, someone saying fake Southern accent. The call came from Florida, in an area of Florida that you'd expect a, a Southern accent. So, I think the accent was real, unless it was a fake phone number. Who knows? Yeah, it was. It wasn't too southern, but it, it yeah. had a little southern. It kind of sounded like Northern Florida to me. I think that was the area code, from what I remember. But anyway, good call, whoever you were. So, uh, moving on to our next topic, PayPal. PayPal, which I use, I actually was banned from PayPal for a while, but uh, I got back on I'll, there. I'm in that camp right now. Oh, you're banned right now. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you because I was banned for years. But uh, anyway, I, I was banned. But I, I came back not because I forgave them or thought they were wonderful, but I, I just said, you know, I, it, it was crappy how they banned me. But at the same time, it's hard to 
not have PayPal, especially running a site like this. It just it makes so many transactions easier. So since I I was annoyed with them but didn't have like a, a intense hatred for them, so I said, all right, I'll I'll just let it go and come back to PayPal. So I did. Uh, how did you get back? That's what I need to uh, know. Time. Because... Just time passed and then and all the changes they went through between then. This ba- this band went back to 01, so they've had a lot of changes between then and when I rejoined like in 09 or whatever. So I, I didn't exactly ask to come back. I was just never re-banned. Yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get to my PayPal band story in a little bit, but um, yeah, so it's pretty shitty. But go ahead. So anyway, uh, yeah, mine was shitty too. Uh, mine actually had to do with online poker. Too. It was totally not my fault. But uh, anyway, PayPal uses a number of third-party companies in doing business, and they disclose this in their privacy policy, which you can find on their website. In fact, you can go to PokerFraudAlert.com, go to the Scam, Scandals, and Shadiness forum, and click on PayPal Discloses Iovation Relationship in Privacy Policy thread, and you'll see that uh, link to the uh, PayPal privacy policy, and you'll see the relevant part. Now, Iovation, for those of you that don't know, is a company that is run by Greg Pearson, and founded by Greg Pearson, who was very much involved in the ultimate bet cheating scandal and covering it up. It's not clear if Greg actually played on any of the super user accounts and cheated people, but it's definitely clear that he helped cover it up, and it's uh, fairly clear that iOvation was founded with money that was probably stolen from players. So very shady company, Greg Pearson, very shady guy. Unfortunately, unlike Russ Hamilton, his reputation really wasn't ruined all that much from what was discovered about UB. Russ really took most of the fall. So if you go through the PayPal privacy policy, which is huge, you will find, and I I actually made a little screenshot of this, iOvation Inc. USA. And the purpose of it, of this partnership with iOvation, to retrieve risk information regarding the IP and device from which you are accessing PayPal, research and testing as to appropriateness of our new products and services. And then the question of what do they share with iOvation? The the IP and hardware information about your device. So basically what iOvation does, iOvation came up with the idea of creating a database of scammers, which is kind of ironic given who the CEO is, one of the biggest scammers of all. But they create a a database of scammers, and they make this database based upon both IP address and identifying information from your device. Now, a website can't really pull this information. A website cannot pull, for example, your MAC address or, or other things from your computer like that. But like Poker software can, and that's where they got a lot of it. So, or if you use an app on your iPhone, it can grab some device information. So basically, whatever it can grab, um, actually, websites can grab device information with some uh, malicious code, truthfully. I, I, I shouldn't say it can't, because it can. In fact, the federal government even did that to find out who was being a customer of, of some of these... Uh, uh, child porn sites on the darknet on through the Tor browser. The government even ran one of those uh, malicious codes to uh, to get this information. But anyway, whatever way they can, they collect device identification information and IP addresses. And if any of this matches 
with previous scammers on other sites, then they communicate this to their customers, which sounds pretty useful. So, for example, using a poker stars or a poker, a, a poker example, if you scammed poker stars, then they would record your I don't, and I don't think they're one of poker stars customers, but if they were, they would record your IP address, they would record your MAC address and whatever whatever other identifying information of your computer that they could access. They would record it, they would install it in their database, and then when you go over to Full Tilt or some other site and try to deposit there, they check the database, and if it's the same device, they say, uh-uh-uh, we're not letting you deposit here, and they kick you off. So it's useful, it's kind of like information sharing, it's kind of like all the operators online sharing information about who the scammers are and, and doing it by their device ID when they don't even realize that that's, they're being tracked that way. So it's not that bad of an idea. I, I thought it was a good business idea. I think it's uh, something useful to prevent fraud in the industry. However, Iovation does not deserve to be doing this. This is a company headed by someone who was very much involved in the UB scams. And this company should not be working with legitimate companies, even though PayPal has its problems, as China Maniac's about to tell us. But they should not be working with companies like PayPal. They should be shut out, given their history, given the history of their executives. They should not be doing any kind of security work. They shouldn't be collecting our IP and device information. I mean, know that information can't really be used to harm us directly. Like, they're not going to be able to get your credit cards this way or your social security number this way. But they're still collecting info on you, and they're still controlling info on you. So if Greg Pearson decides, for example, he hates me, because I always talk about him, and he decides to put a false report in his database that my IP and my device are doing something bad, then I'll be blackballed from all these sites, including PayPal. That's a lot of power to give a company like iOvation that's headed up by such shady people like Greg Pearson. So... Some people on 2 Plus 2, including Joe Tall, who I otherwise have a respect for, but some people on 2 Plus 2 came up with the idea, let's start a form letter to write to PayPal to complain about iOvation. And they suggested go to their customer service email form or whatever and, and submit this form letter if I don't want iOvation handling my IP address and my device IDs given their history of their involvement in the theft of player funds on, on online poker sites. And uh, they encouraged everybody on 2 Plus 2 who read this to do it. And I came out and said, hold it! I don't think that's a good idea. And people were really angry at first. They said, what? They said, you don't want us to send an email to PayPal telling them to stop working with iOvation? What? They're saying, what the hell's your problem? You're telling us you support iOvation? I said, no. You're not going to reach anyone of consequence. When you email support at a gigantic company like PayPal, you get the lowest of the low customer service reps. You get like the third the third world hires that get paid $2 an hour at most. And these people are never going to refer this to the executives who will make decisions as to which companies to work with for security. You're just going to get back a form letter and no one of consequence is ever going to see your email. So don't bother. And some people are saying, well, what would you rather just do nothing? I said, well, 
Yes, I'd rather do nothing than do something completely meaningless, but I'm not suggesting we do nothing. I'm suggesting that we find the proper department to contact, the department, whatever it is in PayPal, that makes these decisions, the office that makes these decisions, or maybe even contact a very high office in PayPal, maybe an executive office of PayPal, send them letters or emails about this, and then let them direct it to the appropriate department. In general, it's better to start really high and have them filter the letter down than start really low and hope it filters up, because it rarely does, especially if you're getting third-world customer service. So don't bother with the letters. It may make you feel good to send out a customer support letter criticizing iOvation. It'll never reach anyone who would ever make a decision about this. So I will try, and, and you can try too if you want, to try to find the right people at PayPal, the right department to contact about this, where it really can make a difference. Now, they probably won't give a crap, but maybe they will. You never know if you get some sympathetic ear there. So it's worth it. Any time we can kill business for iOvation, we should do it. Because they, don't, they do not deserve anything. That company shouldn't even exist. Imagine a security so- company being run by, by a guy like Greg Pearson. It's crazy. I'm surprised... Um... Like, there's no site up yet. Like, is there any sites up that, like, tarnish iOvation, just, like, about how bad they are? Someone started a site. I don't know who runs it, but there was a site someone made about uh, Greg Pearson. Let me see. Like, Greg Pearson is a scammer at Blogspot. Let me see. Um, Here we are. If you Google Greg Pearson, the first thing that comes up, and he must love this, Greg Pearson, iOvation, the life and crimes of iOvation CEO Greg Pearson. And there's a picture of him, and it's talking about the cheating, and it, it's a good site. So someone did this, and someone even put uh, uh, who to contact when they got when he got nominated for the Entrepreneur of the Year, and who to contact to complain about it. Some I don't know who put together this site, but whoever did did a good job of it, and they did a good job SEOing it because when you type in Greg Pearson, that's the first thing that comes up in Google. That's great. So it's gregpearsonioovation.wordpress.com. So I'm glad about that, and I'm sure he isn't thrilled about seeing that. But if you want to contact PayPal, just find the right department. Yeah, I think in that thread, it's uh, someone posted the CEO's email, and I think the department that handles fraud is aup at paypal.com. So. But, but what kind of fraud is it? Is it actually... Uh, is it fraud like fraud as if as in someone cheating me on PayPal or is it I, I think that's probably what it is I don't think it's a decision as to who their partner should be that's where I think I think we need to find out who's making the decision on who their partnerships are or maybe even their security department not security and that's where it's going to be hard you got to find the security department in, in making the decision of which security partners to work with rather than the security department of investigating individuals who are breaking terms of service. Those are two very different yeah, that, things. That, that's the major problem at PayPal is nothing's like set clear on their site on who to contact for what. It's just like the contact us button and then, you know, if it's – they'll probably forward it to the right people because – you know, if they put all those contacts up with how big that company is, you know, some departments would be getting slammed with so much stuff that is undeserving. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you call them, you're not going to get a hold of anybody either. It's all like low-level support. Yeah, you know, so. Rollo Tomasi brought up a good point in chat. He said, where's the PPA when you need them? That's a good question. Why, why isn't the PPA doing some research to find out? This would be a good job for them to find out who to contact at PayPal 
Rather than sending form letters off Which I, they're not suggesting doing this They're not involved in this But wouldn't it be nice if the PPA did something like You know what, we're going to find out who to contact at PayPal And then the PPA is going to send a statement to them that, that would be great But they never do things like this Yeah, I agree I know their claim it's not their Their job Because they're, they're a right. lobbying group But it would be great if they did something like this But, but they, they don't I I just wish they would, but but since they won't, we should, and we should. I, I'm going to try to find this out myself. I'm I'm not sure if I'll be able to do it this week, but I'll, I'll try to find this out myself. Of who who is the best one to contact? Who is the best contact at PayPal? And it's not going to be easy to find out because, as you said, they make it difficult. In fact, that's why I got banned in 2001 is because of, of kind of a contact issues. It, it was very simple for me, and then you can tell your story. Uh, I was depositing to PayPal. Or using PayPal to true poker back before PayPal stopped allowing gambling deposits, and uh, what happened was uh, true. I, I think I cashed out through True Poker, and uh, yeah, I know what it was. I needed to. Ca- I wasn't. Too, I, I remember now. I was depositing to True Poker, and True Poker then started having trouble processing my particular PayPal account. They just had some technical difficulty where they that one account was not working on their end. So I said, what if I make another account? Can you accept that? They said, sure. So I made a second PayPal account. Well, that was a very bad decision because their automated bot caught that I had two PayPal accounts and suspended them both. So I said, okay, no problem. So I called, and keep in mind, gambling payments were not illegal at this time. So that wasn't the problem. It's just that I had two accounts. So first of all, I, I email them, the only way to get a hold of them, and they just keep sending me back nonsensical form letters that have nothing to do with uh, what my situation is. Finally, after like, and every time I have to wait like three or four weeks between email responses. Finally, they understand what I'm asking for, and they send me a list of requirements on how to get my account reopened. And it included a utility bill that's in my name. Well, the problem was I did not have any utility bills in my name. They were in somebody else's name. So I was trying to explain to them that I cannot provide that. I send that to them, they ignore me and send me back another form letter. So finally, after a lot of effort, I dug up their phone number, which is a really weird phone number, like a Nebraska phone number or something. I called them up. I got this really obnoxious person on the phone saying, if you refuse to provide us the information that we need, we can't unfreeze your account. And I said, but I don't have a utility bill in my name. Well, sir, it sounds like to me you're refusing to give that information. I said, I'm not. Refu- How can I refuse to give something I don't have? And they just—they couldn't answer that. They just kept saying, "Sir, we are giving you a way to unfreeze your account. If you are choosing not to do that, that is on you." I, it was the most tilting conversation. And they mm-hmm. eventually hung up on me, and they never unfroze my account. So what I did is I took my. La- they were withholding like about a hundred thirty dollars or something of mine. I, I, you know, because I my, one account had nothing in it, the other had like hundred thirty. Uh, I had recently made a deposit to PayPal with my credit card. I went to my credit card and charged it back. And the chargeback was ignored by PayPal. They didn't respond in time, and I won by default. And the funny thing is the credit card company is very obnoxious to me. They're telling me, you're going to lose this. When they contest this, you're going to lose this. I mean, they're already telling me I'm going to lose, which was stupid. But anyway... I didn't lose because PayPal didn't respond and I won by default. And then PayPal found out I won by default because I got a notification that I charged back and they froze my account. All, all because they wouldn't unfreeze my money in there. 
because I couldn't produce a, a utility bill that did not exist. It was crazy. So I stayed off there for years and years, and then I just came back, and they don't they don't seem to give a shit. Right. So what, what's your story? All right. This this all happened right after the new year last year, and this is like when all the JSEP scandal was happening. So I don't know. It might have had something to do with that because. I had sent him money a couple times for, like, site-related stuff earlier in, like, September, October. But I don't – they might have looked into my account because of, you know, they probably looked at all his PayPal transactions because everybody was charging back on him because he turned out to be a scammer. So all of a sudden one day my account was frozen, and I'm like, well, what the hell's going on here? And um, I had just fired off about – uh, I don't know, 10, 10 payments or something like that to people that invested in a um, buy a piece stake that I was running last year. So th- they flagged one of them and they said that, you know, what was this transaction for? And I said, well, I sent sent my friends some money. You know, um, I, I knew that they had a policy on like depositing to gambling sites. I didn't know if sending somebody money from like an investment that he made in me would would count as that so i just made up some story i was like well i i i bought what did i say that um i said that i purchased an iphone from him and this was just some kid that invested in my stake and um they were like no you did not they're like we have information that this was a deposit to betfair i'm like what, what? Yeah, yeah. Out of, they say this is a deposit to Betfair, and the amount was like five hundred and sixty-nine dollars and eighty-three cents, something like that. And um, I just said to them, I go, you know, I go, what do you mean Betfair? I go, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even involved in, um, you know, any illegal gambling, European sites. I was just like, gambling's illegal, this and that. And uh, they're like, no, we have information that you deposited to Betfair and I was just like and they just said prove that you didn't make this transaction to them <laughs> or your account's frozen basically the same thing they said to you and I had like $60 or something in my account and they they held my money for 30 days and then released it but my account's still currently suspended and I've sent them a couple of emails I mean I have 100% feedback on eBay you know I've never bounced anything on there and I've done tons of transactions on there, probably paid a lot of fees too, and they just don't want to hear about it. They just want to know why I sent money to Betfair, which I didn't do. Yeah, maybe you, should, you know you can actually reach them and get sometimes some better people on the phone. I, I've had some other issues I won't bother to go into. I haven't been suspended or banned since back in '01, but uh, I've had some other issues and where I was just getting horrible responses by email, and and then I call up and also get pretty bad responses. But I have a few times reached some people with some intelligence who have actually solved the problem. So maybe you should try to call and ask for some higher people. I've tried that too, and they just say the decision's final. There's nothing we can do. There's no one we can forward you to to talk to. I hate that. Yeah, that's that's frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, so it's just like I'm just stuck, and it's it it sucks because I don't really care about like having to like if I have to send somebody money or whatever. That's a little bit of a pain in the ass, but I can get it. That's not a big deal. But like if I want to buy something off like eBay, it's ni- you know it's ninety five percent. They take PayPal. Yeah, I know. That's why I came back there. Like I, I, I was like you know, you know I, I I was boycotting them on principle for what they did, and then I was like you know what this is just too bad. It's too difficult not to. Uh, use PayPal here because there's so many people who are always wanting to say, "Do you take PayPal? Do you take PayPal?" Like they always want to send money to me on PayPal, and I'm like, "Shit, I I have to do this. I right. have to come back." It's crazy. Now I just don't understand. So 
uh, now that like that CEO's emails out there, I'm going to try emailing him. I haven't tried calling eBay because I think eBay owns PayPal now or yeah, something like yeah. that. And that's why, so, like, I mean, like they took, a, they didn't when I had my problems. So I was thinking that you know, not that they're wonderful now, as evidenced by your story, but I was thinking that that's that's why I felt safe to come back. Is it's like a different owner now. It's like now you can, you can reach them. There was like, in fact, there's a class action suit rega- regarding what happened to me, and. Of course, I joined it, and of course, I got nothing. Like always, what happens with class action suits, where the lawyers get everything, and the people get nothing. But, uh, but yeah, I give it a try. I, th- I think you can get unsuspended if you luck into the right person. Yeah, that's all. I mean, that's all it would really take. I just gotta get a hold of the right person, and then that, that's it. But I mean, it sucks. I go on eBay, and like I see something, I find a great deal on something, but I, you know, you can't, I can't buy it. Not like. The only places that take like just straight credit cards or whatever, are, like you know, if Nike's selling something on there, because they have a credit card processor, you know. But other than that, it's all all PayPal. So yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about here the next topic, and it, again with PayPal, I know we diverge from the story a bit, but uh, I will try to come up in the near future with a good email address to send to the right people to make this decision about iOvation and very disappointing to find that very disappointing to see iOvation succeed uh, here's a site that I wouldn't mind if it succeeded but they're doing everything to prevent their own success not uh, on purpose but just the way they've been acting and that's WSOP.com it's been a big mess a lot of people got fed up with Ultimate Poker, not ultimate bet. I was got tricked by Weissman there, but no ultimate poker. People were frustrated with them because of all their different customer service issues and software issues. And ultimate poker kind of seemed a little bit out of touch about the matter. I almost even went to work for them to try to help out, but that kind of fell through. A lot of people were waiting for WSOP.com to come out in Nevada and later in New Jersey because. They seem to be a much bigger operation. A lot more employees, a lot deeper pockets, uh, a lot more promotion, and they also had a lot more time to wait and see Ultimate Poker's mistakes and not make the same ones. Well, unfortunately, they've had just mess after mess over there. Even Drew Gobbo Boy's ire. Uh... Jimmy Frick, a.k.a. Gobbo Boy, the freak and the weird dude, uh, they were running a rakeback rakeback special, an extra rakeback special, and they are not paying out properly, or weren't paying out properly. Uh, They messed up big time to where you got some kind of like 20% extra rakeback on whatever you raked in the month of November. Well, people who raked super high and they're expecting just some big payment, like $5,000 in rake back, an extra rake back, get an email saying, congratulations, you've got $500 extra rake back. Hope you enjoy it. And people are like, what? This isn't 20% of all the rake I paid. So everybody confirmed that on 2 Plus 2 who was posting there that they had the same problems. They were severely underpaid with rake back. And nobody for a, a day or so from WSOP.com was responding, including manager Bill Reaney, who's the head of poker of WSOP.com. 
this got me involved. Not so much that I cared all that much about that situation, though I did find it interesting that they could screw up that badly, especially on a highly regulated site. You know, it's not like Lock Poker making the mistake. But I had been having my own problems on WSOP.com with service. And after reading their sponsored forum on 2 Plus 2, I realized that they have a long way to go before they are run properly. And it, it just amazes me how many failures they've had so far. Technical failures are understandable. Those are hard to catch and fix sometimes. And I know this from being a software engineer at one point. Actually, for many years I was. But customer service failures can be corrected very quickly. Let me tell you what they are. First of all, um, they have something called the Action Club. It's kind of just it's their VIP program. There is... They were promoting that if you email actionclub at wsop.com, they will match your status. They will upgrade you to... As you start out at the bottom status, and you move up to silver, then gold, then the, or then, you know, then platinum, and all all the way up through seven stars. Just like Caesars. You know, it's, it's, a, it's owned by Caesars, wsop.com. You can actually become a Caesar seven stars by playing just insane amounts of poker in wsop.com. You can, you can raise your Caesar status through WSOP.com and vice versa. If you already have a high Caesar status, you can get it on WSOP.com. And what's good about these statuses is you make a lot more in rakeback by having a higher status. When you're a 7 star, you make 15 times the rakeback you would if you were uh, just starting out with no status. So it's a big deal. How, how much rakeback does that like compute to? I, I, I never figured it out. But it's, it's a good deal if you're 7 stars. Is it like over 50? No. I, I doubt it's that. But okay. I, I can't say no for sure, but I doubt it's that. Anyway. And what about get if you were going to get 7-star, like how much grinding would that be if you started from the bottom? I haven't figured that out either, but it would be a lot. But okay. anyway. Like is it something you could legitimately do in a year? Uh, if, if you just play all day and all night, yes. Okay. So you have to be very, very active on there. Uh, mm-hmm. So anyway, like like someone like Ryland may actually do it. Right. But it, it, it's, if you're just like a semi-active player, it's not going to happen. Anyway, I, I haven't really round the numbers on that, so I don't want to give information that's wrong here. But anyway, I didn't have to worry about that because I am a Caesar 7 stars, and I just wanted to get myself matched. So, I email actionclub at wsop.com on November 1st. And I wait for the response that I have been matched to 7 stars. And this really matters to me because I want to get my 15 times points. Because that's a big difference in the rakeback I'm earning. I haven't played on there much yet, but, but I'm still I want the right points for, for my status. So I send them the email to the email they tell me to send to, which is, again, uh, actionclub at wsop.com, and this was my response from them. Yeah, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I send another email. Here's my response. So I, I, I don't know what's going on here. So I wait and wait and wait, and um, I get nothing. They they warned you that it can take seven to ten days for a response. So at first I'm just thinking it's the delay. Then I find out no, it it's actually just they're not answering me. So here we are in December, and I still have gotten no status match. In the meantime, I've played some hands. So I decided to bring this up in the th- in the threads on 2 plus 2 d- discussing things. But before that, I noticed they had a phone support number. 
This is how the call went. I called their phone support number, and I think they took a page out of Bodog's book by staffing phone support 24-7, but, but having them be mostly useless. Except these guys take it to the next level of incompetence and powerlessness and are actually useless even beyond Bodog support. Like, they're super useless. So the rep answers, I hear an Indian guy, which is already a bad sign. I, I hate when I get like a foreign call center. I know it's going to be a complete failure. I hear, hello, thank you for calling WSOP.com. How may I help you? And I say, yeah, uh, hi, I have a question about your action club. Oh, can you please tell me the nature of your question? Yes, yes. Uh, I was wondering when my status match will occur. When are they going to respond to my request for a status match of seven stars? Oh, okay. Can you please provide me with your screen name? So I give my screen name. Can you please give me your real name, sir? My name is Todd Wattellis. Can you please verify your city and state and date of birth? So I give those things. Okay. Thank you for verifying. In answer to your question, please email support at WSOP.com with your inquiry, and they will get back to you soon. Can you imagine he puts me through that whole questionnaire as to who I am to tell me to email support at WSOP.com? This, this really happened. I mean, that's, that's the support we're getting on the telephone. That's where our rake dollars are going. So, uh, I obviously said, screw that. And I emailed support at WSOP.com. I actually really did. Because I said, all right, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. And uh, this is what happened. December 6th, I emailed support. Support at WSOP.com. I am a seven stars member at Caesars. My total rewards number is blah, 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 blah. Please match my status on WSOP.com and give me seven stars. My screen name is blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Now, is that pretty clear? Like, yeah. like you, you don't have to be a genius to interpret that email and, and match me to seven stars, right? So I get this back. Hello. Thanks for contacting us. My name is Anique, and I'll be helping you today. Your query has been forwarded to the relevant department, and someone will contact you with an update. If you need further assistance with this or any other matter, please feel free to contact us via email at support We'll do our best to respond within 72 hours of receiving your message. Best Anique D, player support rep. So it's just saying we're giving this to another department. I think they learned from the Isle of Man police. So, December 10th, three days later, now four days since I've emailed this. Hey, and then they say my screen name. I am Denise. Now, this is Denise spelled D-E-N-I-C-E-E. Or, try again. D-E-N-I-E-C-E. There's only one Denise I know that spells her name that way. And it's this Denise. Right, Denise Williams is apparently handling my uh, situation here. I guess her music career didn't go too well. So, what happens from there? Well, Denise Williams here, responding to me, says, uh, Congratulations, the Action Club has matched you to Diamond Status! Let's hear it for the boy. Yeah. 
So I've been matched a diamond. Well, I don't want diamond. I'm looking for seven stars. Seven stars is way above diamond. I mean, diamond is fine if you're diamond, but I, I'm asking for a status match to seven star and they give me diamond. So I, I thought it was pretty clear, but I, I then responded. Uh, also, the other problem with diamond is it expires in a month where seven stars you get for a year. So I said, my Caesar's status is seven stars. So I should match, be matched to seven stars on WSOP.com, not Diamond. Please correct this. Then I get a different person. So I, I should stop the Denise music because she stopped talking to me. Got to keep the appropriate music for the appropriate person. She responds back, not, not she, but a different person named Antoinette. Hey, my screen name. Thanks for contacting us. My name is Antoinette, and I'll be helping you today. I understand that you want your tier offline to be matched with your online account. Hey, we're getting somewhere. In order to review your request, we require the following details. One, your full name. Two, your username. Three, your telephone number. Four, your total rewards number. Thank you for being a loyal player at WSOP.com. So I go, wait a minute, I already gave these things. I gave these in the first info. Why are we back to this? So I said, all right, fine. So I responded, this this information was already provided in the first email. Why do I have to give it again? Please make sure your staff reads all my messages carefully so we don't waste time sending the same messages back and forth. Anyway, here's the relevant information. I also sent an email on November 1st to Action Club at WSOP.com and never got a response. Uh, and once you promote me to seven stars, please adjust the points I've earned last week as I should have been a seven stars member already on your site. So I got a response back. Hey, thanks for contacting us. My name is Antoinette and I'll be helping you today. I am seeing that a previous agent sent you an email an email address. <laughs> she sent us. She, I see the previous agent has sent you an email address, not an email, but an email address, as it relates to your tier match request. Please see below a copy of the email that was sent on December tenth, two thousand thirteen, and then she copied back the Denise letter, trying to tell me this has already been handled. So apparently I'm supposed to just go back to the status match I got from Denise and just be happy with that, according to Antoinette. So now I'm really frustrated. I'm really tilted here. I say, star, 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 read this carefully, star, 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 star. The last representative, in all caps, did not do the status match properly. I am a seven stars member. I was only matched to diamond. Please fix this and also adjust my points earned. And finally, after that, I got an email saying that they have matched me to seven stars. Yeah. I mean, so th- this is ridiculous. This this is the support we're getting on WSOP.com, and from what I'm reading on the 2 plus 2 forum, this is hardly unusual. So, obviously, that's a huge mess. Uh, but it gets worse. Not my situation, but in general. On the forums, the communication has been extremely poor. Uh, Bill Reaney, who is the... He's the uh, head of poker, is his title, on WSOP.com. He responds occasionally, but he gives kind of quick responses. and he, he It surprised me, because when he was appointed head of poker, I'm like, oh, I know Bill Reaney, I read his blog, you know, he's, he's been around online poker for a long time. He, he's someone who I thought kind of gets it, and who would be a good person to be the head of a poker department. But, but his... 
responses on the forum were were just really lacking from a customer service standpoint. He he wouldn't answer important questions. Uh, he would respond with one-liners that would raise more questions than they'd answer, and and he was pretty much missing from a lot of the important threads on there. And and so I'm thinking, what the hell's the problem here? They they don't even have like a a support rep on two plus two in their own sponsored forum answering questions. So I'm going, what what the hell is wrong with WSUP.com? Is anyone even home there? Are we ever going to get any kind of competent customer service at any time at WSUP.com? Is anyone home? My sound effect didn't work. Damn it. Oh well. <laughs> Bueller. There we go. Bueller. Bueller. I mean, that's why I feel like saying. Instead, I feel like saying Bill. Bill. Bill Reini. Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. So, I finally posted a long thing over on Two Plus Two, just asking what the hell with all these things. Like, what's the problem here? And I got a long response back, and I won't bother to read them on the show, but uh, basically Bill Reaney said, as far as the phone support, we have them in place in third world countries because everyone wanted phone support so badly. When we were originally planning not to have it, people got angry. So this is our compromise, the, the Indian phone support. Well, that's not a compromise. That's terrible. It's better to have no phone support than support that wastes your time and takes all your info and then directs you to an email address. Like, why even have that? That just pisses people off. Uh, Poker Stars, who I criticize plenty on this show, they at least do support right. And they don't have phone support. And nobody complains that they don't have it because they do their email support right. Uh, so... He, he was claiming that uh, this is fine what they're doing. That it would be better if, if, if they had Americans and be better if they were a little brighter over there, but, you know, they, they can't afford that. It's, uh, if they're going to have 24-7 phone support, they have to hire these uh, third-world people uh, operating on a script. And I said, look, you don't need 24-7 phone, rep- phone support. Ha- if you really need phone support, have them available like Monday through Friday, uh, 12 to 8 Eastern. I think people would be thrilled to have that with competent people rather than 24-7 phone support with incompetent people. So he, he didn't respond to that in particular. Then as to why he isn't communicating very well on the forums, Bill Reini said, well, we didn't realize that on our own sponsored forum that there would be a lot of support requests. We just thought it would be a good place to promote our product and to do kind of social media sort of things. <laughs> Does this guy even read 2 plus 2? Can you think, China Maniac, of a single sponsored forum of a poker site that isn't mainly support questions? It's unbelievable. It's I mean, crazy. It's, it's all support questions. How can they think they don't need that? So he's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to try to get someone out here. Uh, you know, we're we're, we're kind of shifting the focus. I was suggesting what you need, Bill, is an assistant poker room manager who works under you, but who actually has power and visibility, so it's not just some idiot who who has to ask you every time to wipe his nose and this person will be an active poster on on the 2plus2wsop.com support forum this person will answer all threads this person will be a point of contact for anyone who's having trouble like what I had with this ridiculousness with a status match with Denise Williams and 
basically have a very visible, intelligent, empowered person who you can escalate things to quickly, and the community knows that they can talk to. I'd volunteer for that job. I didn't volunteer in the thread, but I, hey, I'd be great at that job. I'm not sure if I'd want it, honestly, but uh, but I'd be great at it. I have like an assisted poker room manager who you know gets it, who you know understands what the players want, who doesn't give you stupid, nonsensical responses. Someone who actually is aware of everything. Uh, another stupid thing that happened on WSB.com, this only in New Jersey, they had a tournament running, and all of a sudden a bunch of people got disconnected, like mass disconnects, where only a few people were still on. Well, can you imagine what would happen in a tournament where there's only a few people still connected online? Those people win all the chips because everyone else blinds out. So that's what happened, and uh, people were very upset about it. Well, it it came out that this was actually a semi-planned system outage. When I say semi-planned, what I mean is that they were switching servers, but that they had intended that there was not going to be any kind of interruption of service, or if there was, it would be very brief and people would miss maybe like one hand. But there would not be like a big crash where, where people just can't connect for long periods of time. So they said that they put a message in the client somewhere that it wasn't very visible, but they put it somewhere that we may have downtime at 11.45 p.m. But for some reason, they're still running the tournaments then. So I'm saying, look, it's got to be one way or the other. If you expect it to be no interruption, there's no need to warn anyone. But the fact that you felt the need to warn people, even though it wasn't that visible, shows that you thought there could be downtime, and in that case, what you should do is just not run the tournaments during that time. Just say, hey, we have some possible downtime coming, we're suspending tournaments. No one's going to complain about that. No one's going to say, hey, I want to play a tournament where I might crash off the server. So, Bill Brini's response at first was... Well, we had a message up for you guys. What's the problem? We had a warning. That was his entire message. And then when people got into it more with him, then he, then he, at that point, he started to apologize. But when this happens, you make a profuse apology. I'm sorry. Our system didn't react the way you thought it would. Um, we'll refund your money into your accounts immediately. Much apologies. Not, hey, we had no notice about this on on our site. Like, what? Why even run a tournament if you think there's a chance it's going to crash? It's just... Just these boneheaded mistakes at WSOB.com, the terrible support, and hey, rather than just me telling you about it, let me demonstrate. See, I think sometimes it's better to demonstrate rather than to just talk. And I've done a lot of talking tonight. So we're going to do an action segment here. Just one second here. We're going to make a phone call. I hate that ring. I hate when calling The person was... at extension 11174523858 is unavailable. Please <laughs> leave your message after the tone. That's the phone number for WSOP.com. The person at extension 113375. How long is that extension? It's like 10 digits. Try this again. I can't believe that's what you get on their support number now. Unless they change the number. Let me look it up. That was just their phone Thank number. you for calling the World Series of Poker.com. So how did we get the extension thing before? What the hell time. happened? That was the same phone number. I just called this number like a second ago. 
Thank you for contacting WSOP. This is Keegan. How may I help you? Uh, hello, Kenan Orange of Fabersham here. Um, uh, did you have a little bit of difficulty picking up the phone? Because I, I heard the phone pick up and then I hear... Did, were you having trouble handling the phone? No, um... <laughs> No, it's the, the headset. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry okay, so you're having trouble handling the headset, but not the phone, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay, no, it's all right. You know, they when I used to play football, they used to call me Butterfingers. So if you're okay. a bunch of if you're a bunch of fingers as well, I understand. You know, it's uh, you, you you don't need to have sure hands to do this job. You just need good customer service skills. So that's all right. You know, if, yeah. if you if you were building my home, I'd be a little bit nervous that I'm going to fall through the floor. But you know, you, since you're you're doing customer service, it's quite all right. All right. So, um, okay. Uh, so, so I have a question for you. Um, um, I just called this phone number about one minute prior to this phone call, and I got the most mm-hmm. the, the the strangest message. It went. The person at extension one 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 three zero five seven two four eight two. It, went, it rattled off this extension that was so long. It, if I wrote the thing down, I'd probably have the book of War and Peace in front of me. So, <laughs> I, what I'm trying to ask yeah. here is, is um, what did I reach there? It was the same phone number I just called now. It was. It was the same phone number you said. Yes. I'm not sure because I I never heard. I never heard of that. Oh, all right. Um, now, have, have I reached... Are you calling from... Sorry? Yeah, have I reached uh, Bangalore, India, by any chance? No, you've reached um, Antigua. Antigua, all right. W- and... w- WSOP support? Yeah, so, you know, when I think of WSOP, I think of Antigua, so that's good. Good good location for your um, your support center. So, all right, so so here's my question for you, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, if If I were to give you my account name... And you look it up, and then you're probably going to ask me some verifiable information to make sure I'm who I say I am. Is that is that probably what you do? Yes. All right. Now Are you we, located in Nevada? Oh yes, yes. So, so now if we were to if we were to do that, um, would you go all the way through that and then just simply tell me to call to to email support at wsp.com? Is that is that typically what you do here? Mm, no, I mean I'll try to assist you with whatever issue you have. But, but what what power do you have to assist people? What 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 can you actually do here? What what information can you actually access? Because let, let me tell you what happened. The last time I called up, I gave a whole boatload of information. I I gave so much information, I felt like I was in a first name basis with the gentleman. And then he says, "Okay, well, if you want to be helped, uh, please email support at wsp dot com." And I said, "I could have bloody done that without making this phone call." Yes. Yeah. So so Definitely. so you're, t- you're telling me that's not always the answer here. That's not always the answer. It depends on what the issue is. Um, what was the issue the last time? Uh, the issue was um, the Action Club was not. Um, they, they were not promoting me properly. Oh, okay. So basically, that that's like a feedback issue. So no, know, I would, no, no, no. Uh, a feedback issue, I would say, would be one that, uh, like, if we're, while we're talking, we hear "wee" because I put the phone on speaker and it echoes in the room. That that would be a feedback issue. Um, I yes, don't see well, how, how how would this be a feedback so you, issue? So you you actually having problems with the action club, or you didn't like how it was promoted? Um. Well, no, you didn't I like how it was. The, no, the the, the problem I had there, if you must know, mm-hmm. was um. Uh, 
it was not matching my status properly. I, I, I lost a lot of money at Caesars, and I became a Seven Stars member, and I was like, oh, well, at the very least, at least I'll become a Seven Stars on WSOP.com, and um, I, I couldn't even take solace in that, because um, they wouldn't do that either. Um, I got some sort of uh, former 1980s singer answering my questions and saying that she'll promote me to Diamond, but then she said, uh, "You know, thank you for playing WSOP.com and let's hear it for the boy. And that was it. You know, it, it, They didn't go any further than that. Oh, so you're talking about the account matching, the, the matching from the casino? Yes, the yes. Site. Yes, they didn't do it properly. Oh, okay. oh I understand. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I guess that's because um, it's the discussion of um, Caesars. Because um, basically, the levels here, like, we start at player here, and then it goes up from player to silver status, and I think, basically, you know, it depends on what level you're at. Well, I was at seven star. There were, I was at the top. I, I understand what you're saying, that Caesars does not have the same levels. All, the, all of them are not the same. Like, there's no such thing as a player level at Caesars. Okay. See, if Caesars, if you have I mean, a warm body, they give you a damn gold card, you know? It's all, you don't need to do anything special to get a gold card at Caesars. You know, it always gets me frustrated. It always, it always gets my goat. When I call up, when I used to call up Caesars, and they say congratulations on being a gold card, and say, why are you congratulating me? Anybody, anybody who has a baiting pulse and was born more than twenty-one years ago can be a gold card member. You, you don't need anything more than that. And they, and they say, well, but yeah. we, still, we still want to congratulate you. So, um, but I understand where certain certain tiers don't have a proper match. But I do have one. Seven stars. There's seven stars on WSOP.com. There's seven stars on Caesars.com. And yet they had a difficult time matching. This Denise Williams um, lady, she she matched me to Diamond, and I'm saying Diamond and seven stars are not the same thing. You know, I don't say. So, uh-huh. How do you read seven stars and say, oh, that is Diamond? They're, they're two very different things. Understand? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. All right. But that issue, you you got over that. Is that issue is still so you're a diamond now on the site. But I should be a seven star. I didn't get over it. I'm, you know, I'm still. In fact, well, to, to I show know, you, I didn't get over it. I, I had nightmares about it last night. I had nightmares that I was playing on WSOP.com, and I was not earning the proper number of points. And then because I didn't earn the proper number of points, I was not able to cash them out for the proper amount of money. And then I couldn't pay my rent, and the landlord came and evicted me, and I ended up living in a tenement. And I was on, um, and, and I had bed bugs, and I had cockroaches, and it, and it was a big mess. And um, the only reason I realized it was a dream was because my clock had a 13 on it instead of just 12 numbers. And I knew when I see the 13 in my clock, I know it's a dream. But had it not been for that, yeah. I'd probably still be in the dream, and I'd probably still have the cockroaches in my apartment. Wow. Yes, and this is all okay, because they so wouldn't match my stats properly. Okay, so what's the issue you have having now? Um, oh, what isn't the issue? You know, not, not a day goes by that I don't ask myself the same question. Um... Well, you know, I, I, I think... Mean, give, me the, give, give me the username first. Oh, all right, all right. Let me pull up your account. All right, all right. My my issue, or my, my, my username, mm-hmm. are you ready for it? Yes, I'm here. All right. My, my, my username on the site is Caesars. It's just Caesars. C-A-E-S-A-R-S. C-A-E-S-A-I-S. I know it may be difficult to spell, given that that's your company, but um, give it to the old college try. C-A-E-S-A-I-S. That's how you spell it? That's how you spell Caesars, yes. With an I. 
C A E S A I S. Yes, that's what I'm putting, but I'm not located in that yeah. account. So oh. you say you're in Nevada, correct? Yes, I'm in Nevada, yep. Okay, do you know where your support ID is? My support ID? What, what, what would that be? <laughs> you... I mean, did you hear that? Is, is there someone in your office it's... laughing at me? No, that's something in, in your end. No, no, no. There's no. Do you think there's a crowd of people laughing at me in my own home? I mean that that that's just um have you gone mad? I you think you think I sit in my home with a crowd of people watching me and laughing when through my trials and tribulations this, this is not a laughing matter. I I think they're in your office laughing at me. Definitely not. <laughs> there, there, so there they go again. There they go again laughing at me. Who's who's laughing? <laughs> See now you're <laughs> laughing. I, 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 this is not a laughing matter. So, so the CID, do you know what it is? The you know, I, to, to me, it feels that calling this customer support line is as useful as carrying coals to Newcastle. I mean, what, what are we accomplishing here? You, we, we're having trouble even spelling the word Caesars. That's the first problem. I mean, we, we were trying to spell Caesars and failing miserably. And, and then there's well, people no, laughing. You, I, gave, I took the spelling that you gave me. So, I, I, you know, whatever you gave me, that's what I put. Well, you, you try to spell it. Maybe you try your spelling. Okay. Okay, there's nothing. One moment for me. All right. Come up with anything? No, I didn't. Ah, bollocks. So, is that is that actually that's the that is that actually the name on your calls? That's the name I've been using. What, I've been losing plenty of money name? on it. What's your first and last name? My name is Fabersham, but they also call me Henry the Eighth. There we go. Did you get that? Hello, sir, are you there? Well, I'm, I'm here, yeah. Did you, did you get my name there? I just gave it to you. No, I didn't get the name. Yeah, I, I heard a song playing. That, that, that was, that, I was giving you the name in the form of a song. I'll do it again. The name was in the form of a song? No, don't do that again. You can just give me the name. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. You get all that? Yes, and that's not. I'm not seeing that name. You're still not coming with the name. You, you, you sure you're getting the Henry the Eighth part I'm correct? Yes, I'm not looking at that name. Well, to hell with it. Let's all have a good dance here. 
I don't hear you dancing. Okay, sir. Yes, are you dancing, sir? I don't hear any. No, I, I, don't, uh, I don't hear your feet moving. Okay, here we go. One more time. Let's all sing. Eighth I am, I am. I got married to the woman next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was a Henry, Henry, with a Willie or a Sam. I'm an eighth old man. I'm Henry, Henry the eighth I am. E N R Y. Henry, 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 Henry the eighth I am, I am. Henry the eighth I am. Alright, uh, you get all that? Okay, sir. So, it doesn't seem like you need any assistance because <laughs> you're not helping me at all. You're not giving me a username. You're not giving me a support ID. Alright. Alright, well, um,. I think we So if you're not willing to give me any information, I'm gonna have to just end the call. Alright, well that's quite disappointing, but alright. You go ahead and do that. Tally ho pip pip let's go on the bloody thing. Alright, so that th- this is where your rake dollars go. This is uh he he listened to the whole song of Henry the Eighth and didn't hang up. Yeah. He <laughs> sounds like he was loving it too. <laughs> I was waiting for it to hang up on me. He finally gave up at the end. I mean, but boy, this uh in case you can't get through to WSOP.com support, uh, now you see why. Because they uh, they they just will not hang up on anyone. I think they couldn't spell Caesars. It's only their only their company. I guess it's not their company. Yeah, that seems like that's um one of the biggest areas. All these online poker sites that are popping up in the U.S. now are having their biggest troubles is with customer support and software issues like bad really bad i mean the reason i made this call here was to just demonstrate how ridiculous this whole thing is with with their support with the support they're hiring the obviously people like that are not going to solve any problems for you i mean i I think it's pretty clear they don't know how to spell caesars and if they uh they sit here through a whole song of henry the eighth while the guy sings to them uh i think it's pretty clear that this is not a support that's going to help you Mm-hmm. I, I love how we have someone in the chat, by the way, that uh, is clearly a long-time listener of the show who's pretending that they're new. And I have a feeling it's Jay Searles. I think I'm about to ban them. It's a person who calls themselves Martha. What do you think the chances are that this is a person really named Martha? I know, huh? Yeah, they they don't know who I am. Somehow they got to this show, but they have no clue who I am. Yeah. Oh well, what can I do? So anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, Jamie Gold and his poker room. Jamie Gold has designed a poker room, and if you want to play at Jamie Gold's poker room, you don't go to any brick-and-mortar casino. You don't uh, go to any online poker casino. You have to go to a very special place. And I'll tell you this place. Love Exciting and Come aboard 
We're expecting you. Yes, uh, Jamie Gold is designing a poker room for a cruise ship. I'm not even kidding, but not just a cruise ship, a day cruise ship. At least the love boat would take off on a seven-day cruise or whatever. Uh, this is a less-than-one-day cruise. It goes out for five hours, far enough from the shore to where it's legal to gamble, and then comes back. But you're stuck on the boat. Like, if you don't want to gamble for five hours, you're stuck. And there's no other activities there. It's not like a regular cruise where you can go do a bunch of other things. This is only a gambling cruise for five hours. It sounds awful. And there's no, uh... There's no Captain Steubing either. No Isaac the bartender. So, uh, here's Jamie Gold talking about this. Let me get to Jamie Gold talking about this. This is just crazy how he'll just do anything for money these days. Uh Uh-oh. We lose our co-host? We lost our co-host. I think it's on his end. In the All meantime, right, I'm here. I'm back. Okay, you're back. It was, it was a Skype issue. Skype issue. Okay, so here is a Jamie Gold issue as we hear him interviewing with Seriously Serious over the summer about his cruise ship casino project. Sure, I've uh, been helping build uh, new casino poker rooms in Florida. We're opening up in less than a month in West Palm Beach, and then the next one will be in Miami. Um, and then we have nine others planned. It's a public company called Island Breeze International. So we're on the stock exchange. You can actually buy stock in the company, and we're going to be the only uh, casino and uh, full casino and poker room in Palm Beach. So um, very, very excited. They will be throughout the United States, but right now it's in Florida, and then we're planning on Asia, Europe, and other spots in the United States. Uh, they're general casinos, but then there's a, a poker room uh, in my name, you know, like the hat. Um, and uh, there'll be one on every ship. Um, we have to go three miles out to be in international waters, and we go three miles back. So we take a trip every day, and that's how we, you know, we're allowed to get licenses. Yeah, I'm, I'm working with them on marketing, plus helping them run the poker room um, and, you know, just the whole casino. Um, I'll be the face of the boat. So I'll do, you know, all the press and publicity and marketing and advertising and, you know, just helping them with everything. But it's, uh, it's very exciting. I, I love playing points. tournament poker. I just haven't had a lot of time to do it. Um, but I'm looking forward to get back, getting back into it. And I always- Let's stop for a second here. He's going to be the face of the boat. <laughs> so you're going to get on a boat and it's going to have Jamie Gold's face on it? I hope yeah, not. Gonna, Especially the way he's going to be on like- everyone. Is there going to be a big... Big um, painting of him on the boat. Like, what's I going hope on not. here? I think the way he looks these days, uh, he should not be the face of anything. But uh, yeah, he looks really bad. He looks like fat and just kind of just not healthy. He looks like someone who's looks really like, looks like a guy that dusted off twelve million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine two thousand six when he wins the biggest tournament ever, twelve million dollars, and then if you could picture himself now talking about uh, designing. A casino, he's the face of a boat. I always feel like it's going to be there, so anytime I'm not working, I try to be playing poker. Yeah, I'm actually not auctioning it. It's completely out he's of my control. To his bracelet it's here. a legal issue. I would n- he's referring to his bracelet. He's not auctioning it. It's totally out of, out of his control. It's a legal issue. What the hell does that mean? Like, 
how is his own bracelet not under his control? How could how could his bracelet be auctioned? Now maybe he sold it to someone else and they're auctioning it. Maybe that's out of his control, but he still auctioned it at some point. Never purposely auctioned it. It's really sad. He never purposely auctioned it. He accidentally auctioned his bracelet. I wish it wasn't happening, but it's not in my control, and I have nothing to do with it. It's, it's a legal issue that um, you know I'm, we're in the middle of right now, so I'm I'm not allowed to say anything more about it. But I, let's just put it this way: I'm not auctioning it. I wish it wasn't being auctioned. I obviously wouldn't have you know any benefit for it being auctioned. Um, yeah, other than making the money from it that you need desperately. Um, I'm not making any money from it. It's uh, it's just an unfortunate situation. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. I'm 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 doing fine, but I went through a really tough situation in the last couple of years. Um, not based on my win, but uh, some other legal issues that, you know, uh, the laws do not exist uh, for cash games and taxes. But somehow they <laughs> what? believe that you know if you play uh, at a high enough level, that you should be taxed on your winnings and not on your losses. But that's not true. What are you talking about? If you, if you win money in any form of gambling, and then you lose money back in the same calendar year, then you can deduct the losses from your wins. Uh, you can do that whether you're a professional gambler or not. Uh, you, all you're responsible for at the end of the year, taxes-wise, are gambling winnings overall for that calendar year, from January 1st to December 31st. And that's it. So if you win... $12 million on January 1st and you lose $12 million between January 2nd and December 31st, you owe no taxes on that win. As long as you can show that you lost the money back. So he's he's talking about how there's no laws that it's almost like Greece where every time you win something they tax you and every time you lose you can't deduct it off what you win. That's not true. I... Um, and not allowed to take your losses against it. Because I paid all my losses in cash, so I, I got myself into an odd situation, and so. Has that been resolved? Uh, no, that's the situation that I'm in right now. So he's saying here that he's in a tax situation where the IRS wants money from him, and he's claiming he lost the money, and uh, that he should be able to deduct it, and they're not letting him, and it's not resolved. Now, what I believe really happened, he says he pays his, paid his losses in cash. Uh, there's a few things I think might be going on here. First of all, I think his, quote, losses may have just been irresponsible spending, including things like drugs or whatever, and he's calling them losses so he doesn't have to pay taxes on it. Second, I think it's very possible that, in fact, I, I know he did, he lost a lot of the money in subsequent years after 06. I think 06 was the only year he made money, and after that he lost money every year. Well, unfortunately, according to U.S. tax law, you are still responsible to pay the taxes for the money you made in 06. Now, if you're a responsible party, what you do is you pay your taxes that you owed for the previous year when it comes to April 15th. In fact, you're supposed to send in estimated tax payments uh, coming up to that. But even if you don't do that, you're supposed to send in on April 15th of the following year what you owe from 06. But someone like Jamie Gold, who's a degenerate, probably paid no taxes, then chunked off the money in 07 and 08, or however long it took him to chunk it all off. And his position is, hey, I chunked off all my money. I shouldn't owe you any taxes. And they're saying to him, yeah, but you won this money in 06, so yes, you do. You owe the money from 06, and you never pay taxes on that. Now, I agree, it's kinda, it kind of sucks that you can't go back and get taxes back from previous years if you lose back the winnings, and you should be able to, but you just aren't. It, the law does not allow for that. But he's making it sound like that... Um, 
that, that the law just does not allow for deducting winnings losses from winnings, and that's not true. So, I, I think he just never paid his taxes on his win, and now they're going after him, and he's, he's in a saying big fight he lost with, it all. Yeah, he's, he's saying he lost probably it. Probably pretending like he didn't know the tax laws or something. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. So that's that's why what he's what he's saying is technically true. You can't deduct the losses from the wins if it ter- happened in different years, but he's not throwing in that last part. That's my guess here. So, yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate if you have a losing year after a winning year and you wish you could just deduct the losing year from the winning year and, and, and pay taxes based on that, but every tax situation is based on that calendar year. Uh, so much that if you won $5 million on December 31st and you lost $5 million on January 1st, you would actually owe the taxes from what happened on December 31st. So uh, you have to be careful about that when the calendar year flips over that you have enough money to pay your taxes. It, it all goes by calendar years. So, um, um, JSTAT saying you must itemize to write off gambling losses. It depends what you mean by write off gambling losses. Um, you actually have to treat, if you're a professional gambler, you're treated like a business and it's file a Schedule C. Uh, if you are a casual gambler, all you're responsible for at the end of the year is, is your net win. And that, that's the, for that calendar year. That's the bottom line. Now, you cannot deduct things like travel expenses and things like that. That you have to be a professional gambler for. So if you if well, you're you just, can't write you can't you're saying if you're a professional gambler you can't write off your traveling expenses. No, you can. But if you're not a professional yeah. gambler, you can't. So if you if you're just a regular right. guy who just likes playing tournaments sometimes, and let's say you fly to uh, Vegas from uh, from Boston right. and then and then win money in Vegas, you can't. Write off the cost of the hotel, the cost of the of the flight. You can't do that because you're not a professional gambler. But you can write off losses gambling that same year. So, anyway, uh, I'm sure that's what's going on with him. But uh, back to his poker room that he's designing. Uh, he didn't talk that much about that in that interview. But if you go to ibreezecasino.com, that's the letter I breezecasino.com, and click on about. This is what it says. Experience everything you love about Las Vegas. Craps, roulette, and live race and sportsbook wagering on board South Florida's only Vegas-style gaming cruise ship. Offering non-stop action with more than 200 slot machines. 200. It's <laughs> pretty small. And table games that include blackjack, three-card poker, and mini baccarat. Island Breeze Casino is the ultimate in offshore gaming. Offering lunch and dinner buffet cruises twice daily, you'll board the MV Island Breeze 2 in the port of Palm Beach and play at sea for about five hours. Enjoy some downtime in the Ultra Lounge or grab a bite at our sports bar and grill. So I guess you can also eat and drink on there. No matter what your game, come try your luck on our Island Breeze Casino. And then under that, our own, vi- our very own Jamie Gold Poker Room. Be one of the privileged few to get in on the high-stakes excitement inside our signature poker room designed by World Series of Poker champion Jamie Gold. (laughs) Now, even putting aside his problems he's had, what does he know about designing a poker room? Is he a designer? I mean, I I think I know pretty well what would make a good poker room as far as game selection, as far as uh, rules... As, as far as uh, accommodating players to get what they want, but you know, not letting them walk all over you. Uh, as far as dealing with abusive players, as far as comping food, like I, I would have a good idea how to run a successful room just from being a player in live rooms all these years. 
But when it comes to designing a room, I'm not a designer. I'm not good at those things. I, I wouldn't tell you. I wouldn't be able to know what what color to make the carpets and the wallpaper and uh, and, and what art to hang on the walls and where to put the TVs. I'm just not good at those things. And, and I don't think Jamie Gold is either. So it's so strange to talk about the Jamie Gold designed room. And you know, so what does he do? Say place these poker tables here. I mean, it's it's all pretty straightforward as far as the poker part of it. So designed is such yeah. a strange word. You'd think it would be like. Oh. Poker room supervised by Jamie Gold or poker room. Uh, uh, what would be a, ter- a good term for this? Uh, a poker room conceived by Jamie Gold or, or uh, managed by Jamie Gold, something like that. But not designed. Yeah, the problem with this thing is it's like this actually might have been, this might have worked in like 2004 or something like that. You know what I mean? Just because poker was so big, he was a big name. People was, you know, it was still booming. But now, no. I mean, especially in Florida, where there's like casinos popping up left and right. Like, yeah, and I heard that close to Palm Beach, there, you know, there's something right there to play on land anyway. So why take a boat out there? I mean, I know you exactly. Can, I know you can play some other thing and bet on sports and stuff. But still, it's like I, the thing that sucks there is you're trapped. And imagine, imagine how tilted you'd be if you bring your money on board. Bust it, and then you're stuck, and you can't you can't come back on shore until five hours later. Like, how awful would that be? You just want to walk out and leave, and you can't. Right. Like, at least on a a regular cruise ship, there's a lot of things to do. Most people don't go on cruise ships to gamble. That's a, it's a side activity there, but you don't feel like when you've busted out, oh, I had to leave. I know one person who did though. On the party poker cruise, Neverwin actually got up and left and, and took a flight home from some small island because he was tilted that he lost forty eight thousand in the poker room. This, wow. this, this really happened. But, uh, in the poker room on the boat? Yeah, there was a lot of high high stakes games there. On wow. the on the party poker cruise. That was a f- strange cruise. So, uh just wanted to mention that. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, the- even something like that like here in Boston, like nobody's going to go on that boat. Like what what it, there are those casino cruises, but it's not like they're going to be like, "Whoa, Jamie Gold, you know, yeah. gonna load this boat up." Oh, yeah, he designed the poker room. Yeah, we have to go here. Right. Yeah, so uh Caesars, they're back in the news again. They they got forced out of their attempt to partner with uh, uh with with a company uh what was it? A Suffolk Downs with a casino there, a racetrack in East Boston. They were trying to get the only casino license being granted in the Boston area. And so it was going to be a Caesars property there, and they were partnering with them. And they, Suffolk Downs dropped them out of concern that their connection with a company called Gansevoort that had a, an investor who was a, a Russian mobster, that they, they didn't like that association with Caesars, so Suffolk Downs is afraid they would lose the only license being granted based on that. They dropped Caesars, and uh, Caesars then in turn dropped the construction of the new hotel replacing Bills in Vegas, who Gansevoort was in charge of building and managing. So, And they dropped their whole partnership with Gansevoort. But uh, there's some fallout here that Caesars is not taking this lying down. Here's an article about Caesars filing a lawsuit against a Massachusetts Gaming Commission chairman. In October, Caesars was dropped from its partnership with Suffolk Downs after state gaming investigators found four areas of concern about the company's potential suitability. 
The company sued Crosby both individually and in his role as chairman of the gaming commission. This is someone named uh, Crosby, uh, um, the chairman of the, of the gaming commission in uh, Massachusetts. The company is seeking unspecified monetary damages and wants Crosby, who had a 45-year career in state policymaking and entrepreneurship before being named gaming commission chairman, obviously not a young guy, removed from the process. Caesars officials declined comment Thursday, but in an interview with the Review Journal last month, Caesars chairman and CEO Gary Loveman, who lives in the Boston area and spent 13 years lobbying Massachusetts to legalize casinos, criticized the Gaming Commission as, quote, being staffed by people who have never been in the gaming business. Uh, before I continue to read this article, we have a caller. Caller, you're on the air. Uh, hey, Todd. Uh, just a long-time lurker here listening to the program tonight. And uh, I wanted to touch on something you were talking about with the taxes. Um, for hobby players, you actually have to keep track of your winning sessions and your losing sessions. And you do actually have to itemize your deductions on a, on a Schedule A. Um, and if you're a professional, it's on a Schedule C, business income. And uh, another thing I was going to say about that is uh, it's really, really important to get that right because, uh, you know, you should. Uh, there's actually a really good form, uh, a thread on 2 plus 2 that's sticky, and it goes over all this stuff for both professionals and hobby players. And uh, But, yeah, that's the correct way you want to handle that situation. Well, yeah, I mean, and you're, you're correct that you, you are supposed to keep track of it and then uh, use the A if you're not a, a professional player instead of the Schedule C. That, that, that's all correct. And um, it is important to know these laws, you know, if you're going to be declaring these winnings to the IRS or declaring losses back against winnings. Um, I, I didn't mean to get in a whole tax discussion, but, uh, you know, I mean, th- thank you for noting that, 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 that people should know this. And, uh, you know, as far as your your gambling losses and things like live poker, it's a little bit of a tough situation because unlike players' cards that track a lot of your wins and losses in casinos, uh, you don't have that in poker. And in poker, it's pretty much your word. Uh, now, if you keep like a, a handwritten journal or even even a, an electronic journal, though they prefer the handwritten one because it looks more authentic. You know, anyone could type up a fake electronic journal and make up the last year in gambling. But... Uh, the more information you you keep, the better. And this is only for an audit. You wouldn't you wouldn't submit this journal with your your tax return. But you know, the more information you keep, the better. Who you were playing with, who beat you, uh, you know, if you don't know their full name, what they look like. Uh, the truth is, if if it's kept to a reasonable level, then they're not going to question much. Uh, now, if you win two million dollars and say, uh, yeah, I lost it all back playing cash, that, that's that's usually going to get you audited, and a lot of questions will be asked. Uh, but basically, if they can't find evidence that you're not telling the truth and it all seems to add up, uh, they, they tend to let it go. Like, for example, if you if you won $2 million and you, you put you know almost all of it in your bank, and then uh, you claim you lost $1.5 million of it and claim you only want to pay taxes on 500000 of it, if the IRS audits you and sees your bank account still has uh, $1.4 million in it, they're going to go. How, how did you lose 1.5 million? You should be. You should have 500,000 left. Why do you have 1.4 left? So obviously you're you're not telling the truth. Like they find anything like that, or they find that you claim you played on days when you really weren't there, or or things like that. Then they can get you. Uh, ha- however, they're not going to require absolute proof of who you were playing with, and 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 you know knowing all their names and, and knowing you know or or having them. You know, testify on your behalf that they really won this money from you. It's a a lot of that is is generally believed if they can't 
prove it otherwise. But but also the the greater sum of money you're dealing with, uh, it, it, the higher chance that they're going to start looking into it more and trying to prove that you lied. And then once they prove that you well, sorry to interrupt. Uh, you know, what I was going to say along those lines is, uh, you know, I'm a hobby player myself, and uh, I'll just say like when you're playing online poker though. Those uh, those winnings, those numbers can get really big, really quick, especially if you're playing like you know heads up sit and goes and stuff like that, because you're going to have a lot of winnings. You know, every time you take first, you got winnings there, and then you're going to have to you know itemize all of your losing sessions because each sit and go is going to be like a, uh, a session in that sense. So it's not really hard for somebody that just plays a couple hours every day after work to have you know. Potentially a hundred thousand dollars or more in winnings. Well, right, right. So this, now, this you're not necessarily going to be a winning player, but the other thing that sucks about that too is you know then you know you miss out on your standard deduction, and it's like you know you could be working just a minimum wage job, not making a lot of money, breaking even at poker, but then kind of owing taxes not because of your gambling winnings, but because you know you just lost out on your standard deduction because it's taken away all those you know winning sessions yeah. of heads up or whatever. So, something I'd suggest with that there there isn't a really clear law about this. Of what deduct what denotes a session, uh, especially online. Uh, live it's much more clear because live you go to the casino, you leave the casino. That's a session. Online is different because it, you're you're not physically coming in and out anywhere. And you know, is it really a session because you get up and move tables because a new sit and go starts? Um, what if what if you leave your computer on and never turn it off? Couldn't you claim it's a whole uh, one big session? It's there's a big gray area there and. If if you were to t- declare your taxes in the way where you report every single winning uh, online, even if you just do it by session, like let's say you call a session any time you play uh, online and uh, and then quit for at least two hours afterwards, it's a session. If you do that, you're going to have if you're a regular player, you're going to have obscene numbers of like you know it could be like tens of millions of dollars won and tens of millions of dollars lost, and you would never want to put that on your tax form. Because that will totally make them want to audit you because that's you saying, "Hey, I won twenty million dollars," and oh, I lost twenty million dollars. Like, uh, well, yeah, no, I I know it sounds ridiculous, but uh, that that kind of does seem to be the consensus of that's how you're supposed to but, handle that. But situation. I think I, and I, it does very I personally much state think, by state, and and actually, I, I agree with you on the, the tax games. It's a little more ambiguous, but uh, when it comes to like sit and goes and multi tables, I mean, I, I think any reasonable auditor looking at your stuff is going to say, okay, each each separate. You know, multi-table tournament, whether it's live or online, that you know that kind of fits really well within their you know guidance on well, what I, see, I don't know about session. that because I, I think if you're still sitting there, you could play several multi-tournaments at once. You know, just just like you can play several hands of blackjack back to back to back to back, and that doesn't mean you're you're, you're entering a new session every time you're, you're uh, you play a new blackjack hand. Uh, I'm talking about like in a live casino. I, I think that there really isn't a good. Uh, there's not really a clear law about what denotes a winning session online, or what, winning, what denotes a session online. And just what I'm afraid of is, is by declaring these gigantic numbers of wins and losses, even if it breaks out to the true amount you really won or lost that year, um, when, you, when you subtract one from the other. I think the problem with putting the numbers too big is that it, it attracts such unwanted attention because all the computer sees when it's analyzing your return is, hey, this guy's claiming he won eight figures gambling and then claims he lost eight figures gambling. We've got to really look into this carefully because he may owe us many millions of dollars in taxes that he's lying about, not owing us. So I, I, I think the smartest thing to do in those spots is to be more liberal with what you call a session 
and just say I don't consider it a session until uh, you know I play all day. I don't consider it a se- I consider from the moment I sit down and and play until the moment I quit. Or I you know I, I only consider it once I go to sleep for the day. Or or uh, you know or when I close the software, the session's over. There's not a real definition of this. And the truth is, when the whole thing's said and done, if 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 what you're showing them is look, when it was all done, this is all the money I really made. Then I, I think you're pretty safe. And there's one other thing to think about. Um, mm-hmm. If if let's say you were up a million dollars on UB, on uh, in 2011, and then Black Friday happened, and then it came up UB was broke. I'm I'm using UB as an example. It's full tilt. They may pay eventually when this whole thing gets whole mess gets figured out by Garden City Group, but UB is never paying. So, did you really win a million dollars on UB between January 1st and April 15th, 2011? No, you never got the money. So. There's two ways to look at it tax-wise. One way to look at it is you won the money and then lost the money because the site cheated you. So so you would, it would be like a, a winnings of a million and then a business expense of a million because you didn't get it back. Another way to look at it, though, is that because these sites are unreliable that uh, with paying people, no matter who they are, that the money is not really yours until it hits your bank account. And that's, that, I think that's a decent alternative way you can look at this for tax purposes, knowing that you may never get paid, similar to if you made a drug deal with someone, and then you know, like drug winning, drug profits are supposed to be taxable too, even though it's totally illegal. Uh, they're supposed to, you're supposed to tax any income. You're supposed to pay taxes on. So if, if a drug dealer agrees with you to pay you uh, five hundred thousand uh, dollars, but then stiffs you and and uh, and you know steals your drugs and never pays you. Uh, you shouldn't owe five hundred thousand dollars on income there. You didn't. You didn't have an income there. You you uh, you, know, you didn't get the money. So right, and, and that's why what what people are saying is they're making an argument for uh, a term that's known as constructive receipt, meaning you know like especially like with full tilt at the time, like you know technically as soon as you win that money, you know we had a you know the option to cash it out, and you know as long as there's a good faith part on you know you know the full tilt cashier that they're going to actually pay us. You know, you would book that in the year when you actually won it. But seeing as how, you know, Full Tilt clearly couldn't pay us out when Black Friday hit, you know, you you can make that claim, and it'll probably hold up that, well, you got to say probably, I guess, um, that, yeah, they just did not have the money, so you didn't really win anything. Um, and I will say, I mean, myself personally, like, you know, I, I do report those ridiculously big numbers, um, and so far I just haven't had a problem with it. Well, okay, um, but maybe, I mean, maybe yeah. it's fine. So I, I, just... I don't want to talk too much more about this. I'm sure people are getting fed up in the chat room and all that. I will say, though, that I am not a tax professional, and, you know, this is just some stuff I came across on 2 Plus 2, and uh, they really, really do have a good tax-sticky form there that's uh, worth checking out for anyone. And, um, yeah, it'll be also interesting to see when we do get our balances paid out. Uh, we gave a lot of information to Garden City Group that's going to go to the DOJ, and I'm wondering how much of that's going to get shared with the IRS. And, yeah, I wonder uh, that too. Whether some people might be in trouble here, uh, <laughs> or have some pretty big uh, balances being owed in the future. So, uh, other, other than that, you know, I'm going to let you go. And uh, if you want to talk more about this, I'll, you can do so with me off the air. And uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. All right, thank you. What was your name, by the way? Um. Again, I'm just a lurker on just the site. Lurker. I do have a registered account, uh, Six Figs. I never post. I see. I've seen your cat. It's, it's no problem if you're lurking. You know, I, we love our lurkers here, and uh, you know, I, I like seeing a variety of people posting too. Is we get a lot of the same people on the forum, but you know, I know this, this show has a lot of lurker types who just listen and don't uh, uh, don't call in and don't respond. But you know, this is a good call here, and you brought up a lot of good points. And uh, thank you for the call.
Yep, thank you. All right, Bye-bye. thanks. So. Yes. Some people I've talked to, the majority of people I've talked to say that it's fine to just record your deposits and your withdrawals. Yeah, uh, that's... That that's and that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying to him here. Is I I think especially these days, I think it's you you could make a sufficient argument that all of these foreign sites. I'm not talking about the ones that you can have a reasonable expectation to be paid, like uh, the Ultimate Poker and WSOP.com. Those are obviously not going to be cheating you. Uh, I'm talking about the, those foreign ones that are operating illegally. There's enough information uh, enough that has occurred to where there are many ways that you may never get paid out. To where whatever you've won is just a number on the screen until you actually receive it, and uh, right. so there's the counter argument: Hey, you actually won this money gambling in this year, so uh, you know you, you have to consider it this year. But then the the other argument is: This is this money is not mine; it's just a number on the screen. I have to count on some third party that's operating illegally to pay me, and they may not. So right. it's really income this year. It's a, it's a hard one for the government to really rule on or determine, and and. Uh, so I think there's, there's a lot of alternative ways to look at this tax-wise, but I really think, and I, again, I'm not a tax professional either, so please don't take this as expert advice, anybody. But if the government audits you and sees that you have made a best-faith effort to pay taxes on your income, and keep in mind, this income is never, it's not like forms are being sent into the government. You're voluntarily reporting, I made this money, which already looks good to them, because it makes you look honest, because um, you know, when you go to a job, you uh, you fill out your forms, and and then the and, you know, there's the W two form, and and you get uh, uh, the the IRS knows what they've paid you, and that's that's how they know what you owe them. Here, the IRS knows nothing, and you're telling them, "Hey, I'm volunteering. I made this money, and here's my taxes that you didn't know you'd be getting for me. Here, here's your found money, IRS." And so, right. so that's already showing that you've been honest, but. Beyond that, if you can even show that beyond that you were actually accurate with what you won overall, I think if you have one of many explanations by the way you figured it out, like you, like say, you know, they'll say why didn't you report every session? You say I did. I, I reported. Uh, um, I reported what I consider to be sessions, which is whenever I close the software, when, whenever I leave the computer for for, for more than this many hours. That's why it's hard to denote a session online, or or say. I, I'm considering this income when I really get it because there's been so many instances where people don't get paid what they went online. I can't consider it income until I receive it uh, uh, because these are operating illegally. And they, they don't care if it's operating illegally. That's not, First of all, it's legal for you to play. And second, the IRS doesn't give a crap how you make the money. They just care that you pay it, that you pay the taxes on what you really made. So if they see your real income this year was actually $200,000 and you paid taxes on income that was $200,000, they're, they're not going to hit you with penalties they're they're going to say hey this guy he made this amount he was honest about it he paid the right taxes on it we're not going to try to smack him with penalties i mean you, you, yes you could always have an asshole auditor who just wants to throw the book at you he's he's that way but that's it wouldn't be common they they're looking to catch tax cheats here uh not so much people in the way they report, reporting honestly but just not reporting the way they want them to report i'm just telling you that's in general what they're looking for and, and and truthfully, also very few poker players have been audited. A lot fewer than I'd expect. Truthfully, right? Uh, if, if I if I were an IRS agent, I'm not going to name any names, but I know a lot of people that I could squeeze a lot of money out of who either I know have not been reporting their taxes, just like not even filing returns, or I highly suspect are not, and and yet still have money to collect from them. There's like a lot of people I know 
I, I that I could personally go after if I were an IRS. I, I'm obviously not, and I uh, would never do this. I'm just saying that uh, even without the insider knowledge, they could target some of the bigger names in the game and probably get a lot of money out of them. But for some reason, they don't have much of an interest in it. So, uh, considering the Caesars thing, uh, it goes on. And this is again uh, Caesars saying they're going to sue Massachusetts Gaming Ch- uh, Commission uh, Chairman Crosby. Uh, Massachusetts Gaming Commission spokesman, spokeswoman Elaine Driscoll said in a posting on the commission's website that the lawsuit was without merit and that the investigators acted independently to protect public interest. Chairman C- Crosby had no role in the investigation, report, or recommendations, Driscoll said, and as this is now pending lit- litigation, neither Chairman Crosby nor the commission will comment further on this matter. Caesar said the lawsuit, the company was held to a different standard than the other licensed applicants. So they're claiming that they were uh, singled out. And in fact, they said that MGM Resorts International, which is a s- seeking approval for a casino in Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, the company received a favorable suitability recommendation from investigators on Monday, despite concerns raised in 2009 by New Jersey gaming regulators over MGM's resort with a Macau casino with Hong Kong businesswoman Pansy Ho. MGM Resorts had a has a 50% ownership stake in the Borgata gave up his license for the property, but has filed an application to have it restored. So they're saying, hey, MGM had problems uh, related to uh, a Macau casino in in New Jersey, and for some reason, Massachusetts is cool with that, but they're not okay with uh, Caesar's association with, like, loose association with this Russian mobster through this third-party company that they were involved with. But the report had more than that. It turned out the report also contained allegations of money laundering that was going on at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. So, anyway, uh, Caesars is is claiming that uh, this Crosby guy has conflicts of interest and didn't disclose them because he failed to publicly disclose his friendship and past business relationship with Paul Lonas, part owner of an Everett, Massachusetts land parcel which were proposed $1.2 billion gaming complex uh, operated by Wynn Casino Wind Resorts is to be located. So he's saying that uh, this Crosby guy is friends with someone who is involved with a win. And uh, so he thinks for that reason Crosby's trying to intentionally be tough on Caesars. And uh, and says that this loans guy stands to gain a f- significant financial benefit if Win gets the loan gaming license instead of Caesars. So they are they're trying to fight this. They're 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 even though Suffolk Downs are the ones who dropped them, uh, they're suing the gaming commission, saying that the report casting them as an unfavorable company to get a license uh, made Suffolk Downs want to drop them. So I'll let you know what happens with that. Let's see if, I, I don't I, I still don't think you'll be playing at a Caesar's property in Boston anytime soon, Chinamania. Yeah, it doesn't look that way. So uh, Tom Dwan has uh, left full tilt. Uh, he's no longer a pro. I shouldn't say, you know, when I say he left, I'm not saying he'll, he won't play on there, but uh, Tom Dewan, who actually started out, believe it or not, in the Neverwin poker community, a community that has fed a lot of people into the poker fraud alert community, but that's where he began, and before he became a big-name player. And let me get to the article about this. Tom Dwan was dropped as a full tilt poker pro. They've parted ways, and uh, according to PokerListings.com, 
it, it's because uh, here's a statement from uh, Full Tilt. Full Tilt Poker and Tom Dwan have agreed to part ways following the recent expiration of Dwan's contract. To have one of the most respected names in poker on our team has been a great pleasure. We will continue to watch Tom at the tables and wish him every success in the future. So, I think this was probably amicable. I think the contract ended. They realized that uh, Tom is an American, even if he's not living in America at the moment. And that he's probably just not worth keeping on as a full-tilt pro. Especially because he just doesn't have much interest in kind of being like a public pro. He's not like a Negranu type who loves the spotlight and who loves being uh, very much in these well-publicized events. Uh, he, ha- I remember Negranu was even angry at Tom for not showing up on time for things. It's just, Tom Dwan wants to play poker. He's actually been in Macau playing these very high-stakes cash games there. Uh, he's been absent from a lot of full-tilt poker promotions that Gus Hansen and Victor Blom have been part of. And he was also missing at the much-hyped full-tilt Galway Festival that tur- and turned up four hours late for a promotional heads-up battle in uh, EPT London. I think that was one Negreanu was mad about them sh- showing up late. And he, also, hasn't, uh, he hasn't concluded his challenge with Jungle Man yet, right. either. He's I was about to bring that up, too. That he's just yeah. been, like, he's he's actually been incurring financial penalties for not playing, but yeah, he hasn't been continuing this. I think Tom Dwan doesn't give a crap about all this. He just wants to sit there and play Donks in Macau for big money and doesn't doesn't really want to represent a poker site. And I, I brought this up back when Negreanu was complaining about him. And I said, Negreanu's kind of right that he's... Tom Dwan can't represent Full Tilt and then not show up to Full Tilt promotional events or show up four hours late. If you, if you just want to play poker and not do these promotional things, then don't be a site pro. Just just play on the site, but don't be a site pro. A site pro means you, you do some degree of, of promotion, and I think Tom just wasn't interested in that. So I think Full Tilt realized that and dropped him. Call it around the air. Yeah, damn, man. You need to talk about something different. I'm following through two in the morning from Florida. Well, maybe, I get all maybe that's what you... No, I get all excited. Shows on Monday night. I'm all excited telling people, "Hey, turn this on." I'm gonna get ridiculed at work tomorrow. Well, let me tell you something here. You should be asleep at 2 a.m. That's the whole point. You're saying it's it's on at 2 a.m. Oh. It's uh, you should, maybe you should go to sleep. Maybe maybe if the show is boring, you, this is good. Maybe the show is good. It, it'll get you to sleep since it's boring, and it'll uh, put you to sleep. It'll cure your insomnia. Let's try this. Okay, I'm the owner of Poker by Proxy, and I was wondering if I can get your customer base, your client base, calling in. Donate some money to talk about proxy and let my uh, my players on the East Coast over here go ahead and win you guys some money. You seem to own a lot of businesses tonight. That's all I can say. <laughs> but but you know I'll say this: uh, you, you do raise a good point that uh, I have skipped a topic, even though the show is getting late here. I have skipped a topic that I wanted to talk about tonight, and that is poker by proxy. So I I, I will bring that up uh, about your company and uh, and thank you. So okay, but this is the same guy who was the owner of Poker Pills. So he's he's. Apparently got his hand on a lot of businesses here having to do with poker, but let's talk about the real poker by proxy situation. Uh, as you know from previous shows, poker by proxy, which the website's now down, pokerbyproxy.com, it was an obvious scam where unknown poker players take your money or your bitcoins, play poker for you at unknown times, tell you whether they won or lost, and uh, supposedly pay you if they won. You don't know who's playing for you. You don't know when they're playing. They won't tell you this. You just have to trust them. And, of course, uh, 
the end result was when they uh, you know the end result was them just running off with all the money of course not surprising at all claiming that PayPal stole it all from them but uh, and then they just took down the site shortly after that but putting that aside here uh, there were some guys they had these were probably Indians running this thing from what we could tell. Uh, I know Haley Hintz has been investigating this. I've been investigating this. Seems to be Indians running this or some sort of foreigners. They had two Americans posting videos claiming to be the owners of Poker by Proxy. One claiming to be Kendall Baker. The other one claiming to be uh, Jack, the support guy. And these these people posted on forums, not usually poker forums, because poker forums would see right through this, but forums with uh, with, with people who think they're making smart investments, like investment type forums. And I know they got people invested in, interested in Bitcoin to invest in this. You know, they they got a lot of Bitcoin people, so they stayed away from poker people because they knew poker people would see through it. But it was clearly foreigners, and yet the two most visible names or claimed names that were involved with this were. Kendall and Jack. And they don't sound very foreign. Listen to them. Here's Kendall. Welcome to the Poker by Proxy referral program, where you can earn thousands just by referring your friends. Here's how it works. First, you refer friends, family, colleagues, or anyone else to Poker by Proxy using your referral link. Okay, so that's, that's Kendall. And here is Jack. Hi, I'm Jack from Poker by Proxy. Today we have an exclusive offer for Money News Online readers that I'd like to share with all of you. So, okay, very American guys. I guessed that these were not the owners of Poker by Proxy. In fact, I was sure of that. But I also guessed that they were found on Fiverr.com. That's F-I-V-E-R-R.com, where you can pay people as little as $5 to do videos like this. So indeed, Haley Hintz did some digging and found both these guys on Fiverr, just like I guessed. The guy making the videos as Jack says, I will make a professional video for $5, and you can find him at Fiverr.com, that's Fiverr with two R's.com, slash Minty1, M-I-N-T-Y-O-N-E. Then Kendall, same thing, I will be your spokesperson for $5. His was... Fiverr.com slash website video. Both of them are, quote, top-rated sellers there. Well, Haley was unable to locate Minty One there, but the one who played Jack. But the one who played uh, Kendall, supposedly the owner, is his real name is Ron Desi. He lives in Baltimore. And... Uh, she asked Ron Desi for a comment, and he refused to respond to her. Now, she was very surprised about this, because she expected that these guys were unwitting accomplices. They didn't realize they were making videos for a scam site, and once they did, that they would cooperate and give all the info they could. Well, they refused. They absolutely refused to give the information. By just They just ignored her. So, it looks like Ron Desi, well, I don't think he was involved in the scam... I think he does not want to help with catching the people that he assisted in scamming people because these were professional-looking videos that made people trust them. They thought Americans were involved. And in reality, he was the face 
the American face, the legitimate-looking American face of foreign scammers. So you'd think he'd want to help, but no, the guy's a jerk and just doesn't respond. Not only that, but she posted some threads on the Fiverr forum about this, and they were deleted. So Fiverr's trying to cover this up, too. I think they are taking lessons from Lee Jones. Anyway, I did a little bit more uh, digging myself, and I think I came up with a phone number, though it's 2 in the morning there, as pointed out by uh, our, our poker by proxy owner who just called us. We're going to try to call Ron Desi and get a comment from him. I think I have his address and his phone number. And I, I don't even feel bad about calling him at 2 in the morning, because honestly, he should have responded to, to Haley's inquiry about this, or at least said, hey, I'll go to the police. He, he said nothing. And I, th- I think that's wrong. Call has been forwarded to an automated voice yeah. messaging system. Four, four, three, oh, nine. It says I'm getting charged 2.3 cents a minute for this. And yet... Oh, that's weird. Yeah, this is so weird. It's like it's... Does he have a phone number that's actually not in the U.S.? It's probably a Skype number. It still should be in the U.S. It's area code 443. I've never heard of that area code before. Let me see what that is. No, that's Baltimore. That's right. So why would it be charging me? Why would it ever be charging me to call Baltimore? On Skype, we're supposed to have unlimited calls. Let me try one more time. So Maybe Skype is just making an error. Four fourth, yeah. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Four four three nine zero four two eight two six is not available at the tone. Well, so this is about a year old phone number, so it's first ring voicemail. I, I I just let that number play because I'm assuming that it's probably no good anymore. So, well, I was going to try to call this guy on air, but I don't think we're going to reach him. It's probably a burner phone that he gave up on a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, this Ron Desi, he's not cooperating, and he definitely got her messages. And he even, he's at Ron Desi on Twitter. That's R-O-N-D-E-S-I. R-O-N-D-E-S-I. Ron Desi. So, if you want to mess with him on Twitter, I don't care. But definitely someone who at least is not helping after he enabled scammers to rip people off. But yeah, they mainly targeted the Bitcoin community. The Bitcoin community has proven themselves to be more gullible than the poker community, believe it or not. I mean, this is a really, really gullible community. And when when it comes to anything that isn't directly having to do with Bitcoin. Like, a lot of them are smart about Bitcoin, but dumb about everything else. Kind of like how some poker players are smart about poker and dumb about everything else, but even worse. Right. It'll take years for them to learn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the poker community. I mean, so many p- people still get ripped off, but, you know, five, five, ten years ago, you know, it must have been so much easier for scammers. Yeah. There's a, the, this, like, poker by proxy, like, it was all Bitcoin people who fell for it, pretty much. Uh, the, there, there was a theory about poker by proxy that someone posted that they thought that they just didn't manage their bitcoins well. That you know, not not that they were legit, but that what they did was because Bitcoin rose so much, 
that when it came time to pay people back out in bitcoins, they couldn't afford it. But I don't believe that because they, poker by proxy never said they were speculating in bitcoins. You were like buying in with bitcoins and they'd buy it into the poker site. So it wouldn't even be fair for you to expect them to pay you back the same number of bitcoins you bought in. It'd only be fair to be paid back the you know the whatever current value is in bitcoins. But they never even got there because they just stole all the money like they were planning yeah, to do in the first place. Uh, so uh, I'll get to bitcoins in a second. I, w- I want to tell you guys before we get to the final segment of the show of the bitcoins. I want to tell a little story. This isn't, isn't a very long story about something that happened with me back in 1988. I was 16 years old and I was a virgin. And you know, being a 16-year-old virgin, it, it was kind of tough because I mean, there are a lot of 16-year-old virgins out there, and there still are today. But it bothered me because I just never knew when it was going to happen. Like if I knew I was going to lose my virginity at 17, I would have been fine. But I didn't know when it was going to happen. I'm thinking, like, am I going to be, like, 25 one day and still a virgin? Like, it, So it did bother me in that way, and that I wanted it to happen, and it had not happened yet. And, in fact, I had not even gotten close to it happening yet. I had, like, no experience with girls at that point. So here I was, 16 years old, and um, I, I was on, like, BBSs at the time, which were kind of like the 80s version of the Internet, in a way. I won't go into the technical ex- explanation for those of you that don't know, but I was on them, but I wasn't really on any BBSs that had girls on them. It was almost all guys, kind of like this forum, where it's almost all guys. And uh, I got onto a, a BBS that was actually like a multi-line one. Most of the BBSs were like one line where only one person could be on at a time. This is one that like nine people could be on at a time. And it actually had somewhat of a dating theme to it. It wasn't a dating site, but it had a lot of a kind of a, a, a dating general theme where it's, it's kind of implied there that everyone's there to meet someone, either for dating or for sex or for relationships or whatever. So I was on there, and I spoke to a girl named Tammy, who was 18 years old. And I was like, ooh, an older woman, 18. You know, you couldn't see pictures of people back then. There were no pictures. It was all text. But her stats were very good. Uh, five foot six, uh, 125 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes, 18 years old. Lived, I don't know, 15 miles from me. Look very good. Now, I knew, even then, that that doesn't tell the whole story. She could be lying about her look. She could be telling the truth, but just have a really ugly face. I mean, there could be a lot of problems, but uh, I, I liked her. I, I wasn't totally into her. I thought her personality was just okay, but she called me a few times. We we talked on the phone. She liked me. She said, you know, let's meet. We, we, we had a date all planned for that upcoming Saturday night. At the same time, well, before I tell the story what happened here, because I, I already prefaced this at the beginning of the show, what occurred, that I ended up rejecting her. China Maniac, can you even fathom a guess as to why why would I reject a date? I, I first agreed to it, but why would I then later reject a date with an 18-year-old girl that I later got information about was hot from a third party? Why would I ever reject a date with her on that upcoming Saturday after she said she wanted to go out with me, given that I was a 16-year-old virgin. Was she a dick girl? No, she was not a dick. She was a real girl, and she was hot. All right, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, that's a tough one. In fact, uh, I'm still kind of amazed I did this. There was a guy that I also knew from the from the BBS that uh, I had become kind of friends with on there. When I say kind of friends with, I mean, like, we, we, we talked, back and forth on there, but we weren't like close friends and we had never met in person. 
So I kind of was friendly with him, but it wasn't anyone I was particularly close to. Well, she had already met him. And I asked him about her, and and, uh, and he said, well, I have uh, good and bad things to say about her. On the good side, she was really hot. And on the bad side, she did something really rude to me when we went out. I said, really? He said, yeah. Uh, we went to a party, and... Um, while we were at the party, she just ditched me and left with another guy. I said, really? Why did she do that? He says, I don't know. I said, did you have a fight? No. So you, you just went to a party with her and she just left with another dude. He said, yes. So I'm thinking, hmm, I, I wonder if he's telling me the whole story. So I, I got on the phone with her. And I, I didn't want to come off accusatory because I don't know the guy that well. Maybe he did something to deserve this. Maybe he was a dick to her. Maybe he was, a, you know, maybe, maybe he tried to you know, touch her inappropriately that, that you know, which she didn't want that and, and ran off with some other guy. Like there could have been one of many reasons. So I didn't want to come at her in any accusatory manner, even though from his story it sounded pretty fucked up. Even if she didn't like the guy, you know, just you know, go back home with him and don't see him again. Don't ditch him there and leave leave with another dude when he went there as a couple or as like, like a date. So she called me up, and I just kind of casually asked her, oh, you know, I talked to this guy, you know, he told you that, he told me that you two met, and, and you know, that, that you left. Well, she went on this total trash talk speech about him, about how she thought he was lower class than her, how she thought he was ugly, she thought this, she thought, she just went off just really bad stuff about the guy. And I'm thinking, wow, this is kind of fucked up that she's saying this stuff to me about him. So I said, "Well, did he do anything bad? Was he was he a jerk to you?" Did she say, "No, no, no. I mean, he was nice. I just, you know, I just, I just didn't think that uh, we would have been an appropriate couple. I, I just don't think that me and him should even really be seen together. So, you know, I, I I expected him to look different, and I wasn't attracted to him at all, and I, I just couldn't stand it anymore. And I met the guy at the party that I liked better, and I just I just left with him. I I just ditched him. And I'm thinking, wow, that's harsh." I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't like this girl. I, I don't I don't like that she did this. And it, it wasn't like I was scared so much this would happen to me, though that came to mind too, but it was more that, like, I, I was just thinking, like, this just isn't a nice person. And, and, and this is just a bitch, and she's, like, unapologetic about it. She just, uh, she doesn't even have, like, a cover story of, of bad things he did. Like, from all accounts, for, even from her, he was a nice guy, and she just wasn't attracted to him, and she just decided to ditch him and leave him by himself. So I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I say something? Do I say something? Like, like part of me, the part that didn't want to be a 16-year-old virgin anymore, especially knowing that she was hot, part of me wanted to say, oh, that's funny, you ditched him, ha <laughs> Like, I wanted to laugh at it, I wanted to take her side at least to her, and, and then see her on Saturday and see what happens. But I couldn't. I couldn't. The the part of me that still persists to this day that does shows like this, calling out scammers and cheaters and people, other people I don't like, that part of me took over even at age 16. And as she was going on about him, I said, she says, you know, I just can't believe how he's just acting this way. He's acting like a baby. He's acting like, like a little kid. Like He just can't take it. And you know, don't you think that's so immature of him? And I just, I couldn't take it at that point. I said, well, I, actually, I kind of think he has a point. 
And she says, what? I said, yeah, I, I, th- I think he, he has a point. I think that uh, what you did to him wasn't very nice. I mean, if, if the guy, if, even if he didn't like him, at least be polite, at least conclude the date, and then, and then don't see him again, but don't ditch him. If he didn't do anything to deserve being ditched, and she's like, "What's your problem? I thought I thought you were cool." And she 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 started to change her tune. So I'm thinking, do I really want to go through with this argument, or should I just like apologize right now and say, "Oh no, no, you misunderstood me." But I I couldn't bring myself to. I just kept arguing. I just kept arguing, kept saying, "No, you were wrong. No, this wasn't nice what you did to him." I I understand why he's angry. And I knew what the result of that would be. So we got in a big argument, and she hung up on me. Needless to say, they, uh, there was no date on that Saturday. I think the call ended with her saying, fuck you, and hanging up on me. <laughs> so yeah. So um, when I say I rejected her, what I mean by that is that I, I entered an argument that I knew for sure would result in her not wanting to see me. But I did this because I didn't want to see her anymore after the way I heard she treated him. Not so much out of fear that she'd do the same to me, but more that just this was disgusting me what she did and the way she behaved. And I just, it really just took a big toll on what I thought of her or even my desire to get to know her, even as a 16-year-old. And uh, yeah, I'll admit for a while after that I did question myself. Did, did I do the right thing as I remained a virgin? However, I will say, the guy I'm talking about, I told him, I sent him a message on the for, on the, on the BBS about what I did. And uh, after that, uh, you know, we became better friends, and we're actually still friends to this day. Wow. Not, not anyone in poker, so don't try to guess. This guy's never played a hand of poker in his life, but it's, it's someone I'm still friends with to this day. He's now married. And uh, has been actually married for about twenty years, but uh, that uh, so that actually led to a good friend. He was a very close friend of mine, you know. Shortly after that, so it actually what I thought was leading to a dating sort of thing ended up leading to a, a friendship with a dude. But uh, I, I was actually happy with the whole result, and I'm needless to say, I don't think me and that girl would have lasted very long anyway, even if she did find me attractive when we met. But uh, you know, I look back at that, and I'm actually kind of impressed with myself that as a 16-year-old, I did that. Like, uh, that I actually stood up for someone I didn't even know very well, just just because I, I, I just didn't like the way this girl was, was talking about him. And I just kind of... I also was kind of, like, picturing, like, what if it were reversed, and what if she was talking shit about me like this to some stranger when I hadn't done anything wrong? Like, I'd be pissed. So, like, right. that's, that, that's just... I, I just couldn't do it. I, I just couldn't do it. And... Uh, but I, I even thought back sometimes, and I was surprised at, at age 16, especially really, really wanting to finally get some experience going with girls. And you know, I really wanted that at that age and hadn't had it yet. And uh, fortunately, it came within less than a year. So if I had known that, I would have felt a lot better. But uh, I didn't know that. So that, that was my story. And uh, it, it's proof that even as you change over the years, and I am a good deal different now than I was when I was 16, even as you change over the years, a lot of yourself from the past always remains. Sure does. And then there's this person, uh, <laughs> this Martha person in the chat. 
I really still think it's Jay Searles. I really think it's Jay Searles. This person is just—it's it's making very Jay Searles-like comments, and it's acting too ignorant in the chat about everything we're talking about, who you are, who I am. Yet they've been listening to the whole show. It's probably a one-outer that it's not him. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Searles just has this style. Someone's asking—is that Ken Scaler? That should be a good guess, but it wasn't Ken Scaler. It—it's it, a good guess because. I got to know Ken Scaler in early 91, and this is a guy I got to know in, in 88, so it's fairly close. But no, this is not Ken Scaler. And it's, it, the, the person is not weird like Ken Scaler. Like, you meet this guy, and, you, and you'd think that he's like just normal guy. It's not like some strange dude like Ken Scaler who's just totally out there. This guy is just a normal guy with a normal job, has a, you know, a wife and a kid now, just uh, no, nothing out of the ordinary about him at all. So, okay, this Martha person in chat, you say you're a girl, which believe me, I've been online long I've been online longer than anybody probably here. Well, maybe not longer than Jay Stat. I don't know how far he goes back, but I can picture him being online longer than me. But uh I've seen a lot of girls say I am a girl and then they have something in their pants that contradicts that. So, Martha, why don't you call up 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355, or 702-430-1808, and uh, I'd like to hear your voice, Martha. I'm sure you won't call, but she's saying weird. I shouldn't even say she. Actually, uh, JSTAT's asking, was I online with an Apple IIc in 1986? No, I got online with an IBM AT in 1986. And Four Dragon saying he's been as long as me. So, yeah, I know there's some other people who were into computers for a long time who are around my age or older, so they're probably... She says, I'm way too shy to call in. It's always the same excuse. I'm too shy. I don't like talking on the phone. I don't trust you. It's always the same thing. I've heard these same stories. I've been in so many chat rooms over the years where, where fake girls give all the same excuses. It's always Maybe it's the um, the girl that got um, that scammed Gavin Griffin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably is. The, so, someone pointed out about the quote girl who scammed Gavin Griffin, of course, which is really a guy. That not only was it really a dude, but it was like the least feminine looking, least feminine looking guy you could ever imagine. The guy had like a square face and, and a beard. It was like like this guy. If if you like asked him to dress as a girl, he'd probably be like the least passable girl possible. Like yeah. just about every guy could probably be more passable girl than he would be. That's what that was guy was impressive. <laughs> I've gone back and read that. Like once every couple of years, I go back and read that thread on. Um... <laughs> Dunk down in the Hall of Fame or whatever, and he he was impressive, like as a scammer. He, you know? he was. He did. He squeezed six k out of Gavin Griffin and, and Gavin's penis as well, right. without ever speaking on the phone to him or, of course, meeting him. It wasn't even like he had a female accomplice. Like that, that is pretty impressive to get that much out of someone while pretending to be the other gender and never having an actual accomplice as the other gender to pretend to be that person. And it's not even like he scammed like an old man or something. He he scammed a poker player. Right. That, that, uh, so that was that was a pretty amazing scam. That was a uh, I remember on, on Never Win Poker the two big penis related stories were that and of course uh David Williams and the uh, the porn. Right. And uh so 
I'm sure this Martha. I'm sure when I look at Martha's IP after the show's over, I will. Uh, I, I will see it's something in Kansas City. I have a strong feeling it's going to be Kansas City. It's a very strong feeling. I I don't think it's Bad Guy 23. Oh, by the way, I'll tell everybody what Bad Guy 23 in a second. I don't think it's him because the person writes too well. I'm not trying to compliment them. But Bad Guy 23, uh, he doesn't write in complete sentences, pretty much. So, <laughs> if the person seems to have a better than a like a uh, uh, seventh grade writing style. It's not bad guy. <laughs> and she, she the, Martha, saying my IP is Canada. That's that. Are you saying there's no males in Canada? I, I recall seeing some when I went there. So, what happened with bad guy? Bad guy. You know, I've bad guy's been a part of this show, calling in usually towards the end of the show, and provided us with many entertaining moments. And I liked him. I liked his calls. Even though I didn't agree with everything he did. Uh, he was kind of like the comic relief character. And uh, he enjoyed that role. A lot of people enjoyed his calls. A lot of people didn't. But uh, uh, he would sometimes, when he'd get mad, say things that I always felt he didn't mean. You know, various threats of sorts and things like that. Sometimes aimed at me. Sometimes even aimed at other users here. But I, I tried to look past it because I got to know Bad Guy 23 over the past five years. Never met him in person, but but got to know him through the forum and through the radio show. And I said, this guy is, is really all bark and no bite. And I, I just, I don't want to ban him for doing all these things as long as he doesn't go too far with it. So even when recently he got mad at me, he got mad at me because he... Um, he got mad at me because he brought his ex-girlfriend Josie onto the site and onto this show and then was mad when she had a falling out with him and she came out here and aired some of his dirty laundry. And uh, he didn't like that. He thought I was taking her side. And I said, look, you're welcome to call in here and do the same to her. Like, I'm I'm not even trying to take anyone's side here. I'm not, you can talk trash about her, she can talk trash about you. You both have an open forum on this show. But that wasn't good enough for him. He just he believed that I was taking her side, that I, that I was attracted to her, that I thought she was pretty, that I, was, uh, I had a big crush on her, that, that that's why I was taking her side. I wasn't taking her side. I never took her side. I have to say that some of her stories about what happened seemed to add up and from what I could tell seemed to make sense, but I, I didn't know for sure with those either. Anyway, he's been posting some angry messages to me over the last few weeks. Some I've seen, re- I've seen some of them, pretty hostile. Yeah, very hostile, and sometimes even with threats and stuff like that. But I didn't ban him. A lot of other seems people like, like it seems like the um, the jealous type. Yeah, uh, and a lot yeah, of people. I'd, I'd, I'd equate it to like, let's say like. Two like sixth graders like the same girl, and one of them starts going out with them or whatever, and then the other one gets jealous. Even it, though that's not exactly what's going yeah. on here, but it, that's what it seems like. Yeah, and and so you know, he, with all these threats he was posting and other derogatory statements, especially the threats and stuff, from a lot of other people, I would have banned them because I would have thought that they were being serious or at least semi-serious or at least seriously trying to, you know, make me scared with the threats. With Bad Guy, I'm like, this, this is just his routine. And right now he's turning his anger to me, but fine. 
Uh, I'm just going to let it go. Uh, I let it go until yesterday when he showed up in a thread that really had nothing to do with his current dissatisfaction with me, and he posted the infamous sandwich picture. The sandwich picture was a picture that was stolen from a social media account that my sister had created. I think it was Flickr or one of those, which had various family pictures uh, from a few years ago. And uh, through an error in that social media site, it allowed people with no access to access the private pictures, just allowed the public to see the private pictures. When I say an error, what happened is they changed something on the site, which then reset everyone's privacy settings without telling them, and then I happened to have the bad luck of uh, someone Googling my last name and finding those pictures that way. So... They saved a low-resolution version of the pictures through Google Images, but I found out about this soon enough to where I closed it all off. I I got the password from my sister and closed it all off. So they never got a high-res version of these pictures because all they had was the remainder on Google Images. And then uh, I got those deleted too, but they had already been saved. Well, one of the pictures was a picture of me sitting with my niece who was about two years old at the time. And um, that started being posted on Donkdown. And when I was banning or suspending people who were doing that, they got the bright idea to take a picture of a sandwich and putting it over most of the girl to where it was covering most of her body, but you could still see her leg and like the side of her face or something, but you can't see that much of her, but you can still see part of her. And they said, well, okay, we're we're blocking out the kid now, so it's fine. And I said, no, it's not fine. You can still see part of her. If you want to completely cut her out of the picture, fine, but I don't want any part of my young relatives or any of my relatives in these pictures that weren't even supposed to be public in the first place uh, posted on these sites to antagonize me. That's the whole reason they're doing it, is to antagonize me. You know, they're not trying to harass a two-year-old, but they're trying to antagonize me by posting uh, family pictures. So, um, on Donkdown, I didn't have as much power to handle it because, uh, you know, there, there were other owners there who uh, didn't agree with the way to handle this. And I won't go into that whole mess again. But on Poker Fraud Alert, there's no other owners to fight with because it's only me. I, I'm the only owner here. So, my general rule on this site is that you don't have to like me. You don't even have to speak respectfully to me or write respectfully to me. But just don't use my own site to mess with me. When I say mess with me, I don't mean like jokingly. I mean like don't post family information. Don't post family pictures that you think you've censored part of but left part uncensored so you think it's enough censoring to where it's still okay. I'm not going to split hairs on these rules. If I think you're posting family pictures that you're not supposed to have in the first place to bother me, you're just gone. I just don't want you on my site. That's not why I run this. That's not why I pay the server bills. That's not why I do this radio show. I just don't want this here. I just don't want it on a site I run. And uh, you're welcome to criticize me. You're welcome to insult me. You're not welcome to do that. You're also not welcome to go to every thread on the forum and and, and post garbage and mess it up. You're not welcome to uh, follow me around in every thread and and troll everything I post on purpose just to get me irritated. If your purpose on this site is to try to mess with me and make me unhappy, then I don't want you here. That's not saying you have to like me. That's not saying you have to agree with me. That's not saying that you have to 
talk to me nicely. It's just saying, don't do these things to screw with me. Don't post things that you think are borderline personal info. Because I'll just get rid of you. I just don't want that here. So, uh, that's why bad guys banned, because he posted that picture. And he knew very well what he was doing, because he knew other people got banned in the past for that picture. So I think he wanted to be banned or something. Or just, uh, maybe he was drunk. I don't know what he did. Now, is this... Is this a permanent ban? No. This is a ban for now. If bad guy comes to his senses and stops this crap, then he can come back. But for right now, it's a ban until he just stops. So someone saying in the chat room, Todd doesn't like people fucking with his family, bringing forum drama to real life. I mean, that, that's just the basic thing here. I, I just... If you're trying to post family pictures of mine to antagonize me, I, I just don't want to be on my forum. It's that simple. Like I, I run this as a hobby. I'm not making any money. In fact, I'm losing money. I'm running this for fun. I'm running this as something I enjoy going to read and post on every day. I, I run this radio show because I enjoy doing it. And I know some people enjoy listening to it. I, I don't run this to aggravate myself, to stress myself, to, to have to fight with people what constitutes personal info. I, I don't want that. So... Uh, I, I want to be fair to everybody and not I'm not requiring everyone to kiss my ass or be afraid to speak out against me. You're welcome to do that at any time. There's people in the chat room who constantly bash me through this whole show, and that's fine. But uh, that, that's why I ban bad guy, and that's why I ban anybody who tries to do those things. I banned someone else last year who was uh, posting my father's name, thinking that they're going to be cute with that because they're mad at me. And I just okay, you're gone. You know, I can't control the whole internet, but I can control my site. So that's what was going on there. So, uh, let me uh, move on here to the final subject, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, right now, you can have one for $767. Just before I started this show, they were in the sixes, down to a low of $678. In case you think that's a big improvement, keep in mind that last night when I did the thread for the show, at 3 a.m., they were near $900, and they were over 900 the day before. Bitcoin had been stable, relatively stable, at least by Bitcoin standards, around 900 for quite some time, where they'd drop a bit, rise a bit, but they'd return to 900 They even broke 1000 temporarily recently, but fell back to 900 they seem to circle around 900 And I thought that was the new stable price. And then last night they started to fall. And then today they hit the low of 6-something. Now what's interesting, this is what I've noticed. Since the big run-up, which went from 100 all the way up to 1,200 without any kind of real regression. Since that big run-up, there have been a number of mini-crashes that have taken it down to 6-something. I think one time it fell below 6 to like 560 or something. But for the most part, it gets to around 600-something, and then people start buying them back up, and they and the price starts to go back up. And then it seems to land at 900 again. It seems like 600 is an entry point for a lot of people who have been waiting for Bitcoin to fall to that level to buy there. They don't want to buy now, but they want to wait till 600 to buy, or 600-something. It's funny because that's kind of the target 
value I had, except it's not quite the same target. My target value is 600, but only if it's stable at 600, not if it's in a process of a free fall down to 600. But I will say that if you buy it when it hits the sixes, if you've been doing that, you've been making money. Because every time it hits the sixes, it rebounds usually to 900, and sometimes as high as 1,000, 1,100, and even 1,200. So for some reason, the 600 level is where it bounces back up. I don't know necessarily what that means. I don't know if that means that 600 is its real value at the moment, or there's no real value, but the the value that's eventually going to settle at. Uh, For those of you that have been predicting it's going to go up to 4,000, 10,000, whatever, keep in mind that it has never exceeded 1300 it's never even reached 1300 it's gone up to 12 a few times exceeded 12 a few times but falls from there quickly and now it's been a few weeks at least it's probably a month or so since we first had the run up to 1200 the big run up where the value of bitcoin probably multiplied by about 10 so i think the fact that it keeps regressing and then kind of circling around 900, which is about 75% of around the high. I think we're kind of hitting a ceiling here. Is Mike? I don't think could be a short-term ceiling, though. It could be. It could be a short-term ceiling, much like the um, in the initial run-up when it went to 250, then fell to around 66, then came back and stabilized around 100. Uh, you could have said the ceiling was around there. You could have said the ceiling was 250 and the stable value was you know, 100, 120. And then, of course, value look where it is now. Even right now, 753 as I'm looking at the uh, at Mt. Gox. It's a hard thing to predict. If I could predict it with certainty, I would be doing this myself. I haven't traded any Bitcoin yet. Uh, now, do you know, I, I don't know about the logistics of trading them. I heard it's tough to get a Mt. Gox account now, and it takes a very long time to get verified. Is is that true? Yeah, I think Coinbase is the way to go. Um, I don't know much about it, but Mt. Gox, I I heard it's, like, really hard to get money transferred to, like, U.S. banks and stuff like that. So if you want to get rid of it, like, it's it's harder to get money for it if it's Mt. Gox. Yeah. So you got to find other wallets or something like that. I haven't traded any, but... I will add this. I, I have noticed that it seems like on Tuesdays is when they spike up. Huh. So That's interesting. Keep an eye out tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> I've watched the last few weeks, and for some reason on Tuesdays it booms up. That's weird. And of course, it, it kind of is ripe to do that since it just fell. So if it's going to correct itself back to 900, that's probably what will happen. Uh I have to admit it was tempting, not that I had the ability to buy right then because I didn't have an account to do so, but when I saw a 685, I'm like, hmm, I've seen this 6 before, and I, I keep seeing what happens. I, I just, I really don't want to buy while it's on a fall, but the problem is it, 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 it tends to go back up so fast once it gets to 600, you really don't have time to wait to see if it stabilizes. It just right. pops right back up. Like, I, I don't know if I should do this uh, as soon as it gets to the 6s again, provided I, I'm set up to do it. But I... I know this Winklevoss guy who's been very much investing in Bitcoin. I know he's been saying that Bitcoin ceiling is like 40,000 or something crazy like that. He's been just, he's been speaking to people on Reddit, just talking up Bitcoin, saying it's nowhere near the ceiling. 
And someone brought up a smart point. They said, you know, by you saying this, it makes people want to buy them and pushes up the value, and that will greatly increase your profit. So you're creating your own hype for your own investments. <laughs> and so right. he gave some weak answer to that, but I think that's exactly what he's doing. Right. So, uh, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something here. I have, I, ha- I have to get an answer on something here. I'm going to see who this Martha, not who they are, but what I want to see if they're really in Canada. At least, at least I want to eliminate Jay Searles. I don't believe they're real for a second, but I, I, I want to at least eliminate Jay Searles because it's the end of the show, and I want to. Uh, I'm curious enough about this. Congratulations, <laughs> fake Martha. You've uh, you've got me curious enough to look up your account and look at your IP. So let's see. Oh, this person made a post too. I haven't looked at their post yet. Okay, so I, I do see they're they're not on a proxy. They're on some sort of uh, broadband account here. Let's see where they are. Yeah, they're they're not in. Uh, they're actually close to you. Sort of. They're 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 in New England, not in Boston. But they're not in, they're not in Canada. Are they in Massachusetts? No, they're in New Hampshire. Mm, what part? Um, Hooks it? I, I don't want to go that far with it right now because I, I, I don't want to have the practice of giving out the whole city of where they are, but uh, they are... Let me see. I mean, they're not right in the area... They're not right by the border in New Hampshire, but they're also like, not like deep in there either. They're kind of in the middle. But uh, I think I, I I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, I was reading on two plus two the other day in the marketplace forum, and um, some guy from Hooksit, New Hampshire, wound up scamming some people for like a grand or something on uh, MacBook Pros or something like that. No, they're, they're, this person's not uh, not in that area. Well, it was just kind of funny when they posted that on 2 Plus 2. They posted their location, and they posted a picture of the guy. And I think that guy that scammed me on Never Win Poker for like 500 or something, and then he posted at Boris for a while, and then he didn't post at Boris. And I don't know if he posts on this site. I can't remember his name, but um, he did scam me for uh, so like 500. That's interesting. She She suddenly left as soon as I said I'm going to be uh, looking this up. Thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you, Druff. Although you were very boring, I must leave. And Martha leaves. I don't know what to say. I'm pretty sure it's a dude. Ninety-nine point nine. I love how these people. The worst thing is that. And let me give you a tip in the future, Martha. Fake Martha. Uh, and yeah, someone was asking why are they up at two thirty a.m. to troll. Because that's what to, trolls do. Yeah, if you want to fake being a new account here. You can't you you can't be that ignorant. You have to have some backstory as to why you're here. Like you have to say I I found this through the 2 plus 2 thread of whatever or I found this by I'm not going to give you all your ideas, but I found this by such and such decent story, like believable story and then don't act too ignorant to the whole thing. Don't say, "Well, who's that talking right now?" And who is this Druff guy? And who is it like like if you seem to know nothing, it looks like you're trying too hard to make it look like you know nothing. You have to you have to seem like 
what a typical new user would be. That you have some clue as to where you are and as to who's talking, but you just don't know everything that well. And, and also, you shouldn't be like to sit here criticizing the show for hours and still listening. Doesn't make any sense. It, it sounds like you're you're trying too hard to troll. So, yeah, Darkstar suggesting I found your link on Stormfront. That's very good. <laughs> I hope there's no links on Stormfront to this site, but at least have some kind of believable backstory, and then don't stick out too much. That's a way to fly under the radar here and be a good fake account. I actually was good at making fake accounts in the 80s on the BBSs. I actually came up with like different personalities for them all. Mm-hmm. Like, like it wasn't just a different name. It was like they had a whole gimmick, a whole character to them, but it wasn't like too over the top. Or some of them were for for comedy purposes, but but I had a lot of good ones that had like like one of them, for example, was the owner of a was the vice president of a, of a small software company, and uh, um, so it's like little characters like that that uh, they have some kind of backstory to them. And, and it seemed to make sense, and like like nothing was too crazy or over the top, except for ones that were intentionally like that. But it, it, seems, it seems like a lot of these dupes, they just come up with some fake name and then just come out either knowing way too much or way too little. Right. <laughs> like there's a reason you're on this site. You don't just like stumble on PokerFraudAlert.com. You've you clicked it for some reason. You you you've mm-hmm. chosen to go to listen to the radio show for some reason. You probably know who I am at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you're also not going to listen to the show for hours and and still not know who quote the other guy is on here. Right. You'll know who the other guy is af- after a short time. So it, it wasn't a very well done fake, but at least no. it wasn't Jay Searles, unless Jay Searles, unless he's traveling or something. But I don't think it's. Mm-hmm. It yeah, pretty rare for them to pick that exact name, too, and just show up Night of Radio, right? Yeah, that's the other thing. They show up at Night of Radio, yeah, and they, they, pick, the, they pick the name of, of uh, someone that was once associated with this community, yeah. So I, I've given them way too much attention here, but... Uh, uh, and someone said too many stupid questions, exactly. Just what wasn't a well-done fake. It was enough to get my attention, but it wasn't a good fake. It was, I saw right through it. And also, don't be a girl, because that, imi- that immediately arouses suspicion. It's much easier to be a, a fake dude. Because uh, when you're a girl, then every guy on the forum immediately thinks, okay, is she fake? And if she's not, I want to see a picture of her. Like, I'm just curious, like, like is she hot? Do we have a hot girl on this forum? Like, uh, like that's where it goes. If a, if a dude shows up, you don't think, oh, I wonder if he's hot. Like maybe one step thinks that, but uh, most of us don't even think. Like, I wonder what he looks like. So, like th- that just falls out of it. Uh, so, Sinner, who I know is a Bitcoin follower, he he suggested BitcoinWisdom dot com as a good site to follow the current prices of Bitcoin. So, okay, I wonder how mobile friendly this site is, though. A lot of times, I'll, I'll admit this: I've become fascinated with following the price and like I'm just like sometimes I'm just like sitting in bed and right. I'm about to fall asleep and I'm like I'm going to refresh Mount Gox and see what Bitcoin's at I'm like okay yeah, I've, I've done it yeah like okay I see it's at, it's at uh, 895 okay good night and I'm going to put my head down and go to sleep like I've had that a lot of times or I wake up in the morning and and I, and I grab my phone and first I see if I have any text messages and I see if I have any emails and I, I look at this site and go oh I wonder where Mount Gox is at and like yeah. um you know, like I, I kind of just want to see: has there been like a major crash? Has there been a major spike up? Like, like, uh, 
I, I admit I'm fascinated with the w- w- not so much the concept of Bitcoin, but but more of just the market reaction to it and right. what's been happening. And and I don't even have the fascination because of uh, my my former partner's fascination with them in a different way that that goes way right. back. It, it's it's really just. Uh, this it's is an fun to watch. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's like it's like watching a never heave steak. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that is like a never. Yeah, and it is you kind just of, watch it, the thing go to the moon, and then you just you know you might watch it crash the next day. You know. Yeah, then you kind of have the feeling like it's not going to last long term, and no matter what it does, it's gonna it's gonna hit the bottom at some point. Like right. that's, that's kind of like what I felt about heave, and that's like what I feel about the Bitcoin. But uh, the Bitcoin will last longer than heave, I think. But it, right. I think that. Well, let's here. Let's go back about one month on the chart here on this site. So, you know, why am I not? This doesn't make any sense. It's showing it all between like seven thirty and seven eighty, and that's not true during one month. I don't know what's. A... Oh, that's interesting. This one actually tells you about. The buy and sell, and what it will do to the price. So it's saying buy. If you buy eighty-six point ninety-six Bitcoin, it will cost you sixty-five thousand dollars, and the price will reach seven fifty. Sell eighty-six point ninety-six Bitcoin, and you'll receive sixty-three thousand six eighty-six dollars, and the price will reach will fall to seven thirty-one eleven. So I think it's it's somehow telling you what's going to happen to the. Uh, the accepted price at the moment, if you if you buy or sell that much, probably based upon buy and sell order, current buy and sell order. I don't know how it's determining that, but uh, yeah, this the site is uh, BitcoinWisdom.com. So, well, this has been a long show, and it's the last one that we will have for 2013. I am going to be busy for the next two weeks. That's that's honestly why we're not going to have the show. I mean, truthfully, Tuesday would be Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Christmas Eve wouldn't matter so much because I'm a Jew, but I, I do admit I'd be unlikely to want to be doing this show on New Year's Eve. I'd probably want to be doing something else, and you probably would be too. But uh, uh, one thing I'll say, though, if you're playing online poker, go and play after midnight in all the time zones online poker, you'll find a lot of good games. You'll find people who get drunk and just want to go online and shoot off. Some of my best days have been on January 1st. Like, not so much during the day, but like the just after the New Year hits. Yeah, any time from Thanksgiving until New Year seems like it's booming. You know, you get people just come, you know, a lot of holiday parties, you know, people... People are more free willing to spend cash, you know, just because of like Christmas and whatever. So, but yeah, I agree. New Year's. Yeah, actually, but I actually had it one night where I played on December thirty first on Bodog. It's a few years ago, and I got I think it was in, in two thousand ten. I took a beat down for like six k in a uh, at thirty sixty, and I was so frustrated. And I said, "This is a crappy way to end the year." And then the new year hit, and uh, I remember Benjamin's mom was very, very tired, and she went to sleep right after midnight. 
And I said, well, what do I do? I guess I'll go and play Bodog again. So I opened Bodog, and there were just all these awful players on, including one guy who normally wasn't awful but was playing terribly, so I figured he was probably drunk. And I just crushed everybody and won 11K. And I was like, yep, there we go again, January 1st after midnight. It, uh, definitely I was up against some drunk players there, there's no question. For sure. So... 11.52 to right now. We're almost past midnight here on December 16th. And, uh, yeah, it'll be 22 days till you hear this show again. January 7th, which will be a Tuesday, 2014. You know what's amazing is I signed out to Never Win Poker for the first time in May of 2004. It's almost 10 years. I know we're not on Never Win Poker anymore, but... Ten years have passed, but a lot has happened in that ten years. I won't say it's been a fast ten years, because it hasn't. It seems like ancient history. Though I still remember some things very, very clearly from then, as if they weren't that long. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, look around for other radio shows that may come on Poker Fraud Alert. Maybe Beer and Poker, maybe Lou Father, maybe even China Maniac will... Fired up. They all have access and permission to run their own shows whenever they feel like. And uh, you never know what you'll hear on Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I will be around on the forum. I will be reachable. I'm not going off the grid or anything or taking a really long vacation where I can't be reached or anything like that. I just won't be available to do this show, which requires both the research to do and, and a lot of hours straight to do the show itself and I just won't have this time for the next few weeks so thank you very much for listening and uh, thank you China Maniac for uh, co-hosting the show and sticking with us till 3am your time at least no we have problem, a nice my pleasure yeah I always like having you on here and at least we'll have a nice long show for those of you that are going to miss the show for the next few weeks so it's almost like a double show here you got uh, almost five hours this show I started close to on time and uh Count on Poker Frawler to be here throughout the year 2014, bringing all the truth and all the updates about everything you'll want to know in the poker world, especially when it comes to the scams and shadiness. Good night for 2013, and Shalom! Good night.